Now get ready for the time of your life, cause you are now watching Godcast. Welcome to Godcast, the show where one of the hosts actually managed to get a Hatsune Miku poster for Christmas. I'm your host, Hydrawave99, and I'm joined here today with my dear and beloved friend, Floof Alpaca. How are you today? I'm not the one with the Miku poster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... I'm definitely not the one. Anyways, no, um... <laughs> I definitely didn't get it from Christmas by my step cousin. <laughs> yeah, I was the one that got the Miku poster for Christmas for my step cousin. So this is it in the two. I years. definitely didn't get Halo Infinite twice. Sorry. <laughs> Actually, that last part is true because he did get Halo Infinite twice. Yeah, my my brother uh, got me Halo Infinite, and uh, I see. I feel like it would be a crying shame to just tell him I already have it for PC and my Xbox One is what the fuck? Oh, okay. Oh. Well, that's uh, kind of Miku, I guess. I guess, I think. Very Miku. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, I don't know what would be worse for a thumbnail. This poster... Or are you doing something stupid? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know at all. Um, so that was uh, that was a thing. Um, I guess you got a Vocaloid for Christmas. Yeah. So now how do we enable? How do I enable collision? Oh, that Miku poster's gonna be going on next to the other one on the... Oh, jeez, yeah. Uh, th that collision joke, basically. Uh, uh, this son of a bitch said that I, um... So, in one of the thumbnails, I was basically supposed to be Master Chief, and I had, a, uh, basically another Cortana assistant, like, uh... Like, uh, Cortana, but it was Miku, and, uh... This son of a bitch said, uh, how's it coming along with Miku? And I was like, what? Yeah, you're, you're a personal assistant. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. And then I realized, oh, shit. That's, that's what that was in the thumbnail. And then, guess what? Um, I only had one question for him. How do I enable collision? Sorry. Um, anyways, uh, wait, was that what I actually said? Maybe one second. Yeah, it was an AI companion. <laughs> oh, and the other quest question was, is it anatomically correct? And, um, basically, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is the same person who fell for my bait for 
listening to Bay Metal. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. Another thing, um, I, 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 I caught him. I, I caught him, um, listening to Baby Metal in the general uh, voice chat with B6 playing it, and, uh, I screenshotted it. I'm gonna sell it as an NFT later. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I would say, too, that just, if you want to see Supreme Madness of that scale, Discord is in our link tree in the description. Go check it out. It'll help us out a lot. Oh, yeah, certainly. It definitely make the place less lonely, I feel, honestly. Mm. I mean, uh, you know. Uh, um, but, yeah, anyways. Um, yeah. So, what's been new with you for the last, you know, few weeks? I know we all enjoyed our lovely holiday. I didn't. I fell into a deep depression. Sorry. <laughs> um, but no, uh, no, I, I, uh, <laughs> I spent, oh shit, my fucking model flew off. Uh, sorry. Um, so basically, uh, I spent most of Christmas, like, I guess kind of like, you know, sad, I guess. I don't know. It was weird. I was just really depressed and like I don't know exactly why, but whatever. I guess it's I'm done and over with it. We were gonna record something, I guess, but it's just like it was either you know family was over or it was just uh, I I don't know how to put it other than that. Yeah. But I'm doing better now, you know. Well good as it can be you know yeah that's good yeah so the six topics or so that we were going to talk about last week are included in this episode as this well not this episode but this this recording in general so what we were going to talk about last week which was not much is all included in this recording as well yeah along with a huge handful of topics yeah um but otherwise uh it's uh it's been weird i don't know I, I i'm glad today was quite calm i believe but uh as you as you know it's it's the uh the first or the second actually because it's 12 o'clock but you know um <laughs> technically but anyways um yeah so technically we should be saying happy new year's because this was supposed to be our new year's day recording yeah, technically. So, Happy so, New Year. Happy New Year's. Hope everyone had a Merry Christmas. All that good stuff. Oh, yeah, certainly. And... um, But, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, Anyways. yeah, so for... Since this is the new year, I want to take this as an opportunity to look back at what we've accomplished throughout, you know, the whole year that we've had GaCast for. And just looking at and seeing how we can strive to improve the show and everything going forward and just a time of reflection. You know, it's a new year. We get to look back at what we did old and see how we can strive to better ourselves. Yeah, and not 
you know, not just that, but like improve our our uh, you know ability to you know uh, just improve our our ability to provide this as a uh, you know this content. I guess you know. Absolutely, yeah. So looking the back... ability to entertain, you know, as well as inform. Yeah. Looking... Such a struggle to do such a thing, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like, the show is supposed to be the most entertaining thing, balancing comedy with thought-provoking and interesting commentary on the whole entire gaming world and technology world that's around us. That's what the show is meant to be. Definitely. And it's... It's, uh... It's been good, I guess, so far, but, um... Yeah. Hopefully we can improve prove it even more you know that's the only thing we really strive for is progress you know yep and looking back at how we've how we started to where we are now um <laughs> obviously for those of you who've been here on the very early days of the show realize that this, this was originally going to be a trio show but drama behind the scenes Kinda destroyed what was gonna be this loving show of three friends just talking about you know the gaming world and tech world around us. Yeah, it's just uh, <sighs> some people don't. I don't know. Yeah, some I th things don't work out. Absolutely. And while, you know, I try to apologize and try to make up, you know, some mistakes that I made and he made and all this other stuff, you know, it is unfortunate we can't get the full band back together. And now we've kind of been in this, you know, now we get to continue the show practically for how it has been for most of its existence. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I hope it's been you know, on your side, like, you know, to, to, you know, to people who do watch this and you, you know, I hope that I've been able to, uh, provide enough to it and be able to, like, not carry it, because you mostly do all the editing, but be able to be a, uh, a catalyst, I guess, to, you know, uh, enforce not a, uh, what is it? Not enforce you have to do this, but to enforce that, you know, you're just because, you know, things happen doesn't mean you have to give up on it because there's, you know, I mean, uh, of course, when, you know, when you think of bands too, you know, when, when one of the members quits, eventually you kind of see how it almost disbands in a way, you know, yeah, but, or the quality of the band is quite different um mm. that's if they've been running for long but luckily it was early on and you know although it's it it sucks you know it's i'm just glad we're uh that we've been able to keep it running still you know oh absolutely the worst part about it too is that you know the, the third member that was originally here it was a you know family to myself so that was a bit of a bigger sting on my end, but 
And yeah, and that's been a whole big thing. And another big thing that, you know, we've looked at throughout the year too is the audio quality of the show. That's been something that's plagued many of the earlier episodes of the show. And while we've made some progress, it's not a, it's not 100% where we want it to be yet. Yeah. Although I do got to say, um, we've made them more listenable, I guess, you know, uh, back then when we were using Skype, the noise filters were either, um, you know, I get drowned out too much, but there's no air conditioner on, or I am there and talking, but you hear the air conditioner and possibly also cars whooshing by. Um, and of course, we're also using Skype, so there's that thumbnail watermark. Yeah, or not not thumbnail uh, watermark. Yeah. Um, but personally, um, I've done my best to make sure that I have a, a proper, not really proper, I guess, because it's as proper as you can get with an old house that doesn't have a lot of noise suppression um, and a ton of reverb and stuff. Um, but for me, I, um, been trying to improve that part of it, but also, um, we moved over to Discord. Discord has a built-in crisp AI, which is a company that, uh, specializes in audio, and they have this noise oppression thing, which is awesome. I love it. It's not, you know, perfect to my, but that's, you know, subjective for me. Objectively, yeah. it is one of the better ones, in my opinion. Mm. Filters out a lot. Um, and I've also been recording my side of the audio, so sometimes you'll be able to pick up on stuff that the other noise suppression algorithm in OBS has. So if Hydrowave's audio gets distorted by a glitch or by unfortunate other side effects... I'm able to at least provide my half of it. Um, and I've been doing my best to try to make sure that 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 I've squashed most of um, my side of the issues. What about you, Hydro? Yeah, so obviously, you know, we've had this going on. And another big thing that we've been striving to do early on, too, is that we've had a lot of change in direction with the podcast, obviously. Originally, this was going to be a multi-segmented show where there's going to be like a let's play segment and all that other stuff that come to doing, you know, just the news itself. It became so long. And I'm sure many of you know, that some of the recent episodes have also been incredibly long that it kind of made it incredibly hard to, you know, add all the different segments in at once. Certainly. And especially the let's play side, which really requires a video ending like it was going to have a gaming-ish segment where we all just play games and come to think of it it would work well on like a youtube format but if we were going to make this a legitimate podcast in which we were going to have you know this be rss and all this stuff which was actually something we did by episode eight you know it was not going to work more than likely yeah because it being a podcast, you can also have an audio version of it, and a lot of that doesn't transfer over, of course, um, to audio. You can't just have a audio 
visual sort of um, podcast that, you know, I mean, you can have the sounds and stuff, and a lot of people do listen to commentators in the background with gameplay, but there's a bit of a difference when, you know, when, you know, we, we're not really... We, we don't really have many inputs as to like the the visuals so it's like if we if something explodes obviously you'll hear it but we won't describe what exploded sometimes because we'll be in such awe you know and i know some people have accommodated to that sort of stuff i know some people point out things that just happened on screen usually but uh to you know throw that in mid mid game sometimes we miss out on it so it's it obviously wouldn't transfer over well to just an audio um but uh yeah i do know that you know some of the stuff we have been doing you know for those of you who have been listening on like spotify or any you know audio audible and amazon and apple podcasts and all this other stuff some of the stuff we have been doing on this show does not obviously 100% translate over to pure audio like we're gonna have a segment pretty soon that really shows like a video focused segment and mm. while we do have this as a video thing I would hope that possibly one day one of my eventual goals would be to get this at RSS the video version so that way everybody is mostly on equal footing yeah Eventually, I mean, right now the audio just works fine, and honestly, ha as long as we have the video version, it's I feel like it's perfectly fine. Because at least there's a version out there that's permanent. That's you know, hey, if you want to see the video version, just come over to the Hydrowave ninety nine YouTube channel, and it's available for all to watch on the channel. Certainly, um, I, I also noticed, yeah, and um. Last episode, there's a lot of uh, me dressing up as a, an, a, an anime waifu in a, like a maid outfit through like using the bows and stuff on the on this uh, on VTube Studios app. Um, you know, you'll see me uh, on the video as this like avatar, this like uh, picture, I guess, this like drawing. Um, and I only use that to visualize my mouth moving and having a visual element, but of course that's only for the YouTube side. Um, I noticed in the last video also is like whenever I ran away from the screen, which is what happened when Hydro started laughing randomly, was um, I would say ah oh, bye and then hop off the screen with my like have my avatar hop off the screen. So, so for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, oh god, he he has a uh, a certain uh, J-pop <laughs> idol. He's holding up. I, I don't know who that is, but um, I feel my sins crawling down my spine. <laughs> Oh shit! Yes, another. This one has like slightly longer ponytailed, like bi ponytailed uh, hairs. Oh fuck! I don't know who that other one is. It looks like the the first one, but 
also the second one, and I can't tell the difference because they all have black soulless eyes. Because <laughs> they stare at you. Holy shit. <sighs> That's an example of all the fun stuff that we do here on the show for those of you who have either, you know, are just watching this for the first time or have stuck around with us for a while. Just stuff like that, that. You know, we've incorporated some more gags, especially myself too, coming into the podcast. I've, you, yeah, obviously, it I've started hurts. to kind of, yeah, I've be, originally in like episode one, for instance, I've, be, you know, was a more serious person in the show who really wanted things to coordinate and make sure things would flow. And as time went on with the series, I kind of started to embrace this more not organic flow of the show where while we do have a loose script which we base it off the articles that we've gathered throughout you know the series and a lot of it, the art sources that I've had you know gathered come from like news shows that I would watch it just gets to a picture of us like hey you know like I would love to give my own feedback on this sort of stuff. And so does, you know, Flip Alpaca here. Mm-hmm. Who wants Definitely. to learn. Hey there. Yeah, I was, I thought you were saying something. So I just didn't want to interrupt you. Uh, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, Go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. I was just saying yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so not, so just the two of us just, who've had a very strong interest with gaming and some familiarity with technology why to really just delve into the show and really show an understanding of how we think of the industry as a whole and what we think of gaming as a whole, but also just continue to learn about technology and understanding how everything works and whatnot. I, it's one of the goals that we had is to make us a gaming technology show primarily with some elements of, you know, shit posts and other fascinating things that we find on the internet here and there. Oh, yes. Like, uh, you know, working Minecraft pigs. Yes, like that. And Among and Us bots... Amogus droids. <laughs> uh, we have wrestlers and tofu and R- Ryan Seacrest watching someone squeeze an entire watermelon with his legs. And, uh, oh, you know, Nebraska. Team Mobile in Nebraska, and we looked at current, like, you know, like maps of data, 4G, 4G. data. I wonder if 5G has actually improved over there, not just like statistically. Hopefully. Like, has, can you actually drive through Nebraska with a T Mobile phone and enjoy 5G? I have no idea because I don't think the 5G map is even out yet. But you think, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, looking into the future, you know, one of the, some of the things I hope to do with the show, and so does Alpaca here as well, is we want to be able to just continue to refine the quirks that we've had with the show. You know, try to improve how we present the articles, like, be it you know trying to reduce the amount of stuttering we've had, or you know trying to appear more professional while still trying to keep the humor and charm that we've had throughout the entire series. Certainly. 
Those are some goals we're striving to work towards to make the show, you know, more consistent, faster paced, and more entertaining, and just like it just remove the amount of dead air that we have. Definitely. Yeah. And another thing I want to do too is to start see if we can start getting some guests on the show. Like, I know, for instance, I want to get Death Sur- or my friend Death Surfing Gaming, which we've I mentioned him a couple times in the episode, and I actually just recently appeared on episode three of their show, which go check it out if you haven't. I've appeared mostly in the beginning of the episode with some minor commentary here and there, but it was nice to be able to network with those guys and just, you know, being able to learn some things about, you know, YouTube and content creation and social media management as a whole. And I'm looking forward to being able to implement that sort of thing down the road. Certainly. It's always great to um, maybe get inspiration from not not like, you know, other people's success, you know, emulating that, but taking what they do best and seeing, you know, like, uh, obviously you can't copy, but, you know, like, Almost try to like integrate uh, parts of of their style. It's like a uh, it's like any band almost. Like bands get inspired by their bands, you know. Like how how do I what's a what's a good um like almost idol like uh we could do like can't... Iron Maiden maybe because Iron Maiden was a band I know who had like eight different vocals for the first album, but then suddenly they had the second vocalist and they just boomed. Or, like, you could say, like, Ozzy Osbourne to Black Sabbath, maybe? Yeah, or you can't have baby metal without their inspiration, Metallica. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or Metallica-san. <laughs> you know? Exactly, yeah. You know, that's... Anyways. Yeah. That's all the thing, like, yeah. So one of the things I'm hoping to do is that during the year, we'll I'll, we'll start getting the show out there to more people and hopefully being able to expand the show in scope. I know, you know, we've had a, most of our viewers, at least on the audio side, come from, like, you know, the eastern portion of the United States. And I thank all of our German viewers on, you know, the audio side. We have, like, four, at least four people who have, ga- you know, been gathering, you know, on the Germany down on the podcast and we're excited we're thankful for that and we have an irish viewer and a viewer from london we thank all of you guys too and we even have a bulgarian viewer and a brazilian viewer as well on the audio side and i thank them all very much for watching our show and keeping in touch with us well i mean they have messaged us but they have at least you know been watching the show at least oh yeah yeah definitely and and it's without you guys coming in and watching the show, we wouldn't really be here right now. And while we're still very small and just a very niche, you know, group of creators here, the two duo, we do appreciate everybody here for watching us and checking us out at least. And hope you all can just give us a chance and subscribe to us and see where this whole adventure goes. Definitely. You know? And another thing we want to do to commemorate this lovely new year. Last episode, we actually went out of our way and started preparing up the 
the rough concept of a Godcast Battle Royale. Oh yeah. And and now that and I now I have the wheel popped up on my screen. Okay. Let me get to that. Uh, Alright. And so, uh just move my avatar. Yeah. So we have sixty different references to all these different things from well, throughout the entire series that we've encountered throughout the last year or so. Going from the terrible situation going on with Activision Blizzard to all the funny moments such as the Skyrim board game, Seaman Breath of the Wild, Flufa Packa's many weapons, Sands from Undertale, Monica, Default Dancing, you name it. It's all here. Oh, yeah. And, uh, a uh, cameo from a certain someone. Yep. So, <sighs> well, many, many cameos here. <laughs> by, uh, by words only. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm going to click the wheel on my end. Okay. Should and, I do it on my end? Um, you can just leave it on yours. I'll let you know what it is. Oh, well, I, I thought we were going to do this, see who, who won. Like our sides. All right, whatever you could spend years, and we'll just tally up what we think should be eliminated. Sure, I'll keep like a notepad yeah. open. Another one. All right. Okay. I guess. It's... So yeah, just leave it off with another mod or something like that, and then we'll have it going. So. All right. Let's do this. Yep. So I got Cyberpunk 2077. Is this who loses? Yeah, so loser gets eliminated. Get fucked, Miku poster. <laughs> so, <laughs> alright, so between Cyberpunk 2077 and Hatsune Miku, who, get, who loses? Uh... Who do we build? Uh, so, do we murder an open source Vocaloid or a uh, uh, a game that is a is a real struggle to play on my GT ten thirty? Well, on uh, one hand, one is a software that can be represented as a waifu and is used by millions of people up the world. The other is a game that is hated by a lot of people, even though we've had a spike in viewership. Not viewership, but you get the idea. Positive reviews. Uh, Cyberpunk, I guess. Cyberpunk it is. I'm clicking the remove button on my side. Alright. Alright. Next up. So, keep it tallied. Alright. Next one. I got Xbox. Alright. And I got... Atari. Alright, who should we remove? Uh, Atari. <laughs> Agreed. Yep. 
Because there's nothing more for it to be. <laughs> I swear. I hear you. All right, next one. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got. Oh man, I got Elon Musk. I got Activision Blizzard. I almost got Activision Blizzard. Are we on camp uh, saying we should remove Activision Blizzard first? Yeah, before we remove uh, Elon Musk, yeah. Fuck Activision Blizzard. Yeah. The never-ending saga of news that comes out about the shady things they've been up to recently has been kind of horrible. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, I I'd love to uh, have more bullshit come from their side. Just so we get more news topics. <laughs> I, I love it, but also they're not a great company. And nah. I don't want more people to, to I don't wanna hear about more people suffering. I just want them to get compensation for for their trauma, you know? Oh I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright. Never had the trauma in the first place. Anyways. Alright, again. Let's go. It's such a optical illusion when it's spinning. Blue box. <laughs> oh god, I got the babe metal launch box. Oh fuck. Uh do we remove the paper, meme? Scissors. <laughs> do we get remove the meme or do we remove the shitty studio? Uh the the studio, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Alright, we're moving the shitty studio then. Fuck it. <laughs> Alright. You know, Blue Box, you know, what they've been up to with you know, this game of Call Abandoned. Which they uh, have abandoned. <laughs> Practically um, have, yeah. It's not a great look. <laughs> nope. Alright, let's uh, go. Uh... Alright, uh... Oh, fuck. Baby metal pop figures. I got anime. <laughs> uh... Damn. Real-life chicks are anime. <laughs> Anyways, uh... No, I'll... I don't know. Uh, baby metal pop figures. <laughs> right. Those fucking things. So you're telling me no. you live in I live in a world where Dragon Ball Z over nine thousand memes exist over baby metal figures? I would. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Next one up. I got Scuba Jonesy. I got Sans. Which one is more cancerous? Oh, fuck. Well, one of them at least ridiculed uh, one our old co-host that we mentioned earlier in the episode. Yeah, and the other one, um... 
who we're talking about. I'm sorry. Scuba Jonesy. Aw, oh, man. All right. And then one is Ness in real life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, fuck, I don't know. Uh, it's tough choices, man. So Sans is basically like uh, a uh, a metaphysical being. He's like a demon or something. Mm. But not really, also. So, uh, I don't know. I think Scuba Jonesy would, like, get, like, uh, boogie bombed to death. So, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Um, what's your decision? Because I, I have no... Honestly, I would think Sans should be kept alive because... <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Bail out Scuba Jonesy. And Sans was also more relevant in all of our episodes. He's been memed to death more. So, yes. Remove Scuba Jonesy. Alright. Alright, what do we got next? Uh... Uh, baby. <laughs> what, did you, what did you get? I got baby metal lunchbox. <laughs> I got German nine eight five. Oh, uh, um. So, um, do you want, um? I would think that German 985 was not as mentioned as much as that freaking lunchbox. That lunchbox was freaking hilarious. Yeah. But German has the power to burn his face into TV screens. So. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, True. You know what? Fine. I'll, I'll just I'll remove German because he. I have no quarrels with him. And I don't I don't know. I press removed on Germa, so. Okay. Rip Germa. Rest in peace, Germa. The serial killer has been killed. Sorry. There's like a meme that he was like a serial killer, so that's what I'm talking about. He's not actually a serial killer. Wow. Uh, um, anyways. Next one up. Let's spin. Uh. Oh fuck! Uh, PlayStation. I got Hatsune Miku. God damn it! Uh, what's would more you rather? <laughs> uh, would you rather remove uh the God of War or um and everything else associated with Sony like Uncharted or Vocaloids that have affected many people? <laughs> It's like a, it's like the ring. It's like the Japanese version of the ring. It's like a, it's like a, an audio that is like a virus and affects people who listen to it. Sorry. Well, I know which one Alpaca would rather remove. PlayStation. Sorry. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, he just admitted it. He'd rather keep the Vocaloids alive. <laughs> ah! <laughs> um... Yeah, you know, PlayStation is the only thing that I that doesn't like being put on PC. 
So I'm just gonna like uh get rid of get rid of uh PlayStation. All right. It's settled. <laughs> it's settled, yeah. All right. Let's spin again. Woo! All right, I'm just trying to get PlayStation found, considering I had to shuffle the entire thing to make everything work. Oh, um, I got Activision Blizzard again. Or, no, I, you, I got it first. Like, no, you got it first, and then I got it. So, well, you obviously know my opinion on the situation. Mm-hmm. So. I'll put two. Right. Um... So. Fuck yeah. those guys. I don't care what you got. Unless you got Bobby Kodak, then we'll remove both of them. Uh, Bobby Kodak uh, went down with Activision. I got the famous wrestler. Yeah, oh. Activision. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I got Activision Blizzard. Yeah, you got Activision Blizzard, which was already removed, so we'll just make another roll. Okay. Uh, you got Soldier Boy. You sorry. Yeah, Soldier Boy has to go. I'm yeah. sorry. You y- y- just come off as a dumbass. <laughs> Did you hear about the story about how he tried to use the race card to justify him getting to justify his defense on why he shouldn't have been banned on Twitch? Oh yeah, yeah. He said that the Twitch, like. Twitch was being racist or something, or yeah. that some entity was. Uh, that's yeah. It, it only t- makes it only makes race situations worse. It does, yeah. Bringing it up mm-hmm. as right. it's an actual problem when it's not. Right, let's do another spin. Uh, yes. Oof! I got an Xbox. Fuck. Uh, I got Nintendo. <laughs> Oof. We're in a difficult uh, situation. Xbox has Halo, and someone here really likes oh, Halo. I, I, I accidentally... No, it's fine. Um... Yeah. Uh... The next yeah. one will be AMD, but, uh... Yeah. Anyways, leave Nintendo. It yes. Uh, Nintendo... Uh, has a shitty online service, but makes excellent games like Super Smash Brothers and Mario Kart. Xbox brings Halo, and they have us, and they do Game Pass, which is freaking amazing. Yeah, but Xbox has a great online service, uh, but they make shitty games like Halo. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be anyways, fair, uh... though, Xbox has really strengthened themselves up since so they acquired Bethesda, who also owns. Skyrim and certainly and our no disagreement on that and our glorious saver Todd Howard I used to be a part of chess club who's laughing now <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh so fuck. Who... that's a hard decision but just because we're playing around uh I guess Nintendo all right I mean it's... they copy strike everyone who uses their fucking video games so that is true, yeah. They kind of do do that. Okay, fine, Nintendo. Shame you had to be All dropped right. off our little tier list. 
Yeah, it's a shame you don't care about uh, viewers, viewers and content creators. Anyways. Oh, fuck. I got Fortnite default dance. <laughs> Fortnite default dance or that sweet Ryzen processor. Oof. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, cancer or... Um, uh advanced micro devices um um <laughs> hey at least i didn't get nvidia then i have to roast them about the rtx 3080 top <laughs> right um what do we think cancer or super dickhead processors uh who should be booted mm. I don't know. Um, default dance. All right, sold. <laughs> uh, All right, let's see what we got this time. All right. All right. K-pop. I got, <laughs> I got anime alpaca. I got your Miku Chan alt. <laughs> Oh, give me one second. I got this. I fucking got this. Hello. Sorry. <laughs> do we eliminate Miku-chan or do we eliminate K-pop? K-pop. Save right. my ass. Sorry. <laughs> now, um... K-pop it is. <laughs> I don't actually hate K-pop. I mean, it's not my style, but I don't hate it. Just to hate it, you know. Oh, you know what that means? I'm secretly a Mika-chan? Sorry. Oh, fuck. Like... I... I got him. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> That's an Mika. I got Sans. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> We got something spicy here. What, what did you get? Ghost Weather Game. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's the... Okay, I hate myself for, laugh for laughing at that because he hates Undertale. <laughs> we got him his least, one of his least favorite games, and then we got the user himself. <laughs> we used to poke fun at him a lot especially at the earlier episodes it was great i mean i think he'd be he'd i would think that he'd go into the like the game files and delete him like he deleted monica that one time but i don't think he's smart enough to delete him so it's the only problem I don't mm. think he knows how to find Sans uh, PXE. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Oh god. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Sans so we can roast him as more, more later on. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> because hey, you know what? It's all a funny joke. <laughs> All a funny joke. <laughs> All right, let's do it again. Let's go. <laughs> All right.
Oh god. T-Mobile. I got Inspirobot. <laughs> oh my god. Would you rather have uh cancerous quotes or um uh uh you know co- coverage across America? <laughs> the nation's largest network. <laughs> Except for Nebraska. Fuck you, Nebraska. <laughs> Um, I mean, my phone uses T-Mobile. <laughs> I my I think mine do, uses like a subsidiary of T-Mobile, like uh, like you know one of those like uh, brands of T-Mobile. So like Metro PCS, something like that. Pretty much, you know. Mm. Like but... something that's not AT and T or Verizon. <laughs> Anyways, uh. T-Mobile versus Spyrobot. God damn it. Spyrobot. Uh, I don't know. I, uh-huh. I'd rather have cell coverage everywhere. Yeah, um, I kind of agree. Yeah, let's remove Inspirobot. <laughs> I mean, Inspirobot's nice. I love Inspirobot, but... Oh, motherfucker. Please. Oh, God damn it. I didn't forgot to, but I'll throw it in the notepad. Oh, definitely. T- Mobile. Oh shit, uh, you got your. <laughs> <laughs> Should I pull it out? Alright, go for it. <laughs> Alright, so we have to decide do we remove Natsuki or do we remove Fluff Alpaca sniper rifle? Uh, give me one second. I accidentally overrid it. It's fucking. I hate that so much. Uh, let me just boing. Surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> All right. So, do we allow Fufalpaka's right to carry arms, or do we remove an anime high school girl? Uh. I mean. I don't know. <laughs> do, do you th- do you think this alpaca is righteous enough to defend our freedom versus some girl from high school that probably got fatter over time? Sorry. <laughs> Who ha- somehow happened to get manipulated by another character in the same game she came from? You bring up a valid point. Natsuki has to go. <laughs> yeah. Your right to bear arms is preserved. <laughs> awesome. Also, I, I despise her because of her insecurities. <laughs> actually, no, that's actually mean because I think in like one of the side stories, she's a tough, a tough girl because like, <laughs> like domestic abuse. So that's kind of mean. Right. <laughs> All right, shall we do it again? Yes. All right. What did I get? Uh, Delta Ruin. I mean Undertale. Oh, fuck. I mean, I got Todd Howard. Ah. Uh, so we almost had the same exact thing. It would have been unanimous. Undertale or Undertale. 
Instead, um, so we got the myth, the legend, Todd Howard, or do we get Undertale? Honestly, honestly, I don't know. Undertale or Todd Howard, both are great games. I mean, fuck, sorry. <laughs> um, well, one of the one of these entries is actually a game that. Someone we just mentioned earlier hates, and the other one is a legendary game designer. Yeah. Who? Uh. Mm, good question. Fuck. I don't know. Uh. Uh. So. I mean, hmm. Who's laughing now? Who's laughing now, Undertale? <laughs> Who's laughing now, Toby Fox? <laughs> Sorry. Um, are anyways, they uh, remove Undertale? Or what are you thinking? Oof, this is still a tough choice. Of um... I used to be a part of the chess club. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Honestly, I think we've mentioned Undertale a lot more throughout the series than Todd Howard, and we still get a kick out of every single time we have to make fun of Undertale. Don't I have, like, a, a transparent PNG of his face that I can stick on my face? <laughs> <laughs> I swear I do. Or maybe it's, like, an emote, I forgot. Anyways, uh, yeah, Todd Howard. Right. I guess because, uh, he might be a god, but... All right. All right. Continue onwards. Right. Make sure you move Todd Howard. Just kidding. That's right, I'll give you the ability to edit that, so it's going to constantly be spinning. Yeah. I got Frantic Fanfic, and you got Among Us. <laughs> the droid with the knife. Uh, I would rather have um, the night terrors of people's terrible... Uh, uh, writing decisions than be stalked by an Amazon Astro with a knife. So, remove the... Remove yeah. The... I'd rather not be stalked by a droid with a knife. Thank you. That randomly stabs the air and falls over sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh... Let's do yeah. this again. Let's go. Guess. Uh... All right. I got oh AM. I got anim. You got anime. <laughs> I got AMD. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I well, mean, I'm, well, unlike myself, you have like three freaking lives. Oh really? You have hillbilly alpaca than yourself. I'd rather get rid of Hillbilly first than, than anime <laughs> alpaca, but uh, I don't know. Uh, damn it, I don't know. Uh, do we have Ryzen processors or do we have anime alpaca to continue to exist? Uh, I'll just get rid of anime alpaca because <laughs> I know you have anime alpaca still. <laughs> So basically, I have six lives get wrecked. 
There we go. Anime alpaca or Miku Chan. Goodbye. <laughs> For now, this is only a fictional setting. Oh, uh, you know who else I got? Atsune Miku. <laughs> <laughs> I got Yuri. Uh, Yuri. Fucking creep with like a grape hair and a knife and kills herself yeah manipulated by another another character from the same game <laughs> yeah so all right uh another spin we go yep i'm just taking time to write down the names and stuff but yeah. mm. what we got now i got uh, ne- i got nebraska oh. wait I got fucking windows 11 no i got halo infinite just kidding Oh, Windows 11. Remove Windows 11? Okay. Yeah, no. Fuck Windows 11. It's it's great and all, but not really. <laughs> I, I do like that it's a slight leap forward, though, at least. Yeah. But I don't really like Windows 11 right now. Right. It seems like a UI update from Windows 10 and doesn't change anything. All right, I got... Or break something. I got T-Mobile... And you got Mudahar. Hello, hello, guys and gals. Me Mudahar here. <laughs> uh, T Mobile, I guess. I can't live without my ordinary gamer. All right, <laughs> that'll. That wasn't that wasn't hard, except I can't watch him now because my mobile data has ran out thanks to T Mobile. So I just fucked myself. All right. All right. <laughs> Anyways. Oh shit! I copied Mudahar. Damn it. Ooh, I got frantic fanfic, and you got spawn wave. Wait, ah, uh, what do you have? I have spawn wave. I got frantic fanfic, so we got spawn wave. Um, do you watch a very important, you know, uh, do we watch one uh, important gaming news channel? That's where I get a majority of my information from. Or do we go and really frantic fanfic? Uh, burn the fanfics. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, fanfic because I don't really watch Spawn Wave that much. Actually, like I'm, I'm being completely honest there. That's fine. Um, but you know, right? <laughs> All right, another spin on the wheel. Yep, let's go. I'd like to start watching uh, them, I guess. Ah, uh, AMD. I got Seaman Breath of the Wild. Seaman. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Do we kill Seaman? Or... You feeling killing kill AMD? Uh, or do you want to kill Seaman? I, I... So... A long lost, forgotten, uh, mindfuck or uh, Ryzen thirty seven hundred X. Now available in purple, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Breath of the Wild. All right, sold. All right, 
Seaman's gone. Alright, ready for another spin? Yep. <sighs> what we got? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Oh, I got the Skyrim board game. Uh, what's more entertaining, this song or a board game? Honestly, the song. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. It's more meme-worthy. Uh, uh, all right. Then then. Again, we did create a a short off of this one board game segment. As I thought we did. Uh, all right then. I put Skyrim board game down <laughs> for removal. Yeah. Cool. All right. What else? Motherfucker! It did a full three sixty. Megalovania again? What did you get? Photograph on Nickelback. What is the better <laughs> song? <laughs> oh God. Um, I don't know. Uh, let's let's see. Hmm. <laughs> or uh. <laughs> um. I mean, the thing is, is that people hate Nickelback a lot because a lot of their songs are very simple, I think, as far as I remember. Mm. But Megalovania is like, it's like this highly orchestrated piece. Mm. But one's rock, one's rock and one is like, kind of almost metal-ish, I guess, but not yeah. really. One is made by one person. The other one's made by a band. And that one person made a great song, and that one band made, like, what, a few singles? Like, Rockstar, uh, like... If that, you yeah, Rockstar. Yes, and, Rockstar, uh, Photograph. How You Remind Me, I think. I was trying to fucking find out the name of that song. Uh, Nickelback. Remember that song? Okay, cool. Megalovania lives another day. Alright, what do we have here? Oh, I got the wrestler. Uh, again. What do you get? What did I get? Uh... Oh, shit. Alright. Ah, <laughs> oh, cyberpunk. So, so do we remove cyberpunk or do we remove that wrestler that we love to roast on? Uh, the game that the, is a meme in itself or the meme that only the two of us know about yeah the guy who looks like a thumb uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh I guess wrestler because at least like cyberpunk 2077 is relevant but yeah I don't know yeah we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep it cyber oh yeah we'll remove the wrestler all right, wrestler JPEG. Cool. All right, so you can cl press close on that, and we'll go again. Yeah. So, um. Okay. Uh -oh. I got oh, okay. anime, and you got Skyrim. What's more, cancer, Skyrim ports or anime? Um, 
one is abundant and one is really abundant. And one, you can mod anime into it. And one, you can mod Skyrim and create your own, like, anime series. Non-profit, of course. You can't make money off of it. Copyright exactly. Bethesda 2021. <laughs> 22. Exactly. Uh, you know, honestly, this might come as a shock to a lot of people, but I haven't played more than 10 hours of Skyrim tops in my life. Trust me, I'm yeah. kind of in the same boat as you too. Like, I've dabbled with most, a lot of the Bethesda games. I kind of dabble along the intro and try to get a bit of, of the beginning quest line done. And after that, I just, for some reason, drop them. But I still really enjoy them. It, yeah, for me, it's mostly Fallout. I, I'm not too much into Elder Scrolls. I actually, I gave Morrowind more time than Skyrim, which is hilarious. Mm. Even though. Morrowind has like a really strange Dungeons and Dragons uh, RNG sort of combat. Yeah. He tried to pick a lock. It failed. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so are we anyways? Uh, Roof Skyrim? Skyrim, yeah. Yep. Again. In, in digital form. <laughs> All right, another spin the wheel. Let's see what we got this time. Oh boy. Yeah. The battle royale continues. Hell yeah. Anyways. Oh, fuck. I got you. So, we either boot Floof Alpaca or we remove Xbox. You don't want to do this, pal. <laughs> you don't want to do this, pal. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I don't know. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> what, what's your decision? Because obviously I'm going to vote for myself. <laughs> <laughs> right. One gives entertainment to this entire show. The other one gives entertainment to everybody else in the world. Don't ratio me. <laughs> Uh, don't ratio me to where user. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Hell Pack is still alive, so. Yeah, so. I guess me. That's fine. Rip, just kidding. <laughs> Rip. Not right. kidding. All right, we, we have to we have to actually revive you for the rest of the battle royale because you're still the host. Beep, anyways. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, so uh, even though you are so even though you are gone from the list, you are still technically alive. Okay. Alive for lives, dude. Anyways, um. And yes, that also applies to Miku-chan. Oh. <laughs> Alright. Uh, what did I get? Ooh, what did you get? I got Death Serpent Gaming. Ugh. You don't want to do this, pal. 
do I remove myself or do I remove my close friend? Ouch. You don't want to do this, pal. <laughs> uh, fuck. You know, what? I, and the weirdest thing is I, I've never talked to Death Serpent at all. So no, I know we're, we're going to eventually have you inter- We're going to have you talk with him soon because we have to, I think talked about our collab episode. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I don't know. We remove a 50,000 follower Facebook gaming pay group, or we remove myself at 19 subscribers. Uh, well, um, I mean, both of you only have two lives, so <laughs> actually, technically, uh, I only have one life in this whole thing. Um, oh, yeah, because didn't you get removed? Or no, you didn't get you didn't get removed, did you? Nope. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I don't care. Uh, I hope if he does see this episode, he doesn't take offense if either of us decide him. I, I'm I'm not going to decide because, like, I don't know. <laughs> I'll let you decide. Sorry, friend. Wow! All right, sure. Dead Serpent. Mm-hmm. All right. Dead Serpent, we hope you still collab with us. We're not We're not officially killing you off the group. Yeah, definitely not. We're just like... We're, we're, just, make, like... we're just making me... We're just poking fun at memes and seeing what the wheel thinks. Yeah. All right. Oh, wow, we're like halfway through this list already. All right, so... Uh, you, I think we, I get. I think we know who the answer is. Yep. And as you said, in every single recent episode of the series... Fuck Bobby Kodak, let's say it together. Fuck Bobby Three, three two, one. Fuck, fuck Bobby, Bobby Kodak. Kodak. All right, yeah. What did All you right. get, just for the record? Uh, I believe I got Hatsune Miku. I, wait, I forgot what it was. Shit. Oh, well. Yeah, Satan or uh, Vocaloid. Ah. Uh. Fuck that guy. Mm. Anyways. Uh, I know my answer was definitely not as good. Yeah, I guess not. Oh, shit. Uh-oh. Hillbilly Alpaca or Mudahar? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, guys and gals. It's me, Hugh Billy Alpaca. <laughs> Gonna go grab a chip. <laughs> Gonna go grab my sidearm. <laughs> Big guns. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the most fucking American gun, too. <laughs> Alright, do we move Mudahar or do we move Hillbillies? Uh,. So do we remove somebody with like eleven subscribers, or uh, <laughs> some dude with like over a million and a half? I guess, as far as I remember, Shit. look that up actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, he has. 
Why is he not popping? Oh, thank God, he's not. Oh, shut my mouth. He has like three million subscribers. Never mind. So <laughs> <God> damn it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mudahar. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Fluffle. <laughs> Hillbilly. Okay. Myself. The Hillbilly's gone. For now. But he'll be back. Except, uh, not really because, uh, you know. The only thing that dies is my soul. It's not having a school beer of my women <laughs> inside my Chevy trucks. Anyway, uh, oh shit, Undertale again. Versus what? J pop. <laughs> uh, Undertale, I guess. I don't know. I guess we're going Undertale then. Hey, at least we kept one name a little longer than the rest. Yeah. Gee, I wonder who that is. Mm. Alright, so we have Facebook versus Sayori. Uh, hmm. Well, Meta also owns Instagram and everything, and then you have Sayori. Yeah, which she dies within the first, like, 20 minutes anyways, so. Oh, spoilers, sorry. Uh, don't go in the closet. <laughs> right. Uh, whatever. <laughs> so, what do you I think? I mean, hey. At least if you're a normal person. Uh, Sayori, I guess. Alright, yeah. Sayori is. Alright. Back to the hunt. Air right. Jeez, this is gonna go by pretty quickly. Hopefully, yeah. Let's see. Oof. Uh I got the wrestler. Ghost weather game. Uh I Who still have I still have him on my wheel. <laughs> so Who do we remove? Ghost weather game or the wrestler? Uh the thing that me and him laughed at, or himself. Um, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, it's a matter of, do we roast him once again, or do we remove a thing that we've all, at least the two of you have roasted? Uh, you know what? Uh, let's just get rid of Ghost for now. Rip, you've already been removed from the show once. And yep. now you're officially removed from the Battle Royale. Hey, and this time you didn't even choose to. Exactly. We forced them to uh, get wrecked, get default dance on, bro. I don't care if it's removed. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, we should have the Monica gif out for that one. <laughs> oh, shit. You want me to? If you want to. One second. Who, who did I, I? I I got rich from Re Review Tech USA. I got Baby Metal. Oh. So what's more Give me important? One second. Uh. There she goes. We don't care if it's chroma keyed. It's there. There we go. 
Yeah. Get default dance on Ghost Weather game. Yep. Anyways, uh, oh. there you go. So what do we do? Do we remove a, another famous tech tuber, tech gaming tuber, or do we get remove one of the signal to remove the band that these things are based off of? A what? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so do we have um? Do you want to listen to metal, or do you want to listen to a fat guy suck on a cucumber with his chicken? Anyways, um, no, and turkey. Uh, turkey? What? He he got a turkey now. There's Carlos, and then there's the other bird. Oh, there's another bird. Holy shit! I I need to fucking keep up with that guy. I don't know uh, the name he's... of the other bird either. I've, I haven't watched much of the videos at all, but I know there's two birds. Okay, uh, well, I mean, three versus one. No, three v three. Him, Ooh. Carlos, the turkey, and then three, like, Japanese women that sing. Well, actually, technically, it's now a two v three because one of the members actually left. Shut it. Okay, uh, so, uh, one girl handles the poultry and one girl, uh, gets, uh, a, uh, uh, a boogie bomb. And then we see Richard dance shirtless. Sorry. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I don't know. Review Tech USA. I like him, but, yeah, he's... He's got a bit of things to go to I go hear with, you. I guess. There's a few things that are... Or 25 know. entries to go. Oh, we are? Oh, my God. At least I'm mine. Mine's the main one. So we have J-pop oh, versus... Spawn Wave. Uh, J-pop. I love how you pick J-pop. I pick J-pop uh, to win and then... Sp Versus J-pop. Um, Actually, Spawnwave was already eliminated. Actually, no, he isn't. Okay, cool. Um, next. Oh, okay. Yeah, Spawnwave's still on the list. Uh, okay. That's fine, though. Okay, so I got Megalovania. Okay. Oh, versus fuck. the game it's it's in. <laughs> I love when shit happens like that. It's like um, let's see. Looking you... at my thing here. Uh, Undertale was already already booted. Oh, okay. All so, right, then. So, all right. Well, we'll spin again. Um, I've got. Come on. Oh, the Skyrim board game was also removed. Fuck. I really, I wish I had the tool to remove stuff. Sorry. No worries. Ow. Master Chief. 
All right, so Megalovania versus uh, some dude who's like really legendary. So Master Chief or Megalovania? Hmm. Master Chief. No Master Chief. I mean, you know, it's good, I guess, but no, 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 no. Remove Megalovania. Well, the memes of the song are have already come to an end anyway, so it's like whatever. Yeah. All right. Oh no. Remove myself. Got... Or remove Hatsune Miku. Ouch. How can I live without you? <laughs> Oh, fuck. <laughs> Here's some tough choices here. Yeah. Already we penetrated 24, so we're already at a big team battle now, not a battle, battle royale. Uh-oh. Uh, what's your pick? Vocaloids at... Vocaloids that give people thousands of hours of entertainment or myself. Well, uh, shit. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, remind me of your reaction to this poster right here. Yeah. What's your rating uh, on this poster? Look, if I had to be honest, like, actually, like, I I really think it's cute, honestly. So. I guess I'm a, I guess I'd make a better girl than a guy. Just kidding. Um, oh, yeah, for fuck's sake. All right. Okay. Bye bye. <laughs> Anyways, uh, oh, just kidding. Um, the wheel was always gonna hate me. Anyways, just kidding. Um, yeah. Abandoned. Well, that one's easy. I got abandoned too. Wait, you did? Oh, okay. Well, abandoned fell from high place. Woo. Good boy. Good boy. All right. Uh, what do we got? Katsune Miku and Mudahar. <laughs> I think we already moved Mudahar, didn't we? Uh, no. I think that was Hillbilly uh, Alpaca. Right. So, Katsune Miku or Mudahar? Hello, guys and gals. Me Mudahar here, and. I got killed by an anime waifu <laughs> who happens to be a vocaloid. <laughs> you know, just for that, we have to move Mudahar. I'm sorry. <laughs> All 
Oh shit, here we are, the final 20. The lo final third. I guess it'll be very boring for a lot of people the episode, but I don't care. Oh shit. Do I really have to trade in my gun and my badge? Yes, I got the pistol too. You did? What? what? <laughs> Mama, take this branch from me. Sorry. Don't worry. Don't worry. You're going to have your pistol powers back too. This is just a random thing with the wheel full things. Hopefully. <laughs> I don't want to trade in my gun much. Yet. No. Anyways. Goodbye. <laughs> All right. What do we got? Alright, let's see here. Uh, I got Nebraska. Miku. I got Hatsune Miku. Do we... The entirety of Nebraska or a Vocaloid? <laughs> Do we choose digital... Digital... Do we choose digital waifu that can bring entertainment to millions? Or do we destroy a landmass that only has a couple hundred thousand people? Welcome to T-Mobile, the world's largest nationwide <laughs> nationwide coverage. Except, Except for Nebraska. <laughs> Get default danced on by Sunimiku. Yeah. All right. I, I don't think know. just I, for that, I think we have to remove Nebraska. No, wait. Yeah, I guess. Oh, goodbye, Nebraska. Or, not really. <laughs> this isn't a serious game, so. No, whatever. All right, let's go. I got <laughs> Halo Infinite and Megalovania, but we already removed that, so I'm just going to spin again. Baby Metal Pop Fit. No. Oh, my God. It's the boy himself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> do we remove Skate is 69 or do we remove a legendary game? Halo Infinite? Uh, I mean... The meme of the century? We look or... the... No, not the meme of the century. The meme of, like, three subscribers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I remember we looked up people that had that name on YouTube. Oh my god, I think. We got some weird territory. Uh, I guess we have to remove... Yeah. Yeah, remove them. But will the mystery be solved one day? That's what the main question is. Who is the mad lad? Oh. Who is really going to create Skinny P69? Yeah. Alright, I, I got your sniper rifle. God damn it. Did, and Spyrobot was already removed. Yeah, I'll get rid of these ones. Sorry. Does clicking speed it up? Not really. Oh, you got He's angry gonna video. Take you back to the past. All right, so it's a matter of: Do you want your gun, or do you want angry video game nerd? This redneck piece of shit cho chose a sniper rifle over me. <laughs> what was he thinking? Uh. Uh. I can't live without James Rolfe, so, uh, Sniper. <laughs> Goodbye for now, Sniper Rifle. It'll be back in another life. 
Yeah. Just kidding. By that, I no. mean literally after this whole entire discussion, this whole battle royale is over with. Hopefully. James Rolf is a great guy. Anyways, uh, uh oh, already got rid of them. British Pokemon trainer. Pokemon go in real life. Pikachu. And then you got Nvidia. Frames win games. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so do we got these guys who uh released a driver that uh changed the hash rate of uh of their low hash rate graphics cards. And literally defeated the purpose of, or um, who'd you get again? British Pokemon trainer. British Pokemon trainer. Uh, that's literally a persona that I just did because of that Super Mario in real life uh, person. Mm -hmm. Um, let's just go with Nvidia, I guess. I don't know. All right. Should we get rid of Nvidia or the British Pokemon trainer? We already declared NVIDIA, so... Alright, then. Remove. What do we got now? Uh, ew. Monica. Did we, did we already get rid of Cyberpunk? We did. Alright, then. Spin. Alright, let's spin it. Oh man. But do, do we want... Um, a virus or the British Pokemon trainer? <laughs> that British Pokemon trainer does sound a lot more jolly. Yeah. Uh, who who do Ma you think? Monica's just a waifu. We have waifu, or we got jolly lads. Uh, I don't know. Tough choice, uh, man. British Pokemon trainer, I guess. Alright. It's literally just some impression that I did. Alright. Alright, let's go. Next one. And we got... Did we already get rid of Meta? Let me look back. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. Oh my god. And what did you Elon get? Musk. Ah, oh, God, the battle of the, the, uh, higher-ups, I guess. I mean, if I was battle of the higher-ups, I would include Mark Zuckerberg so we can get Lizardmen involved. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, jeez. Why, why is that a tough decision, though? Um, Electric cars or memes of the yeah. metaverse? Uh, we'll get rid of, rid of uh, Facebook meta. All right. No offense, just... It, it, I think everyone knows my hot take from before. Didn't we remove Spawnwave earlier? Uh, let me look. I know we didn't yet. Okay. I thought for a second. Good. I got Master Chief. 
Okay, Master Chief or Ah oh, man. Uh oh shit. I think we got rid of Xbox before no we didn't get rid of Xbox. <laughs> Master Chief versus the people who own him. <laughs> what's better the what's let's see what's better, Halo or Xbox? Uh, I mean, Xbox has everything else besides Halo. True. Oh, God. At least Halo's on PC. You're right, and I'm a master race. Uh... All right. Bye-bye, Xbox. I <laughs> guess. Probably not really, but do you want to get rid of Xbox? I already got rid of Xbox. All right. Did we get rid of? Uh, no, we we still have Monica. I got Monica okay. myself. Oh shit! Is that she who you can't got? Have any... Yeah. She can't have anyone, so <laughs> she like like stopped being. I guess I don't know. Yep. Alright. All right. So I got Hatsune Miku. Yeah, I got frantic fanfic, so I'll just get rid of that. Oh god, Hatsune Miku. Versus Versus <laughs> No. Well you already got yourself anyway, so that's already gone. I did? Yeah. Aw. I thought I got my pistols and snipers. Not myself. <laughs> no, I did. God damn it. Oh, fuck. Alright. Uh... We already oh, removed the... photograph. Alright, let's get rid of that. Uh-oh. Anime. Uh this is literally the same thing we just did with Xbox or Master Chief. <laughs> a subsidiary or the thing itself. Oof. I don't know. Do I really want to give up Felix and Astolfo for <laughs> a cisgender <laughs> a cisgender woman? Find out next time. <laughs> On Dragon Ball Z. Uh, fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Um, uh, I I guess. Oh, Jesus, fuck. I don't know. <laughs> it's, I, it makes no fucking sense why it's a tough decision. Um. You know, I don't know. Even know why I didn't put Felix from RE Zero on this list or Felix the Cat. That those would have been perfect. Maybe the next battle royale. Plus, respect plus. Yeah, you know, you didn't put Felix, and I also noticed um, there was another thing that I think you missed out on. Was uh, oh god, what was it? Um, it was something else, but I'll, I'll bring it up later <laughs> when I remember it. Yeah. All right, so we got Hatsune Miku or anime. Um. 
That's Uni Miku, I guess. Alright. For me. Alright. That's done. So, yep, so that is taken care of. So we are on the final 10. We got Match Chief, Angry Video Game Nerd, Halo Infinite, Anime, Babe Metal, Babe Metal Lunchbox, AMD, Elon Musk, Spawn Wave, and Doki Doki Literature Club Plus. And... Doki Doki Literature Club Plus. We eliminated the girls, but we haven't... Halo Infinite's already gone. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Oh, uh, well, uh... Well, Halo Infinite or Doki Doki Literature Club Plus? Who should have been eliminated? Well, I, I guess it's already been chosen, Halo Infinite. Rip. Uh, even though I like it a bit better, but, uh... <laughs> hey, would you rather have, uh... Far Cry in Halo? <laughs> right. Or, or... I just put Halo Ignite. What the fuck is wrong with me? Um... Well, I just, but, uh, yeah, we managed to get Doki Doki Electric Club Plus to live another day. Yeah. All right, next one up on the Battle Royale. We got the Baby Metal Lunchbox. Did we already get rid of the wrestler? Yep. All right, well, I'm going to get rid of that, and then, uh... Uh, my stomach is fucking... Ugh. Todd Howard. Oh, man. Already gone. What a legend. We got... Master Chief. Oof. We already got rid of Halo Infinite, so... I what's, don't know. What's le more legendary? The Spartan Icon for Halo... Or do we have the legendary Baby Metal Lunchbox? Uh, the Lunchbox should uh, perish. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I may have to agree with you on that one. The Lunchbox has to go. You win this time. Master Chief would like literally create a black hole by collapsing it. <laughs> Oh, no. Did we get rid of Germa? Yep. Alright. I got Elon Musk. Oh, no. Elon Musk or who? Who we got? Oh. Uh-oh. Doki Doki Literature Club Plus. Uh-oh. A small indie studio or, uh, Tesla. Oof. Uh oh. <laughs> what is the biggest value in society? <laughs> like seriously. Um fine, we're gonna have to get rid of Literature Club. <laughs> this is so sad. Alexa played Despacito. <laughs> this is a sad day for visual novels. <laughs> yeah. All right. What do we got now? You know, the worst part is I almost got Elon Musk and I would have been like, yay! What did you get? Anime. I got, I got Master Chief. 
Oh, God, don't uh, tell me Spawnway is going to be the grand finale. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, Master Chief versus anime. Oh, man. The battle of the century. Western soldiers versus anime. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Uh... <laughs> one power suit boy versus the entire colony of weeaboos. <laughs> Sorry. Well, to be fair, I don't watch anime, so... Well, to be fair, I... I don't know. Uh, I'll... Yeah. Anime. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, can, you can't have God and anime on your side. You can only have anime or God. As seen on Bread Boys. <laughs> yeah. Alright, we're on the All last right. six. What do we got here? Ah. Uh, well, Hatsune Miku was already eliminated. Yeah. Alright, what do we got? Did we get the default dance? We did. Ah. Uh. Ooh, Master Chief versus Angry Video Game Nerd. <laughs> the turn of the century. <laughs> oh my god. The turn of the century. Uh Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I really need to take a pee. <laughs> this, is so this is this is like the the biggest like what the fuck moment. <laughs> Do we roast Flu Falpaca's Angry Video Game Nerd impression or Do we roast Master Chief Oof I don't know So tough And we're in the last The semi-finale Um Well To quote him and it's Halo's, like, it's Xbox's anniversary. Happy birthday! Fuck you! <laughs> I don't know. Um, I guess AVGN, because it's, it's, it's fucking Master Chief. Alright. Alright. We're on the final five. Master Chief, Babe Metal, AMD, Elon Musk, and Spawnwave. <laughs> Oh god. Oh. I'm already fucking. Series gone. Yep. I got baby metal. Ah, oh, jeez. Anything but. I'm already gone, so. <laughs> uh, trying to get rid of those outliers, of course. Yeah. Oh, you got uh, baby metal, too. Ah, no. Well. I guess it was meant to be. Yep. All Japanese influences are gone from the chat. This wheel. Japan is lost. Guess so. Did we get rid of AMD? No, we have not. Oh shit. Then then what's what's next? Elon Musk side. versus 
AMD. All right. Uh, so the supplier or the person who builds with those supplies? Oof. I think. Because can't you run Cyberpunk 2077 on your Tesla? True. <laughs> runs better on the PlayStation. Uh, no, it, it, it runs better than the PlayStation 4. <laughs> True. And then there's also the Stadia. Stadia! Stadia is powered by AMD, too. And supposedly Stadia Cyberpunk's actually run better than PS5 or PS4 more so. Yeah. So, whew, tough decision. Who knows? Uh, I hope Elon doesn't take it seriously. No. But I guess we have to vote yeah. on Elon Musk. Yeah, just because I didn't get my free Tesla when we asked for it. And our <laughs> flamethrower. Right. So, Master Chief, AMD? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, shit. <laughs> Alright, uh, I think I might have accidentally got rid of Spawn Wave, so oh, it, there's three people left. Mm-hmm. Alright, so I'm just going to get rid of these ones and, like, wait for, for it to be three. That's fine. Unless I land on something. Master Chief for AMD. Master Chief for AMD. Oof. Well... AMD is powered by, or the Xbox Series X is powered by AMD chips, right? Mm-hmm. And Master Chief is the look, is the figurehead of Xbox. Oof. Yeah. So. Uh oh. Um. Damn it. Um. Well, not gonna lie, Master Chief is kind of more badass than AMD. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um. And his entire suit is made of technology that's far more advanced than any Ryzen processor out there. That is true. So I guess AMD would have to get axed. I guess so. Don't ax us why. <laughs> All right, and now we're at the final two. Elon versus Master Chief. No, no, wait. Uh, Spawn Wave versus Master Spawn Chief. Spawn versus Master Chief. <laughs> I, I've just neglected Spawn Wave because I don't know anything about them. And also it's... If it's not that, then I think there's a different figure that we might have had to... The lunchbox. There must have been a different figure than that. No, I, I accidentally hit okay on one of them by accident. Okay, Master Chief versus... Master Chief. God damn it, Spawn Wave won! <laughs> Alright, All right. congratulations, Spawn Wave, you won. Somehow. Unless there I accidentally... Unless I think I accidentally... Unless there was someone was else that was in that battle with Spawn Wave, Spawn Wave wins. Yeah. Uh, it is only true that he wins, because that's where I get most of my gaming news from. Yeah. Alright, who's gonna win my wheel? I've got Nebraska, Elon Musk, and T-Mobile. Because those are the leftovers that I didn't get to axe. 
T-Mobile is gone. Who is it? Nebraska versus Elon. All things cursed. We have a lot. Oh, to... no. We have a oh, lot. No. Yeah, we have a lot. He, to he won in the end. He won in the end. Right. Uh, what, what the fuck? You, you can spin a 100% wheel? What? <sighs> Woo! Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be it for this? the first uh, ever. Godcast Battle Royale. Oh yeah, certainly. I hope we have lots of fun. You know, we're going to do more of these in the future. I think. I thought I thought this came out. It was a pretty fun segment. Oh yeah, definitely. Something a little d different. Mm-hmm. For sure. After about a month in the future, which it was caused by a time paradox due to Flufalpaca fucking Felix from RE0, we are back. And quite a number of changes have happened, you know. I mean, I now have shorter hair. Scary thoughts. I got that Miku poster hung up. And yeah, now I'm starting another college semester. Fun times. Yay. Thanks, college. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> um, and I'm, uh, uh, me. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not depressed again. And, uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, I have many more guns. <laughs> and, uh, I think uh, the boss killed the child again. Anyways, I don't know. Right. But yeah, we've been gone for quite a long time, and we have so much news to talk about. I mean, we missed out on major acquisitions and CES and a whole bunch of crap. Oh, yeah. So much stuff for us to catch up. And of course, the obligatory Activision Blizzard drama, because... What else is doing Gakas these days? <laughs> I know. Um Yeah. Oh my god, Activision is it's it's just a gift that keeps on giving with how but it's not a good gift. It's like um Christmas sockings. With but, coal. Uh, with coal. <laughs> I mean, at least you get something to put in your fireplace this this uh winter. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, or it's like a clothes you get for Christmas that aren't fitting. So even the disappointment of getting clothes is not bad enough. Now they don't even fit you. <laughs> well, speaking of it being cold, at least you can, you know, we had just snowed up in northeastern United States where the two of us live, so. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. This is such a terrible uh, <laughs> blizzard out there. Um, I mean, I'd rather have this than, you know, uh, Activision Blizzard, but that's, that's goes to say, you know, uh, anyways, oh yeah, but now every once in a while, I just see a plow coming by that, like, kicks all the snow to the side, and, yeah, I have to shovel that up again. <sighs> Woo! Anyways, um, 
Woo! All right. Uh, shall we get started? Uh, yeah, yeah. Certainly. All right. Certainly. So let's get started with our first subject, and that's regarding acquisitions. So, uh, yes. before we get to the major acquisition that happened, we have to get to, to two smaller ones, I would say, in comparison to it. And let's get start with the first of the bunch, and that is Embracer Group. Now, for those who don't know who in the world Embracer Group is, they were formerly known as THQ Nordic, and they've been on a buying spree for quite a number of years now. I mean, they bought Gearbox, they, I mean, they have THQ Nordic, of course, and they have, you know, Volition and all the friends at Deep Silver, Cockmania. They have a whole bunch of crap. Oh, and they own Goat Simulator, so that's fun. Oh, nice. Where's my tongue extensions? <laughs> Good question. I have no idea. I, I, I forgot to forgot to um, put them on this this uh, episode. Even though I'm more of an alpaca, but whatever. That's fine. So we see here there's a couple of companies that were acquired. So let's start off with the first one. That's Dark Horse Entertainment. Now, this company here is mostly known for its IP in terms of, like, comics and TV and film. And some video games, too. But if we take a look at this press release from THQ, not THQ, uh, Embracer Group, we can see that they own IP such as The Mask, Time Cop, Father's Day, Ghost, and they've worked on Star Wars, Avatar, Stranger Things, and Witcher. But they mostly are known for, like, movies like The Mask, Hellboy, Time Cop. Umbrella Academy, Resident Alien, and all this other stuff. So this is this acquisition, I think, is probably the most significant of the bunch. At least one of the more significant ones. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know any of these movies because I'm not a movie guy. But just knowing that Embracer Group is largely a investment video game company, kind of like similar-ish in vain to what Tencent is, but not focused on investing, but more like buying up a bunch of things. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of crazy in that department. But the fact that they've had such a pedigree... Oh, and apparently they also make digital... like Not digital, but like... So, like art books and stuff like you can see here like the Legend of Zelda Hyrule Historia oh they did they they were the ones that made that game art book wow so they own a way to get into the you know the, the collectible art books and stuff like that so that actually is pretty interesting too I mean certainly I mean especially because this is gonna what they so the way Embracer Group is structured is that each company... So Embracer Group, you have the Embracer Group itself. And then you have each individual company inside of Embracer Group. That's why I mentioned THQ Nordic, Cock Media, etc. It's because they're all companies under the Embracer Group umbrella. Embracer Group kind of functions more as a financial role rather than like the overall leader of the group. Oh, yeah, and Gearbox, too. Yeah. Which is funny that Embrace Group technically is working with 2K because of Borderlands. 
Yeah. But speaking of Borderlands uh, and 2K, Gearbox Inside, who a company that is inside of Embracer Group, did acquire Perfect World Entertainment. And this company here is largely responsible for like MMO games. From what I understand. And they also include things like Perfect World Entertainment Publishing and Developer Cryptic Studios. And again, that update adds up more staff. And on top of it too, give me one second here. If we take a look at the press release here, you could see they own things like, again, mostly MMOs, mostly with Perfect, Perfect World Online, They've also made Neverwinter and Star Trek Online. They did Torchlight, Remnant from the Ashes. It's a lot of stuff they've done. But it's mostly the MMOs that kept them on track. So Gearbox technically having more access to MMOs that usually generate a decent amount of money is not a bad idea. The another company, and then Cock Media acquired Spot Film Network. I'm sure you could take a guess, it's movies. So, good for Embracer Group and expanding their movie pro portfolio. I mean, this is a tech and gaming show, so we're not going to focus as much on the movie acquisitions as much. Besides the ones that actually stand out to us. Um, and then we have Saber Interactive. They acquired Digic. This is an animation studio founded by Alex Robb and late Hollywood legend Andrew G. Vana. I'm sorry if I butchered the name. So this is, again, Saber Interactive improving their animation department, it looks like. And honestly, just having them be a part of that company makes sense for you know funding animations and stuff like that probably especially for i feel like this is mostly used for like video game development because saber is like a video game division inside the company mm -hmm. i've mostly known them for like porting games especially to like the switch and stuff like that so this might lead them to potentially going into more remaster ter remake territory maybe yep and then we move on to shiver entertainment this is the last of them this is mostly, again, improving Saber's porting capabilities. It's just making sure they can port games faster and done. Yeah. Not much. I mean, then... I think, it... um, Go ahead. Sorry. Good. Uh, okay. Um, I, I think what I mentioned before when I saw this was that how... Um, how they kind of like um, blend together in a sense with with the like these acquisition acquisitions uh, blend together like uh, how you mentioned how um, uh, you you said Digic was the ones that usually you 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 remember you know them as uh, like for porting and stuff and like animations right? No, and what Digic is doing is animation studio. Saber Interactive is the porting company that I've known them for. I'm sorry. I, I, 
I'm sorry about that. Um, I, but I do remember mentioning how they, um, they uh, seem to have this sort of uh, almost cohesion, I guess. Like uh, there are, there is a you know a porting company that could help with stuff like uh, if this was you know for games and stuff, then they could port to like lesser consoles like how the like the older uh generations of consoles and the switch and uh there's um you know animation groups and um uh just uh parts of the company that they're acquiring that would help out with um with those types of skills you know what are those types of uh parts of um video game production you know <laughs> so there is that um, I'll let you take it away now yeah so from what I can tell here you know this is all you know this is just helping efficiency mostly within the Embracer Group company but some of the companies like for instance Dark Horse is going to operate as another branch of Embracer Group as a whole so like, uh, like, like I mentioned before Gearbox is already its own branch Dark Horse is going to be a branch inside the company. So it's not like how you see Saber Interactive, which is already a branch company, buying off Digic and a Shiver, or Cock buying Spot Film, or Gearbox buying Perfect World. Dark Horse is going to be another one of those major branches in the company. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what a strengthened film industry in the company is going to do. Definitely. But one acquisition I'm sure both of us will be more familiar with, besides all this movie stuff, is Take Two and how they bought off Zynga. Yes, this. What? Why is Zynga like a? Looks like a pit bull. Or I have a, no a, idea. Pitbull mix. Zynga the dog. <laughs> anyway, um. Take two. Uh, let's just hope that this has nothing to do with, uh, you know, um, take two kind of like, uh, um, I don't know, abusing their power kind of like with uh, the whole Rockstar thing. Because I, I know take two has a lot of influence on their games. So. Uh, they don't really have a lot of... Uh, they don't really give too much with freedom. So... Right. Open, you know? Mm -hmm. So here it is. This is the press release right here. So we got right to the press release. And as you can see in the first page, it says take two to acquire all outstanding shares of Zynga for a total value of $9.6 per share, $3.5 in cash, and $6.36 and shares of takes to common stock. I mean, ignore that. I'm sure there's like an asterisk saying this is supposed to be a metric in like millions or something like that. So, but still, that's quite a lot. And it says here, transaction represents a 64% premium to Zynga's closing share price on January 7, 2022. Seven Take Two is one of the largest publishers of mobile games, the fastest growing segment in the interactive entertainment industry. Unifies highly complementary businesses, including Take Two's best in practice, best in class portfolio of console and PC games, and Zynga's industry leading mobile franchises. 
creates one of the largest public trade interactive entertainment companies in the world with 6.1 billion in trailing 12 month pro forma net bookings for the period ending in September 30, 2021. Trades actually expected to deliver approximately $100 million of annual cost synergies within the first two years after closing and more than $500 million of annual net booking opportunities over time. Ignore the conference call part. We don't care about that. Uh, but yeah. Take two. Trying to buy off Zynga. I see the, uh, because they're a mobile game company, I see how, um, you know, they, they publish a lot of mobile games at least. Wait, no. Uh, give me one second. I might, I might be wrong on that, but, um, uh, I know that takes you with, uh, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 and, uh, Grand Theft Auto 5, they've, uh, been very, uh, um, entrenched in trying to, it's pretty much a cash cow, in a sense, I know, I know that they've, uh, they've tried to pretty much squeeze what they can up before they release any other Grand Theft Auto online for six or um I I mean I know the trilogy they released, but that's you know that there's not really an online thing. <laughs> I, I know there was like a parody article that scared me once. I thought they had like a bunch of microtransactions in the trilogy, but it was a it was a joke article. Um but uh give me one second. So um if I'm to be correct, and they are, oh yes, they are expertise in mobile and next-gen platforms. Okay, so uh, takes you might take a uh, a stab at the uh, mobile game market, and they're, you know, a lot of mobile games are free to play, you know, with freemium like things. So I I, I see how this is. Um, they're probably doing this out of a mobile game sort of aspect. As right. it seems, anyway. Because finally, we got all the dream that Alpaca wanted. Grand Theft Auto X Farmville. You know, it'll make more sense. What? John Marston, the sheep farmer. <laughs> Red Dead 1.5. I, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, you know... Now that you mention that, actually, um, I would not be surprised if they pulled a Konami and made like, um, made like spin-offs, like what they did with the Konami franchises. In like, there's a lot of Konami gambling games. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Right. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Arthur Morgan and John Marston are living happily, um, at Beecher's Hope farming sheep or something even though arthur kind of you know isn't right. really with john right because you can see here one of the ips they named that actually has been dormant for a little while now is midnight club oh so, yes yes midnight club so if you look over here you can see like why would you name drop midnight club if you haven't made a game for it in a really long time and I wonder that, if... Yeah, that that uh, makes it a bit more questionable. Why would you name drop something like 
like a franchise like actually uh, they also mentioned bioshock bioshock hasn't been um experimented with at all um yeah uh in since 2013 with uh infinite um right and i know that there was like bioshock remaster for like that nvidia leak back in july but um midnight club i don't think was ever on that leak no at least and, not if i remember correctly and it's due to this that some people actually have thought that take two might get a new game but using the mobile assets that you get from zynga they probably would get you know Midnight Club, as the second article I linked to you mentions, Midnight Club hasn't gotten released since 2008. Yeah. And Ma Mafia as well. It's another yeah. thing, Mafia. Yeah. So it's funny to think that uh, some people are thinking that it's possible that Midnight Club might get a mobile version. I see. Which could make sense because I know there's some mobile car racing game, but I wonder if there's a way they can make a premium game too because it'd be nice if they had a studio that would actually be willing to make it possible. Okay. Like, it's a shame that EA scooped up Codemasters instead of Take-Two in some ways because I feel like Take-Two would be the one that would most heavily benefit from a racing studio rather than EA who already has one. Because mm -hmm. EA mm -hmm. already has Criterion, which has been known for the Burnout series and have been handling the Need for Speed series for quite some time now before they handed it off to another studio and then they got their back of doing that again. Yeah. So, but I wonder if with Zynga in the picture... Could they use them for, you know, maybe a mobile version of Midnight Club? Probably piss off some fans, but I have a feeling that they're, look, they're mostly looking at some of the mobile games. Like, okay, what are the most popular types of mobile games? Uh, cars are somewhere in there? Oh, yeah, we have Midnight Club. Let's reintroduce it as a mobile game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so this is mostly an automobile sort of racing game in a sense, right? Yeah, kind of like a need, kind of like a need for speed in many ways. Kind of like that. Then, um, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know about a mobile port because then, like, you know, then they, it'd kind of be a bit ruined with like no real story or continuity. But uh, well, it wouldn't be necessarily a mobile port. We're talking more so as like a full-on mobile game, like a free-to-play mobile game. Yeah, that's what I'm, what I'm talking about. It's a little concerning, but um, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I know that would, that would definitely piss off a few people, but then again, I don't know many people really talk about Midnight Club that much. Well, especially since it's been dormant since 2008, it's been a racing series. I mean, then again, at the same time, I know that Forza Horizon 5 has been making steam pounds. Not, wow, that's a weird thing to say, but... You go, I mean, like that steam pounds. I mean, that's a way, that's a kind of a way to, you know, describe, uh, like chart topping, I guess. Uh, I don't know. That's a, that was a weird thing to say, but you get what I mean. Like, I'm supposed to say, like, it's just causing that's the one that I know I've been hearing a lot of rumbling about is that one is 
Oh, or, yes. Or especially with the Codemaster IPs, like Dirt and Grid, I've heard some things about that, but it's mostly Forza Horizon 5 and Grand Turismo 7. But Grand Turismo 7's not coming out until later this year, so. Yeah. I, I, but I, you know, now that you mention it, though, honestly, um, it kind of wouldn't surprise me if they did, you know, try to cash in on the Forza crew, you know? Sort of like uh, Forza and, uh, you know, that sort of audience right now. Forza 5 Horizon, so. Yeah. Um, but there is a w- one acquisition that's bigger than this. And you thought this one for Take 2 is a lot larger? Ladies and gentlemen, may I present to you the most groundbreaking acquisition of the year and was probably the most ridiculous way to start the year off ever. Oh, yes. Literally the most ridiculous. I, I could not I could not tell you how WTF this was for me. I did like I, I, I um I barely heard the news and then I when I, I saw it on my phone I saw one of the YouTubers that I watched like they mentioned it and you know that that this happened in a video and what that could mean for the franchise. And then I just rushed downstairs, and I was in, like, almost joy. Like, I was, like, telling everybody, like, Holy crap, guys! It's it's finally happened! <laughs> I, I, I tell everybody in my family, and I call up a few people, and I'm like, Dude! Microsoft bought blah, 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 blah. And then, um, uh, they just hang up on me immediately, because they're like, What the fuck is this nerd kidding me? Uh, but, uh, yes. Do you want to bring down the hammer? Yes, uh, we'll get started with that, and so I'm just gonna just fiddle my way around that. So, ladies and gentlemen, yes, Microsoft, Microsoft is buying Activision Blizzard. Now, I honestly was not expecting Microsoft, of all companies, to buy Activision Blizzard. Like, I thought they would have probably targeted Japan first, maybe. Nobody saw this coming, I swear. Nobody. Literally nobody. Uh, uh, me? When I heard this, I was like, what? That's 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 a that's a joke. This is April Fool's. Wait, it's January? Fuck. It's, what? It's true? And they also own King, by the way. So yeah. Yeah, so um, Microsoft is now getting into mobile conversions. And you know what's funny about the the King part too? What? Have you remembered like I know certain versions of Windows 10, I don't remember, but they actually bundled Candy Crush with Windows 10. Which is a bit foreboding. Right. Like foreshadowing. It, yeah. Yeah, it's like they had this entire freaking thing down with King, so... Yeah, I was yeah. just getting the article loaded up, and I'm just going to start off right away with the main headliner. Here. Let's do it. Xbox plus Activision Blizzard King. Holy fuck. Look at how ridiculous this is. The same exact sort of banner they used for the... But that's the acquisition too, and look what you get: Overwatch, yes. Diablo, and of course, 
alpaca's favorite. Not really. Call of Duty. <laughs> exactly. Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> World of Warcraft, and then Candy Crush, and Starcraft, and look on the bottom there. Look at all Wait, those. Can Candy Crush. Wait, they made it pretty damn obvious. Oh my God, Windows 11 with Candy Crush. Confirmed. Uh, ac uh, acquisition edition. Activision acquisition edition. Holy shit, that's song twister. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so happy about it though. We got, we got, you know, we got COD, Warcraft, you know, and Diablo, Overwatch, you know, Starcraft, of course, uh, and you know, jelly beans. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> we also got. Um, of course, we got the, the spin-off Hearthstone, you know, but, um, this also means Tony Hawk, uh, Spyro, which is usually a PlayStation thing, uh, Guitar Hero. Crash Bandicoot as well, which is similar Crash! <laughs> Starcraft! I, I don't... Oh my god, I remember the last time I, I, I saw Crash, I was like, oh my god... I can't play it. Now I can! Oh. Yeah, because at least you don't have to go on freaking battle.net in order to get the latest Crash game. Anyways. Back to the more exciting part. Fuck the negativity. Let's get to the news. <laughs> Welcoming um, the incredible teams and legendary franchises of Activision Blizzard to Microsoft Gaming. And you can see here, creators of Call of Duty, Warcraft, Candy Crush, Tony Hawk, Diablo, Overwatch, Spyro, Hearthstone, Guitar Hero, Crash Bandicoot, Starcraft, and more. And they mention how, like, you know, they have all the level of studios. And here's the main thing. Until this transaction closes, Activision Blizzard and Microsoft Gaming will continue to operate independently. Once the deal is complete, the Activision Blizzard business will report to me. And this is Phil Spencer writing this. I do, I throw. Otherwise, um, I'd be questioning, uh, why you're still like, uh, not drinking wine every day. I guess, like, Chardonnay. I have no spending idea. seventy, spending seventy billion dollars on Activision Blizzard to be like, oh yeah, I'll pack. Don't worry about me. I'm, a, I'm a fine. Uh, college. Yeah, that's just. Don't have to go to college. Just I'm just saying. I'm not, I, I'm like rich. I'm just doing it. <laughs> no, sorry. I'm not trying to make it awkward. I'm just yeah. saying. Like if you like if you said I, I was like, oh my god. I, I'm just I'm just really excited because oh my god. Yeah. Oh, and also the Game Pass has like 25 million subscribers and, yeah, a, and another, coming. Yeah, it's another key update, which is still pretty good for Game Pass, honestly. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, especially for someone like you, who, you know, would have enjoyed Call of Duty more if it wasn't in the hands of a certain someone. Yeah, that's pretty much the only reason why I hate Call of Duty now, is just because, you know, the people behind, well, not no, not just because it's a kind of a, you know, a trash heap right now, uh, but also because, like, no offense, but it's just, not, not only is the game pretty buggy now, in my opinion... I, you know, I also don't, uh, you know, agree with the practices of the uh, people that 
own the franchise, of course, mm-hmm. and despise the fact that it still gets record sales <sighs> every year. Yep. Um, not out of jealousy, but out of uh, morality, I guess. Mm-hmm. But s- separate the art from the artist, I know, but yeah. And the artist can't put out a good piece of work, why should you? <laughs> right. Well, the thing is, is that, so, the key, that, that key thing, like I mentioned, was they're going to remain separate until roughly around June of 2023. It could be sooner, for all I freaking know, but they're expecting to, the latest to be around that time. Yep. So, I mean, personally, we hope it's sooner, so that way we can get that certain Kodak guy out of there. Oh, yeah, certainly. And, yeah. And they mentioned, and another key thing they mentioned too is this part around here. Look at this. As a company, Microsoft's committed to our journey for inclusion in every aspect of gaming along both employees and players. Notice this line. Oh yes, this is a this is a fucking, you know, kick in the ass. This is a big like middle finger, I think. Yep. And we keep I being... know Phil Spencer was sorry, I know Phil Spencer was was he the first one to speak out about, and then Sony and Nintendo, or was it Nintendo? It was Mike. By the way, I think it was Mike. Actually, actually, I believe it was Sony first, and then Microsoft. But I remember specifically that. Remember back in November when Microsoft was thinking, "Oh, we're going to reevaluate our relationship with them," and they were the most vocal about it. Yep. Is this what you mean by reevaluating their relationship with them? Is just scoop them up for no apparent reason? Yeah, and you know that's kind of kind of a funny way of putting it. You know, you think back, they did say that they definitely were kind of vocal about you know we're reevaluating our relationship, and now by this they mean they're buying them out. And they're now under our orders starting, you know, quarter two or three of, uh, you know, 2023, you know. It's it's kind of a funny way of uh, for foreshadowing as well. Uh, we're reevaluating our relationship and now we're uh, going to be their boss. Fuck you. Exactly. And the thing is that because they would be owned by, you know, Microsoft Gaming, actually, notice how they rephrased it, uh, like, the core of the team from Xbox to Microsoft Gaming. Notice that. Yeah. Like, notice how it's just like, oh, we're not overly Xbox. It's like, okay. The, the, the game branch being on Xbox, our gaming branch is known as Microsoft Gaming. You know, I actually didn't notice that. Uh, where, where was that again? So, notice how throughout the entire article it mentions Microsoft Gaming. Oh my god. Uh, so does so does this mean like they're. Like what? What does that mean? Like I, I, I'm only thinking that they're gonna rebrand to like, because, you know, I, I, I don't want them to like become a big monopoly, with like, 
with this stuff, but I also realize Microsoft Gaming, that's, that's a, that's, I thought that was Xbox. I thought they were Xbox for their, for their gaming stuff. But then you see that they're allowing Windows 10 and 11 and they're making it more, uh, gaming sort of oriented, like, you know, sort of like, uh, there, uh, you can stream your games, you know, to it from your Xbox, I think, right? Or, or was it like, like, there, like this computer that I'm using right now, your computer that you're using, isn't an Xbox, you know, but we can run, you know, Microsoft type games, you know, stuff off of Steam and stuff. That's, the, you know, when I, when I was just said, oh my god, I'm like, I'm thinking about this, it, it kind of hits me, like, um, is Xbox not dead, but is it going to be changed to Microsoft Gaming? Now I think about that, because now that this article does keep on saying Microsoft Gaming, it only kind of makes you think too hard on it, because like... Well, like, I don't think we need to think too hard because the console solution coming out Xbox. It's too recognizable. No questions asked. Yeah, it's just like, but I just think of it like Microsoft Gaming as a brand or as a uh, part of, you know, Microsoft. Um, I don't know. I just thought like, whoa, what, like, what are they? Are they doing something about that or what? Like, I don't know. Right. And you know what the funny thing is? Look at the other direct, the other executives besides Phil. Notice something about the pattern there. Uh. Matt Booty. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You notice anything about a specific gender split? Oh yes, I know that. I I noticed that too. Like there are um give me one second. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five, six. Uh wait, did I skip somebody? One second. Actually one, two, it is three. seven. Yeah, it is seven. Uh, wait, no no no. Wait. One, two, three, four, five, six, because it feels Spencer, okay. Um, there's four on the bottom line, and there's three on the middle line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, but yeah, think about it that way. There's more women in the Microsoft gaming executive branch than men. Now, that yeah. may seem like a very minute detail, but it seems like it shows a more inclusive board. Yeah, definitely. It's... Um, you know, my opinion is if you're good enough for the role, then it doesn't matter who you really are. But the fact that, you know, that women have gotten to this point in, in that, you know, leadership team, it it says more about their skill than, you know, who they are. And that, you know, maybe it's questionable whether or not, you know, the reason why uh, some teams are very skewed to beating just white men, you know? I, yeah. I understand that. You yeah, know, point of how, view. Like, yeah, because I notice how, like, two of them especially are, like, I mean, I want to get too nitpicky, but it's kind of funny to think about that. 
you know. Oh yeah, two of them are, um, you know, two of them aren't like uh, white. You know, there's uh, uh, Hyun uh, Zhang, I think is her name. Like mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry. That's fine. And Sarah Bond, um, you know, is um, a black female. Well, Hyun is uh, mm-hmm. Asian. Um, but I. <clears throat> I know that the skill is more important than obviously the the characteristics of like oh, yes. who the person is, but the point I want to bring is I feel like they highlight this specifically. Yeah, I I do get that point as well. You know, they kind of highlight the fact that you know if you look at Activision Blizzard's you know team um, versus this uh, leadership team. Uh, I got, let me look that up actually. Um, uh, let me see that 29 of which are in a leadership position. Let's, so let's see that. Give me one second. So that is, um, of course there's that scumbag over there. Looks like, uh, one, the one you want, the one you want to drop a tactical nuke on. No. I mean, in Modern Warfare 2, yeah. Not in real life. That's legal. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, there's one, two, three. And these other people don't really have, like, I mean, they don't really have, like, a uh, profile picture. But you can, you know, you can kind of see that there are a lot more men over here. And not many, like, women or anybody that seems to be you know of uh like i mean uh of like a different race or something and it it, it i'm i'm not saying that you know that i'm like it's skewed or something or that you know that it's um i don't know it's just quite funny that you look at that um you look at um you compare them, and you kind of realize that that was never what Activision Blizzard really had in mind when they, you know, when they were doing that, when the people that were in power did that stuff, you know, and now that they, um, they're caught, they kind of scramble together to try to, uh, subdue the, uh, or suppress the, uh, idea of it. You know? Right, of course. But then you, know, you look... I don't personally mean as an attack or anything. It's just, it's it's quite interesting, you know? And you look at this article and it... Um, it's, it's almost like a... It's almost like a... Uh, I don't know, like, I, I feel like this... Um, this uh image you know that the fact that they show off who is in the higher positions shows that you know anybody who you know um sorry i'm i'm running out of uh, i'm i'm sorry I'll, I'll let you continue on i'm trying to make a point here but i i can't think of the words of course if you can come up with it just let me know but i as i, yeah. I was gonna say um so we have a lot of things that the has has for instance we can see here on this article here provide 
as like a thing from Bloomberg, Microsoft deal supposedly wiped $20 billion off of Sony's market value in a single day because of this whole thing. And as you can see in the article here, it said that Sony Corp shares fell 13% in Tokyo, which actually was their biggest drop since October of 2008. And obviously we know that the this whole thing is a big deal. And then we continue onwards. Because before this whole thing, there was a whole fear that like Sony was going to be like, you better put, keep your commitments to us. Like in terms of the contracts that actors have with Sony, you better keep those contracts. And so even Phil Spencer mentioned, had a good call this week with leaders at Sony. I confirm our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry and we value our relationship. Yes. Trans translation in my mind is they're probably going to make, well, we're going to get to it pretty soon, but they're probably going to make Call of Duty exclusive to Xbox after a certain period of time. And we're going to get to that later because there's going to be some interesting things we find. Uh, I, I um, was telling Hydro, like, I've, I heard of some, uh, I guess, against the grain opinions. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's good for the player, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, I mean, Microsoft has had these uh, sort of uh, monopolistic uh um, some people have been feared about that for a little bit. However, I, I you know, unlike, you know, uh, a company that would swallow up uh, a franchise just to uh, destroy it, I I know Microsoft had a... Acquiring it for seven, 70, uh, was it million or billion? Billion, so it's like 68.7 oh, billion okay. dollars. Okay, because like... Even though seventy billion is a lot, like uh, let me just say it's, uh, it's. I I could only assume that that's pretty cheap considering you know it's such a big company and Call of Duty has always had this like, um, charm to it where everyone just buys it no matter what they buy it day one. So thinking of it like that, you know, they got a really like, you know. Um, good deal I'm, i'd be afraid if they tried to um uh cash in on that but let's get on to the uh other yeah um, other stuff so i was gonna say is that xbox ceo phil spencer he wanted to focus more on reviving old activision games so notice how like if we scroll down i believe in the article he mentioned some interesting thing and that is, and look at this. In discussing some of the intellectual properties owned by Activision Blizzard, Spencer's excitement may have mirrored the enthusiasm of a StarCraft player, noticing the long dormant franchise's logo and Microsoft acquisition announcement. I was looking at the IP list. I mean, let's go. King's Quest, Guitar Hero. I should know this, but I think they got Hexen. And they describe what Hexen is, and that is a first person game about using magic spells. So it's like a first person magic game. Okay. That's been hidden in Activision's vault of IP. It has. 
And they also it also mentions like we mentioned earlier, Crash Bandicoot and Tony Hawk Pro Skater and Spiral the Dragon. And this is the key, another key point here too. Spence said the Xbox team will talk with developers about working on a variety of franchises from the Activision Blizzard vaults. And you can see you're seeing that we're hoping that we'll be able to work with them when the deal closes to make sure we have the resources to work on franchises I love from my childhood and the teams really want to get. I'm looking forward to these conversations. I really think it's going to add, I really think it's about adding resources and increasing capability. So, and he also mentions too, is that like, and this is how they evaluate like the reasoning behind the deal. Look at this. They have a long history in video games. Nintendo's not going to do anything that damages gaming in the long run because that's the business they're in. Sony is the same, and I trust them. Valve's the same way. When we look at the other big tech sectors, when we look at the other big tech competitors for Microsoft, Google has Search and Chrome, Amazon has Shopping, Facebook has Social, all these large-scale consumer businesses. Discussion we've had internally where those things are important to the other tech companies for how consumers reach gaming can be that for us and that's their response in terms of like metaverse okay so like how can we have our dominate a segment of this metaverse thing and the answer for microsoft is let's try hey we've had experience in the traditional game market let's use our vast capital to amass a large quantity of studios so we could dominate the gaming sector in the metaverse Mm-hmm. and we have more to say on this soon which we'll get back to that momentarily and because the next thing is that the activist Wizard files Q&A with SEC won't remove existing games from PlayStation so it kind of just reaffirmed what we mentioned is that they did mention that Bobby Kotick will remain as CEO of Activision Blizzard during the whole thing but I have a feeling that what's going to happen is that while maybe be the CEO of Activision Blizzard, he's probably only, if he does stay, it won't be for very long. And I feel the reason for that would be is that he just wants to make sure the transition period is, you know, done. Yeah. That he makes sure that the studios that are in the Activision Blizzard thing will get used to the Microsoft culture and then afterwards, Microsoft won't give him the boot. And there's a whole Q&A in this article I've listed too. And again, like I said, it's mostly all the things you would come to expect. Like, you get to see here, again, a lot of this. Oh, here's another interesting question that might be wondering too. Will there be any layoffs as a result of this transaction? Because you know with all these mergers, a lot of times there's like layoffs and stuff like that. Yeah. And this may be good for the employees too. So look at this. Microsoft has made clear they want to preserve and grow the value that Activision Blizzard brings, and that includes the talented team at Activision Blizzard. We anticipate Microsoft diversified operation will create meaningful opportunities for Activision Blizzard employees and provide Microsoft Activision Blizzard with access to additional world-class developer talent who will collaborate with you, our existing incredible talent. Yeah. And the funny enough is that, like, 
Oh, it actually goes really deep. Like, it mentions, like, can you apply to other roles, Activision Blizzard, and they say they're... This, is, this, this gets a lot of HR questions, too. But what's more important for me, honestly, is the fact that they're not going to lay anyone off. Like, if any, not many. Yeah. And that's that seems like a good thing to make sure that the employees are still there. But then we get to the final article that I have here on the topic. And this is the thing. This is And this is what we were getting about earlier about the Call of Duty thing. Look at this. Activision is committed to releasing the, at least the next three Call of Duty games on PlayStation, even after the acquisition. According to people familiar with the deal, that's COD 2022, COD 2023, and, COD, and Warzone 2 in 2023. And after that, it's, it's hazier. And I personally understand that because, um, you know, what, like, uh, so, um, so far, um, has there, has there been any, um, so far, has there been any Bethesda exclusives to Xbox? Starfield? Like that are notable. Oh, okay. Starfield, yeah. Starfield's but exclusive. Are... Redfall's going to be exclusive. Okay, I see. Elder Scrolls Six is eventually going to be exclusive. All right, then. Um, when did Xbox acquire Bethesda? I believe that was sometime last year, when they, when the deal fully closed and they got integrated. I see. Okay, so yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit of a. Uh, it's a bit of a hazy thing to think of because, you know, um, what's what's interesting is that um, as far as I know, Bethesda wasn't, you know, on the on the best uh, best of times, I guess. And then Microsoft kind of scooped them up. And now Activision Blizzard is, you know, doing pretty terrible right now. And then all of a sudden Xbox scoops them up. So, uh, you know, um at least that was my understanding with Bethesda, um, and, um, what's a bit scary to me, though, is that, you know, it's, so, COD will come at the end of this year to PlayStation and Xbox, and you're saying that whatever the, um, I believe the, uh, Treyarch game of that cycle, if it's still annual, um, will be on the Xbox and PlayStation, and then it's hazy later on. And considering that Xbox has already gathered, um, you know, Bethesda, and now the, you know, whenever these games will release eventually, uh, you know, I, I just kind of think, you know, um, I don't know if it's thin veiled is all I'm saying because of how, you know, these Bethesda exclusives are, you know, um, Bethesda exclusives to Xbox now, you know, it just feels like a ill promise, you know? Yeah. So essentially what's going to happen to me at least is that I war zones, all the Warzone games are easily going to be multi-platform. Like, if you look at Elder Scrolls Online and that sort of thing, it's going to still continue that trajectory. 
but it's like once you get past like the main series game like Elder Scrolls 6 new Fallout that would eventually come out etc oh wait Todd we need five <laughs> sorry um I, I heard you say that i was just like the fallout fanboy inside alpaca really wants that fallout game by the way we need uh elder scrolls 7 anyways um sorry <laughs> um just, but like what sort of time are you creating now because now you want elder scrolls 7 when 6 isn't even out yet <laughs> uh wasn't that special edition? Sorry. No, anniversary editions. Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. You consider the anniversary edition for this lovely game here. Yes. No, um, you know, Skyrim and Grand Theft Auto V, now that we're talking about, you know, um, Bethesda, and we were originally talking about Take Two, kind of funny. PlayStation 3, 4, and I think it's playable on 5. Mm -hmm. Backwards compatibility, like GTA 5, 3, 4, 5, you know, 360, 1, Series X on with the uh, definitive release or whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, uh, stop fiddling around with the chest. I need Skyrim. <laughs> it's Skyrim 6, dude. <laughs> um, uh, anyways. No. Give us Fallout New Vegas 2 and Skyrim 2. I mean, especially the New Vegas 2 part, considering the fact that we had a whole discussion while our previous episodes where we talked about that since Activit not Activision, uh, since Obsidian is owned by Microsoft and so but that's so they could potentially do something. And it's like with the same thing over here. Like, for instance... You could potentially do Nazi zombies inside of All Out because they're both part of the same company now, so might as well. Oh yes, we could have Call of Duty, um, Fallout, X Fallout Edition, where instead of regular zombies, it's a bunch of feral ghouls. That could work. And uh, and the mystery box is uh, a ghoul that isn't feral yet. Um. <laughs> And, uh, the, the wall buys are, like, pipe guns. I don't know. I mean, you could technically have, like, the ray gun from Call of Duty. It's like, Fallout. God! Instead of, oh my god, you just, oh my god. What if? Where, where is it? Shit, I think I lost it. I, I, ha I had a ray gun. As a transparent PNG, we could have the ray gun from Fallout in COD Zombies, and we could have the ray gun from Zombies in Fallout. Oh my god! Or, or, we could have even more crazy, crazy creations. We could put the Spartan laser from Halo inside of Call of Duty. Yeah. Oh my god. Or, we could have something reminiscent of 76 Ooh. pesticides. <laughs> I was always thinking of West Virginia map, but I guess that works too. We need pesticides for those goddamn Cazadors. 
Those sons of bitches are worse than a death claw. <laughs> Thank God we live in the Northeast. Yep. Don't Finally. fucking deal with the Mojave and his bullshit <laughs> flying bugs. Rather stomp a few rad roaches. Clearly, this acquisition is purely targeted for you because they want you to sign up for Game Pass so you can just play Call of Duties with a, with a management that's not Bobby Kotick. <laughs> yeah. No, that and... Oh my god, I can't wait for it. Um, I'm sorry to everyone who who's viewing this and they're like thinking like I'm a weirdo. I can't think, but I don't really think when I'm excited. I'm sorry about it. I don't take... Oh, I, I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, that'll get you to sign up for Game Pass. It's Call of Duty and Fallout and one subscription service. And you know that you'll get it every single... As long as you pay the subscription service, $15 a month, you get access to the games. Oh, yeah. And now, exclusive. Pre-order Call of Duty and get the new Fallout 4 1911. <laughs> Dude, like, imagine how much crossover... Or some of the IPs can have. Like, imagine... Ha oh, my God. Like, ima I'm always thinking, like, Elder Scrolls cross World of Warcraft crossovers considering the fact that they're both owned by Microsoft. Yeah. Certainly. So, th those two could make sense. Like, imagine having a fucking, like, I don't know, a high elf from, like, World of Warcraft inside of Elder Scrolls Online or something. I don't know. But there's a lot of interesting things you could do with, like, I don't get like this is a purchase that's good for Game Pass users. If you're a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber, this purchase is perfect for you. Like I know for a fact that if World of Warcraft came to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, I'd probably hop on World of Warcraft again, honestly. Oh yeah, certainly. So I wouldn't have to worry about another subscription fee. It's like, oh, I'm already paying for Game Pass. I'll just hop on. Mm -hmm. And we'll be able to. Uh... Finally enjoy Halo, Call of Duty, Fallout, Elder Scrolls, all of the FPSs. Actually, I guess in I, one go. That literally is a good point. Is that you know it's funny to think about with the acquisition of Activision Blizzard, this would pose Microsoft as the dominant Western RPG slash shooter company. They would have you know, you're right, actually. I think that's why people are so afraid of, like, antitrust stuff. Now I think about it. Because they, they really do own a lot of FPSs now. One was, you know, uh, you know Bungie, now 343. Uh, one's an, acquis an acquisition. Another's an acquisition. But has two franchises that are FPSs. Oh, and, um... Uh, the new Starfield, right, is going to be FPS, right? It's, they advertise it as Skyrim in space, so. Okay. Well, yeah, no, now that, like, because Bethesda does a lot of RPGs, you know, Call of Duty has a bit of RPG elements with, uh, like, not, not really, but. It's probably a, few, a shooter. Like, yeah, you just level up your guns, and uh, Halo, uh, I don't know. Yeah, like, skin. Yeah, you get, like, this in purple. Which, uh, coincidentally... I'll put this as a sticker. From the old world to the new. I'll put these away now. <laughs> but yeah, like, you think about it. 
that's a big implication of that is that well the main implication is this one game pass ultimate members are gonna have a field day with this acquisition because they get more value for the subscription two you'll get rid of scumbags and then the higher up no, of activision blizzard no name is mentioned except for like three times this episode already yep However, the, the downside is, as Alpaca mentioned, is, you know, the consolidation of the gaming industry. Like, I feel like Microsoft at this point, if once they finish Activision Blizzard, they're probably going to be content for a while. Or they might go after something else. But I have a feeling they probably want to stay where they are, mostly to not upset the regulators as much. Is this good for the regulators? No. Is this good for the player, though? Hell yeah, especially for Game Pass user. Oh yeah, certainly. And that's the double-edged sword of the deal, deal here. It may not be as good for the regulator because they have a deal with, okay, this is a really massive acquisition here of Activision Blizzard, and he just bought freaking Bethesda. Yeah, not to mention that was last year, like you said, so they're doing it pretty rapidly, in a sense, you know? Yeah, I feel like with having 33, like 30 something studios now, because with one to add Activision Blizzard, they're going to have enough studios to start pumping games out for Game Pass on a consistent basis. Yeah. Especially if they can get some of those studios off the COD machine. What if they purchased EA <laughs> in the fall or something? You know what? <laughs> Just be like. Get me the fuck out of here. Well, the funny thing with EA is the fact that if you are a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber, you just get EA's thing for free. So you have access to all the EA games anyways. Oh, yeah, that's that's hilarious. Oh, my God. Now, Now that we bought EA, the Game Pass is still the same price. You get the most value for the consumer. Also, we're being sued. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. But the funny uh, thing about it too is that Activision Blizzard has a higher net value than Electronic Arts does. Shit. <laughs> so they bought the more valuable company than EA. Yeah. I get that. And, mostly, and that's the problem. I think it's the problem with the Call of Duty annual release cycle too is the fact that We've seen signs of the annual cycle just breaking down. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, if they did buy EA, they could release a Battlefield game and then release Call of Duty game the next year and then break the annual cycle in a sense. And then that that, that would hurt, though. That would hurt. But then you'd also have to realize that they'd have to free up Titanfall somehow, too, to break it up even more. Halo X Titanfall coming this summer. <laughs> no, I ser- I'm serious. If they could just buy them and then say, hey, by the way, Halo, uh, you, know, you remember how, uh, you know, those bastards made that, you know, spin off of our of our game? Well, we bought them up too, so fuck you. Anyway. You know, one thing to think about too is that if Microsoft did acquire another company, which one would I mean, not that we would want them to acquire anybody. But what company do you think would either A, be a better fit, or B, a be- or B what do you think would be most useful? 
man. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sega, I guess. I don't I, I don't know. One hundred percent agree with that, especially considering the fact that Xbox was originally supposed to have backward compatibility with the Dreamcast. It actually would make sense for Sega to be part of Microsoft's gaming empire. And they were doing that like uh, mega game or something that they were talking about with Microsoft. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna be a crystal ball gypsy or something, but. My god, if they buy EA in the fall, and then Sega decides to, you know, Sega x Microsoft or something, oh my god, I would just, like, I don't know. I'd, I, I would be excited, but I'd be like, this is not the world that I thought I would be in, and somehow I'm happier. <laughs> I think that the weirdest thing to think about is, like, with how Phil Spencer has been as like a very charismatic pro gamer person, yeah, it makes these acquisitions from Microsoft not as threatening. It's an odd no. feeling. No, not like a Molyneux or something, you know. Yeah, well, Molyneux was back during I think when Don Matrick. No, Don Matrick was later, but Phil Harrison, no. Is this good for the player? Mm. But yeah, I still have noticed too that Phil Spence has a really hot, good char charisma about him, and he's shown to be a very effective and wise leader at the same time. Yeah, certainly. I mean, you see how much he turned around that entire Xbox One generation after Don Magic left? Yeah, now he ripped the Kinect off of the Xbox One <laughs> and then decided, yeah. That was stupid. Let's not do it again. <laughs> and he now, literally has it because there's no Kinect camera on the Xbox anyways. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no. No, there isn't. New Xbox Series Z. Now a Kinect. God. Yep, I'm an it... American saying Z. Sorry. <laughs> now, I did have an idea if I did make a sequel Dreamcast. It would have, like, some Wii elements, but, like, the idea that the BMU would be your smartphone. And the idea that the, that you use your, the controller in a similar way that you use the Wii U gamepad. I see. Or, like, the Switch, in a sense, though, but not yeah. detachable. Kinda. But the idea is that, like, you have the VMU, quote-unquote, because, again, you can use a smartphone to do the same thing. And the idea that you have, like, the mini games like you would on the Dreamcast controller. So, the believe it or not, the memory cards for the Dreamcast actually had buttons on them, and you can actually play mini games on them, kind of like Tamagotchis. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like the Pokemeter from uh, Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Yeah. In fact, I'll be right back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get one for you. Just wait right there. Uh, wait. Yeah. Wait. Nope. Bye bye. Oh shit. Go away. Bye bye. Oh fuck. Uh, bye bye. Uh, trying to scoot. I'll just like um uh get a shotgun from Fallout Four.
See this lovely little control right here? You got Sorry. Yeah. This is the Dreamcast controller. Now, when I yank this memory card out, <laughs> notice Sorry. how there's a little set of mini buttons on the memory card? Looks like a little mini Game Boy. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, you actually yeah. use these to play little mini games on it. I didn't know. Oh my god, that's insane, actually. Like, were they, like, Tetris or, like, just kind of, like, meh, sort of, like, eh? They'd actually relate with whatever game that is on the memory card. For instance, like, if you had, like, Sonic Adventure. Oh my god, that's fucking cool. You get, like, a mini, a chow interaction sort of thing. On the VMU. so fucking cool. Oh my god. So... They don't. They didn't hold a lot of space, but you could actually have like little mini games on them, and that was kind of kind of a mini secondary display. So like, you actually get a little screen right at the controller here. So sometimes certain acts will happen in the game, and like mini things will happen. Nothing crazy, but like minor things. Oh yeah, no, but that's that is cool to me, honestly. Oh my god, why don't consoles do that anymore? Why can't we have companion apps for our companion apps? <laughs> but. From the Xbox. Why can't the Xbox have like a little screen that just like goes <laughs> and then it just shows like a I don't know uh I don't know a Rad Roche being killed. I was gonna say an image of Felix. <laughs> Felix is um and it would just like, you know, um Oh my god! Yeah, no. Um, no. What, what if it? What if you got a headshot in COD and it would just pop up and be like headshots rock or something like that? Right. Hard to really say, but yeah. Would be interesting to think about here. Um, but overall, yeah. just looking at the Microsoft acquisition in general, I feel in general this is a. I mean. With with Phil Spencer at the head of Xbox and seeing the changes that he've implemented for autonomous teams and everything like that, I feel mm -hmm. like this is going to be a good thing. Definitely. Um, now, if it was as he mentioned that Facebook bought it or whatever, it would be more of a shame. If 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 fucking Facebook bought Activision Blizzard, oh my god, I would just like I don't know what. Why would they need to? What are they gonna make like Escape from Tarkov clones? Or Pavlov, I mean, not Escape from Tarkov. Sorry. But and then if Google bought them, well, they'd force them on the stadium. That would be terrible for an FPS. <laughs> yeah. Uh I just need to ask you one side one thing. Uh so we're gonna move on to uh JM or the controversy right so while all the cool stuff you know with the acquisition size there's still a rotting corpse within oh yes there is still you know there can there are silver-tongued silver-forked uh snakes still scattered around the grass and uh like uh, there's a lot of poison ivy. 
So you're either getting uh, venom poisoning or itchy for the rest of the day. Yeah, something crazy like that is gonna happen. And you won't be able to build anything, I guess, like those anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Right. So currently opening up all these articles here because we have a story. We have another story to tell. And uh, once, yes, and it's, yes, plus. Once I get all these articles in place, then we'll I'll sum everything up. Okay. And we'll give our thoughts on everything as a whole, logical whole. So we start our tale of the Activation Blizzard saga of this session. Yes. With the Lego Overwatch t- set. And what the, what's happening here is that due to Activision Blizzard's conduct, they're actually delaying the set till a future date. And the reason, yeah, is that, as Lego says, we are currently reviewing our partnership with Activision Blizzard, given concern about the progress being made to address continuing allegations regarding workplace culture, especially the treatment of female colleagues and creating a diverse, inclusive environment. And then you can see the set down here, which I also think this is a pretty decent looking set for what it looks like. Naturally, it's hard, even, you know. Yeah, for all I got said. Yeah. That's what I mean, like, for what it's supposed to be, this seemed like it was going to be a good set, but naturally, you know, fuck Bobby Kotick the whole nine yards. Yeah. Why shove him in the nine-inch pole? And then afterwards, we see that, we find out that not only that, we find out that Bobby Kotick at one point thought he wanted to buy gaming sites like Kotaku and PC Gamer. And the reason it does this is that according to Wall Street Journal, uh, Mr. Cock has been eager to change the public narrative about the company and in recent weeks has suggested Activision would make some kind of acquisition, including of gaming trade publications like Kotaku and PC Gamer. And it pretty much said that, in sum up, he wanted to buy media companies to try to spin the Activision Blizzard PR into a more positive direction, which if people catch that one, good luck with that. Blizzard is corrupt. That is corrupt. Exactly. And then, a little bit later in the week, we also find that Activision Blizzard pushes out dozens of employees over workplace conduct, so... I'm going to have to subscribe to Wall Street Journal. Just kidding. I'm not doing that right now. I I get what you mean. How many free articles? None. <laughs> Anyways. We uh, use them up all in one month anyway. Screw us, right? <laughs> I'll I'll find that story during our discussion. Um, anyways. Damn you, paper boy. I actually have it if you want me to screen share. Oh, no. I have to subscribe to read the full story. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, same thing. <laughs> And then Mike Ivara made art a blog on Blizzard saying, putting our teams and players at the forefront with everything we do. And he, it's just a statement that he made. And he's mentioning a lot of different things on here. Oh, boy. It's definitely humble. Look at this. We're measuring our executive and management teams directly against culture improvement. 
And this means their and my own success and compensation will directly depend on our overall success in creating a safe, inclusive, and creative work environment at Blizzard. We're dedicating more full-time roles and resources to improving our culture. All too often, this important part effort falls to employee resource groups, but people who already have full-time jobs. A few of the leadership positions we've established for this new team include a culture leader who will help us maintain the best aspects of what we have today and change and evolve where needed to ensure everyone brings their best self to Blizzard. A new organizational leader for human resources who will build trust and empower our teams and help foster a safe, positive work environment for everyone. A diversity, equity, inclusion leader solely focused on our progress across multiple efforts in this area. And they mentioned that we are committed to staffing against teams as a priority. They also tripled the size of their compliance investigation teams and have articulated clear accountability for unacceptable behavior. This deploys to all employees at Blizzard, including leadership and management. They have shared representation data internally with their teams and have set goals around improvement across these metrics. We put in place an upward feedback program so that employees have confidence in evaluating management and we will use this to measure the quality and effectiveness of our managers. And some other PR speak down here. But this seems like if this is actually... If, if this is actually true, then, yeah, it seems definitely some effort. Like, he specifically mentions, oh, we tripled the size of their accountability team. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, it's really difficult to cleanse the well that's been poisoned. But, I mean, hey, I, I hope that uh, they're... I, I just hope that this shines new light on it, you know, that, uh, I mean, I know that they've been trying and blah, 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 but besides that, I'd, I'd hope that there's more to it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I like this guy, he's a Bobby Connick, so there we go. He seems yeah, like he's... a sense of fixing, yeah. <laughs> like, there's actually explanation. Yeah, it's so just can... sad that, you know, um, all of this, you know, a lot of people aren't really impressed. I know. <laughs> right, Un unless you look at a Bob Kotick, who, there's a report that said that he's been, that he was part of a meeting that left Activision Blizzard staffers unimpressed and worried, and this is because... Yeah, Microsoft would be trying to pretend many places possible, and that he plans to get CEO until the deal closed, blah, 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 we all know this. And once you get down, it says this, I can tell you that my commitment to the company is to remain in my role. Once the deal closes, what I've committed to Microsoft is I will stay as long as necessary to ensure that we have a great integration and a great transition. Pretty much my translation of this last line here, Microsoft looking at him, and he's like, nope. He doesn't even have this apologetic, or at least, uh, you know, it doesn't even seem uh, with any sort of uh, heart to it, you know? But I can tell you, like, this last quote, I can tell you that my commitment to the company is to remain in my role. Once the deal closes, what I've committed... I'll stay as long as necessary. That doesn't 
speak to, you know, wh what do you mean that your role, like, as CEO or as, you know, like, I know that that, you know, that's part of it, but it's, I don't know, it's not very, um, it's very, like, almost neutral in a sense. You don't know, yeah, you, you don't really know what that really means, like, remain in my role. He doesn't confirm or deny whether that means he would take a different moral stance or ugh, whatever. You know, I mean, I know he's got enough money to, you know, not even care about it. But Yeah, you scroll down the article here, and you can see that the Washington Post source was similarly pessimistic about Kotick's willingness to fix the issues of the company. This is what it said. He likened activists to be as important as his children, and I feel like he will not let go of it. With no mention of the strike, lawsuit, or any of the continuing issues, there may as well have not been a Q&A at all. We could have read a Presley and slept an extra 15 minutes. Isn't that true? Like, this doesn't, like, from what I, oh, sorry, some article just unmuted itself, or some advertisement unmuted itself. Uh, like, from, from what it, you know, what it seems, it, it's, it's literally, uh, as the Washington Post, like, Put it a fireside chat it has no relevancy or meaning to it it, it seems you know yeah and if you look, to look, to look down that last paragraph there Connick was late for the session it was only 16 minutes long yeah so literally not only did he say something that didn't seem to put much empathy it honestly was late <laughs> <laughs> he was late and tardy and had no care or respect for his, any of the employees. It's like, I just want to remain a CEO. That's it. Bye. Mm hmm. But the whole, the whole saga contains a little bit more. And, and Activision Blizzard has, as an employees at Raven Software, who've been going on strike. Mm hmm. I think we might discuss this a, a while ago too, but you can see here that it's gonna likely be a union that's gonna form up from this, and yeah, that could be a huge implication in its own right. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he's waiting for you know, like honestly, I think with you know with. You know, Activision, and I, I know that Kodak is just waiting for a, you know, his train ticket out of there when, you know, when everything settles. And, like, he, he, he really just doesn't, uh, he doesn't really need to care about all this change coming to the company because he's gotten away with this for so long, I guess, you know? <laughs> Yeah, the studios will all be integrated into a Microsoft Studios core, that, and then all the studios can, can actually make game they want to make and not be shelved into a con, con machine. It, it's just, it. it's akin to leaving a burning ship and having the rats, you know, uh, drift wood out of there, I guess. <laughs> and then we continue on a little bit further into the whole mess, and this is the 
part of the union that Raven Software is a part of. And you can see over here, I don't know why this is popping up, but okay. Um, Workers Act, Mr. Blizzard's Raven Software, and Strike Action Fall Union Push. So, I mean, again, having a union in the company would be nice because then they can advocate for better rights and protection and all the other good stuff that unions usually have. Okay, not right. Yeah. Alright. I always thought I didn't hear you for a second, but anyways. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I Sometimes I touch my face by accident and it makes the uh, cam, it makes the software believe I am opening my mouth. That's fine. Um, anyways. So you hear that, again, the union, that's going to be nice to know that, you know, they're going to have their rights protected and all that other good stuff. But... The most, but one of the more interesting things that happened, it's kind of a little outside of the realm of this, but I've heard from other articles that mention this new survival game, and that from what I heard, employees were actually really excited about this game. Oh yeah, I saw that on the um, one of the websites. Let me try to find that again. Yeah, there was that uh. This one? Yes, create a new universe with us. Yeah, I know about that. So, is that what you're talking about? That one? Yeah. So, there's another article. I don't have it on hand. But I'm sure if you guys are curious about it, you can find it. But it details this whole survival game that they're going to make. And this is going to be an entire different universe outside of Warcraft, Overwatch, Starcraft, Diablo. It's a, another main IP. And looking at it, it's just, yeah, I mean, this seems, like, if you throw up the artwork, it, you can definitely see it has a bit of a modern flair on the top, but, like, a fantastical world down underneath. So it looks like there's going to be a mix of fantasy and modern elements to this survival game. Looks, like, very much like uh, Alice falling down into a hole, you know, but instead it's... I guess a brother and a sister, I guess. Kind. Or some type of couple of people, you know, going down a hill and finding a world beyond their beyond the beyond the realm of possibility to me. Yeah. And and then if you go down, I don't know if this is Warcraft or not, but it looks like the idea is is that you are gonna be integrated in this new survival world. And you're gonna be gathering equipment and shit. It's like you would like a Minecraft or any of these other games. It's very reminiscent of Monster Hunter, yeah. in my opinion. So it looks like there's gonna be elements of Monster Hunter and Rust. Well, without the Nui Diddy. Mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's gonna be elements of all the different characters. Wow. All these different games. Jeez. <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. I... Wow. 
So there may be elements of Monster Hunter because you see the open fields and like, okay, there's gonna be a giant dragon flying down, or there's gonna be elements of like Rust or any of these other survival games because you have to like survive. What is this mirror? If you look over to the right, um, right next to Art, it's it shows a mirror of some sort, or maybe a portal, like a Mar almost more like Mario sixty four, uh, maybe. Yeah, uh, maybe there is a thing that you could kind of cross the, between the different aspects of the world using this portal, something like a fast travel thing. And I like, don't know what these oily footprints are. <laughs> they look like oil in a in a sense, like you know, oil is like rainbowy. Yeah. Maybe Danos, Danos, uh, I mean, I don't know if there's like a female hunter character Diablo, but based off what I'm seeing, this definitely doesn't look like that either. So this is definitely yeah. part of the new IP, most likely. And and I associate it with part of the new IP too. But yeah, I didn't think it had much significance, but it probably could be used like a dimension hopper thing where you can kind of like fast travel back to your home base or something like that. I personally wouldn't be surprised. I just see all this like uh, almost uh, uh, not really caveman, but you know that like. Uh, the point where there's civilization, but there's it's not really like uh, medieval, I guess, but not medieval and like knights of shining armor. It's more like uh, you know, actually, honestly, the art design looks a bit reminiscent of Avatar in, in my kind of opinion. But I haven't seen Avatar the last like Avatar the Last Airbender, not uh, you know the James Cameron Avatar. Avatar. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of that with all the weirdish elements that are not outlandish, but not of this, not of this world, you know. Yeah, usually the art stuff for a lot of Blizzard games are kind of similar to this in many ways. Yeah, but um, I don't know, just like uh, the whole forest in the background with the strange trees that are almost look like fireflies or. But not really their leaves, but they could be both. It, almost like uh, the Lost Woods from Ocarina of Time or something. That makes I wouldn't sense. actually. Yeah, that's the exact era that I'm thinking of. It's like Monster Hunter or Legend of Zelda type uh, landscapes and uh, places. I wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of the area. Matter of fact, this uh, person has a tunic on almost. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, especially this survival game. Wouldn't be surprised if something you either killed, like, some bandage or something for, or, like, crafted it or something like that. Blizzard Breath of the Wild. Woo! Blizzard Breath of the Wild. <laughs> anyway, something like that. Blizzard Breath of the Wild featuring Seaman. Featuring, um, uh, the pre-works of humans, which are humanoid fish. But... <laughs> In, in facial feature. Does it also walk. feature Knuckles? You know, anything is possible at this time. I wouldn't be surprised if I got attacked by, like, a giant red cicada or something. Or whatever the fuck Knuckles is. He is... Uh, isn't he, like, an empanada or something? A, a kidna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's a deep fried taco or something. I'm I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm saying. I, I just realized it's not. Jeez. A... 
you just you definitely got thought of that you got like, you gotten referenced by all the memes more so. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. <sighs> you probably thought you got Knuckles was legit Knuckles the entire time. I don't know if Knuckles is a hedgehog or like, I, I don't know. Well, he's he's like, Knuckles is a kid now. Oh, okay. That's why I'm having like brain farts calling him an empanada. He's an echidna. I don't know what those are, though. Ah, don't worry. We'll have time to look up that soon. Oh my god, it's like a... It's like a... Uh... It's like a hedgehog that bred with a peacock and a platypus. Hmm. What the fuck? Anyways. Right. But you can see, like, but go back to the Activision Blizzard part itself. Like, you can see all the different oh, yeah, roles. No, it's okay. You can see all the different roles they have here. You have environmental artists and senior character artists and all this other stuff. See. Naturally, I don't think... If I had to take a guess with how the PR is, if any of the people know of Activision Blizzard right now, they're probably not going to lean towards Activision Blizzard right now. They're probably going to wait more so to like 2023. <laughs> but then, freedom is at the mercy of Mr. Spencer. <laughs> right. At least Mr. Really. Spencer. At least Mr. He's Spencer. A nice person. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, at least Mr. Spencer seemed like he would be better than Mr. Cottage. Are you sure about that? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, then again, if you're going to treat all your stu studios autonomously, let's let them do their own thing. Are you sure? Somebody has to be the kidney. And somebody has to be the heart. Somebody has to be the brain. This is Anatomy 101, Mr. Hydro. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like if this was a movie, my character would start glitching out and turning to like a Doki Doki Literature Club character, just like glitching out and then buzzing around the screen like a maniac, like just up. Oh, well, one second. Like I just, and then all of a sudden he's right behind you, looking at you through that window. He pro your character will probably just morph into Demonica anyways because of how glitchy your character would be. Yeah, especially when I'm, like, not looking at the camera. My eyes go, like, sideways, and then my mouth is just completely wide open. And I become ten times bigger or smaller, depending on the situation. <laughs> and then when your character's listening to music, the ca the character's transformed into Hatsune Miku. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> ah, the amount of hair... Some reason... Some reason I have this like stupid thing in my head where Hatsune Miku is singing "Video Killed the Radio Star." Hi. <laughs> God left the server. <laughs> anyway, welcome I, to I, yeah. I say, welcome to Gaga, the show where heresy just runs amok. <laughs> I love how. Looking at it from a distance, 
I have like fangs, but it's really just the my like top lips on the character. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, do you have anything else to say about Activision Blizzard, or...? No. Alright, then enough of that, we can move on to the next topic. <laughs> and our next article for today is the fact that we have the passing of John Madden. Now, before we get started with this article, I just want to disclose that both myself and Flufopaka are not that big of sports game fans. No, not by much. But, um, uh, you can go ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay. But we do know that his impact, not only to, you know, sports, but also video games, is very significant. So, I'm just going to read this out to you. This announcement from the NFL themselves. Earlier today, we received the sad news that the great John Madden died unexpectedly this morning. He was 85. On behalf of the entire NFL community... We extend our condolences to Virginia, Mike, Joe, and their families. We all know him as the Hall of Fame coach of the Oakland Raiders and a broadcaster who worked for every major network. More than anything, he was a devoted husband, father, and grandfather. Nobody loved the football more than the coach. He was football. He was an incredible sounding board to me and so many others. There will never be another John Madden, and we will forever be indebted to him and for all he did to make football and the NFL what it is today. So this was back during December 28th of last year, which as many of you know, well, we were just doing holiday stuff. So, obviously, um, and, uh, a few other stuff, things, I guess. Exactly. And then, you know, uh, <sighs> this news broke out, um. Can I uh, go on about it? Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, so, um, a part of it was, um, it, it really, like, the, it was the end of the year, and this started, you know, th this news started popping up, and, uh, uh I, you know, we already said that we're not really much of sports fans, but uh, I, I know I know that John Madden was very um, well renowned for who he was, especially as you know this, uh, you know this announcement says you know nobody loved football more than a coach, and he was football. I know his impact on this entire sport as a whole um, was, you know, I, I, w I wouldn't be surprised if football was uh, less of a thing if he wasn't part of it. You know, if he was just another, uh, I don't know, industrial worker or something, you know, if he was just uh, working any other job and just being another you know person uh, you know the, the whole sport of football in America would probably be less of a pastime than you know what you know and like 
the Super Bowl probably would either be not a thing or something that not many people get around together with popcorn and uh, platters and stuff to, you know, enjoy and be excited every time something happens. So, right. I, I, I give my condolences as well. And personally, it's... Uh, Uh, I give my heart to people who were close, either in actual closeness or as in uh, great fans of the coach. You know, yeah. That that even though, uh, even though you know, the, the coaches. <clears throat> past he's the spirit of football and as long as football is alive he most certainly should uh, his spirit will live on right as i was gonna say is that yeah football would always been popular it's been a mainstay probably for the last like 50 something years at this point and it was still been popular but i'm sure that you know the main thing that we knew him for, especially, was for the Madden games. And in fact, from what I've heard, he actually had some input in the development of the early Madden games. Like he suggested, like the player counts for like the the players and everything for like the early Madden games. So he had a huge impact on that. Yeah, I I didn't uh, I didn't know right away that he was such an influence to the actual video games and the balancing of the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the whole series of Madden NFL, you know, I know his, his name was attached to it, but I wouldn't have expected him to almost be part of the Q and A or not Q and A, uh, uh, quality, like, uh, the, the, um, you know, team balancing department. I would have just, expect it to be a name brand, you know, kind of. But the idea of somebody who's that passionate that even the idea of a virtual version of, you know, football, it's it's astounding to me, you know, that uh, it's, you know, that that's how, how passionate he is, that he even made sure that the games that have his name tied to it are suited to his liking and that the teams are balanced the way he believes they should. Right. Um, yeah, that just shows that, you know, football was John Madden. You know, football was what John Madden loved and uh, he is... I hope this upcoming Super Bowl, um, this year they, we see the, the pouring of hearts of fans, throughout the, um, entire season as well. Of you course, know? and once again to all the Madden family and all the fans of football, and the NFL organization. We wish you all the best and hope you could all, you know. We all pay our respects to what is a legendary icon for the sport. 
But while we tell the sombering news of, you know, the football game, we can then also move on quickly to the fact that EA is currently trying to reevaluate their Battlefield 2042 because it performed so poorly that it's looking at all of its options and they're even thinking of making it free to play. Which... Yeah. This is, um, according to Tom Henderson, who is a well, well known leaker in the uh, video game community, usually around stuff like. Uh, wait, hold on. Is it, is this the right person? That this Tom Anderson is the leaker is the leaker, right? I, but I would think so. I mean, he, it because, says much that he tweets about video games, freelance writer, various sites. Because I know that he, um, yes, this, this is the right person. I apologize, uh, but I know that he like him and uh, a few other people. Uh, around that subject of like uh you know new like leaking uh, leaked game news you know um it, this is all you know speculation as far as you know rumors but this kind of also sheds a bit of light on how uh how um battlefield 2042 um kind of sheds light on just how bad it is. Right. Uh, and, on, you know the... and I was just looking down, and one of the funny points I mentioned, if you scroll down the, the Twitter page here, you can see even the official Modern Warzone commented on it. Uh, well, I guess it's a YouTuber, but still. He commented on something, but clearly yeah, it's, uh, it caught steam. Modern Warzone is uh, is also one of those leakers that I was mentioning. There's him, um, I believe the Gaming Revolution, and Tom Anderson are well-renowned. There's a few others that I can't name off the top of my head, but they, um, uh, they definitely, um, they definitely, um, know a lot more than the usual you know that that what's really told you know yeah uh th through the 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 corporations i guess you know what, what they actually say versus what ah, fuck how do how do i say this like uh they're leakers i guess yeah they they have inside information <laughs> but want to just quick do a quick speculation on something like looking at battlefield being free to play what do you think this could mean for the industry now that you'll have one of the biggest shooters potentially being free to play? Uh, me? Uh, I, uh, you, you know, um, so, uh, when it comes to all the options, including free to play in some capacity, so I, I'm a little concerned what that really means because does this mean like a Warzone type game or like Call of Duty Warzone uh, in some capacity, you know, um, as an actual like just making the entire like game free to play, which, you know, I mean, I'd feel bad for the people who, you know, 
paid for it in the first place, but... Yeah. Like, when you think about, like, you know, making the game free-to-play and whatnot, obviously, I remember this, too, like, some of the games, like, especially when you think of... There are various games I know that would go free-to-play, they try to compensate, like, okay, we're gonna do this, if early adopters, you get this. If they can pull that off, great. But, if not... It'll be a massive sting to early adopters, and it'll make them not want to play the game or secret no. ones. I uh, would be ashamed if sorry. I, I would be ashamed if they made it free to play without any early adoption uh, reward. I guess in a sense, you know. Yeah, but also, could this potentially put some pressure on something like a Call of Duty? that would probably make them want to make up their main multiplayer mode free-to-play if this actually does well. COD Mobile is already free-to-play, and it's popular, more popular than uh, Vanguard, honestly, right now, as far as I am aware. Uh, there's more players on COD Mobile, apparently. I mean, I know because it's free-to-play, of course, there's going to be more traffic, more accessibility. Uh, but, you know, people see Call of Duty as a franchise and they, like, you know, the, the reason why people buy it every every release, they're hyped, hyped for it. Um, you know, personally, I, like, Call of Duty as a franchise, I know, has been, um, it hasn't been well received. And a lot of people have been, like, people that you know, are COD YouTubers. I follow a few of them. Uh, I know that they uh, have been outspoken at the lack of um, things to do and reasons to play. So I, I wonder if they did something like that. Like if EA made Battlefield a free-to-play you know, shooter, I'd, you know, one, I'd be afraid about the freemium parts of it, you know, like, uh, mostly cosmetics, but, loot boxes, yeah, uh, loot boxes, you know, supply drops, I guess, um, and coming back to Call of Duty would be even worse, uh, but then again, I know some people actually are wondering what was better were loot boxes or battle passes better or worse or vice versa you know and i don't know which <laughs> i don't know because um you know there's nostalgia of supply drops and getting the weapon out of the slot machine and then there's earning it through the battle pass which feels like a a grind for some people but uh, i mean I mean, I don't know. If Battlefield went free-to-play, though, like, going back to Battlefield, I mean, it would... It'd be different, I know, because I know Battlefield has always tried to be the slightly more tactical version of Call of Duty, in a sense. Like, not, not like, you know, not like Call of Duty, of course. I know Call of Duty has been a lot more... Uh, faster paced and with battlefield you have to really watch yourself especially in big team battles and stuff like that um 
but I know recently it's been they've been trying to emulate a more aggressive play style, uh, making it more viable for the people who do enjoy Call of Duty. Uh, but then you have Warzone, which Modern Warfare has always had this like tactical, like you have to be slower and you know camping is much more viable because of the footsteps being so loud that it's mm -hmm. better to just stay s still and then wait for people. Um, I don't know. Right. Um, Battlefield being free to play would probably open up a bit more skill gap, I guess, to, uh, you know, uh, people... Because uh, Warzone is a completely different... Um, game to modern warfare you know warzone uh, like uh, as a uh, battle royale is big open maps feels a bit more like battlefield with how there's much wider open maps uh then there's the whole anti-cheat thing you know because mm -hmm. if it's free you can just make a new account you know uh so i mean then again EA, DICE, if you want to get Alpaca to play this game, just do one thing. Just include some anime skins and you're good to go. Oh. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, we although EA is also doing other things, such as announcing a partnership with Lucasfilm Games to make some Star Wars games. And the studio they're handling all this with is none other than Respawn, who did the Jedi Fallen Order game and was released with very positive reviews. Oh yeah, Respawn, the people behind like Titanfall and stuff, Apex. Mm-hmm. That, well. uh, that Respawn. Yeah. The, like, weren't they like a, a, like a, a skeleton crew of like uh, Call of Duty, uh, developers that I believe the, so. uh, like uh, Vincent Pella I think right yeah yeah um okay yep and you can see in the uh, press release here they have Vince Van Pella actually overseeing the EA relationship with Lucasfilm and we also are going to see some games and one of them is that well, their game director, Stig, I assume, uh, Asmussen, is going to work on the next event Jedi Fallen Order game. Which, great. And they're also going to have a new first-person shooter. And the last is that they're going to act support as a to, a, to Bit Reactor for a strategy game. So let's just take a look, let's do a quick look at each of these games. So let's start with the sequel to the Jedi Fallen Order. Certainly. Like for someone like you who's more into the single player sort of games. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, I haven't been too much exposed to Fallen Order. Is it very story esque? Uh, like. Um, it is a is very it more story, story driven. It is, yeah. It is a it is a more story driven game, and it has like Metroidvania elements to it. 
Oh, I see. All right then. Um, okay, so like a like a bit more of a uh, puzzly version of uh, for the Force Unleashed, right? Kinda, yeah. And a little bit more focus on uh, how to get there that instead of uh, when to uh, find the next group of baddies to slaughter. I believe so. Yeah. All right then. Um, so, so like I said, I haven't been. Uh, introduced to Fallen Order, but um, it's funny too with me at least. I was actually gifted Star Wars Fallen Order on Steam, and then I also have it out through Game Pass. Okay, um, but at the possible in in conclusion of a spoiler war warning, do you think they could build off of it as either a prequel or a sequel? Because if they're uh, making a, a sequel to it, you know. I haven't played the game myself, even though I have the game, so I have no idea how they would take it. But okay, then. But I but seeing that this game, you know, actually did well for EA, is one a good thing because it shows that EA is not going to just complete double down service based games, and they can actually take time with single player games. Space crates, Battlefront Two, EA. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, now with new to... NFT skins. Sorry. <laughs> and two, the funny thing with this game, they never added loot boxes to this game at all. They just left it alone. Okay, I see. So, but and then what? Changes all. Sorry. <laughs> um, let's just go. Let's, all right. Let's just move on to the next part. The first person shooter. Uh, yes. Now, they did say in this article that this is not a Battlefront game. Okay. It's going to be its own thing. Now, All some right. people may think this may, could be possibly of a Republic Commando game possibly coming through, but I have no idea what this could potentially be. I would lean more towards this potentially being a new IP. Let me look up Republic Commando. Uh, let's take an idea of that. Um... um I mean, I wouldn't be too surprised if it's, like, a very polished version of something very much similar to Republic Commando. Um, but for me, uh, I, as, you know, I, I'm a very story-oriented sort of guy, so I'd hope that it would build off of, like, making certain parts of the extended universe canon again. <laughs> Yeah. Because there's a lot of stuff in the extended universe that has just been axed because of the, uh, the Disney uh, acquisition, you know, mm. uh, including uh, Starkiller, you know. Um, sorry, Star I'm still Order salty about 13. that. Yep, I am still salty about all that shit because that was part of why I was so intrigued at Star Wars is because although... George Lucas, you know, most of the uh, uh, names were very spin-offs of like kind of like uh, you know you, you know Darth and Darth Vader, you know Dark Invader sort of stuff. Even though they're very uh, um, you know simple concepts, I guess uh, good and evil sort of stuff like that, and the you know the fall and uh, finding your you know the overpowering the dark side sort of stuff overpowering your evil it, 
it is expanded into a giant universe that has so many intriguing stories and so much lore that I'd love to see it come back. Um, mm. There was a cancelled sequel, uh, Star Wars Imperial Commando, 501st. Uh, wait, hold on a second. No, that was the novel, sorry. Um, there was a comic, I think, or a novel, that was Star Wars Imperial Commando 501st. And that was after the cancelled sequel, so I would, I would not mind if they tried to do something in relation to that. Right, but then you look down the further article. It says working working with Lucasfilm on a new FPS in the Star Wars galaxy. So it looks like this could potentially be in more of a new line of a new IP rather than an existing IP. Yeah, and. Um. And the, looking at this further, it says, as this is a story I've always wanted to tell. Which, to me, even further, this is probably something that someone was really excited to tell. This is, an entirely, this is looking like an entirely new first-person shooter, Star Wars. That could be more story-driven. I see. Probably think, I'm thinking more of this could be similar in lines with, like, the Titanfall 2 campaign. Now I get what you're saying, okay, yeah, um, yeah, that does kind of tell me a bit more about, like, it's not gonna be related to much other than, um, a, a character that might have been, you know, but never was, I guess, you know, yeah. untold story, you know. <laughs> I mean, could it be a? Could it still be something like a Republic Commando? Possibly, but I'm leaning this could possibly be a new IP. Yeah. Um, I, either way, uh, I don't know. It's it's a. It, we, we can only speculate, you know. Yeah. As far as far as it goes, you know. And that yeah, that could be said about this strategy game. Like, yeah, the strategy game. Is it going to be XCOM, or is it going to be, like, Fire Emblem-ish, or is it going to be, like, uh, tactical? First person, or third person? <laughs> I would think... No, I think what... I think... You're think I think what this is probably going to be... It could be something similar to, like, a turn-based strategy game. It's probably going to be a turn-based strategy game. Okay. I think it would be similar to, like, how... Or maybe like a more similar to maybe like a StarCraft. Maybe. In which that is kind of isometric game and you deploy your troops and you just watch each other. Oh. So. So kind of like uh. Alright, I get what you're saying. Because I. I, I know there are a few, like, old-school DOS games that are kind of like that, that were, like, send out the troops, and they go throughout the space and shoot things, I guess, but yeah, only gonna... half of them return. Yeah, it's probably gonna be something like that. Like, I'm thinking more, like, civilization, and, like, maybe not without the city-building aspects, but I'm thinking more like, hey, you're gonna command this troop to this troop, and you're gonna, like, try and figure out how they kill the other person. So it's gonna be more so using utilizing... Like terrain and everything like that to your advantage. So yeah, 
it could be more like a fire emblem. It could be more like that, but I don't. But fire emblem has a lot of romance elements and support bonuses, so I don't think it's going to be like fire emblem. And that it could potentially be fire emblem in terms of combat mechanics, but I'm not expecting Love it to be like. Eh? <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> I love you, Padme. Okay. How about your, you and your X-Wing uh, come conjoin my Y-Wing? I don't okay. fucking know. So, Sorry. think this game, but without the waifu and anime dating stuff. Uh, and, like, bad things. So, I guess. Yeah, like, think of it like Fire Mode with th that Three Houses game, but without the heresy. I see. <laughs> Alright. And while no. all this, yeah, and while all this Star Wars stuff is great, we could also talk about quickly the new Crisis game that's proposed coming out. Okay. So, in a press release from Crytek, they're saying how they're pleased to announce that they're working on a new Crisis game. And they're just, it's just, they're just basically just announcing it, and there's a trailer down here. But a fourth installment of the Crisis series will be interesting to see, especially because if we can get this to, you know, work, you know, as what it was originally, which was practically a PC gaming benchmark. Yeah. <laughs> to, to think it went from, um, uh, Melt to, uh, now with RTX, uh, updates <laughs> with the remastered edition. Yeah. But honestly, seeing a new Crisis game could be pretty cool. Like, I haven't played, I mean, I'm gonna come out a lot of time, I'm gonna seem like I'm not a gamer, but that's probably because a lot of these shooting games I actually haven't played. I've mostly been more geared toward, like, RPGs and stuff like that. Well, you're, you're not the, you're not a shooter genre sort of like player you know that's fine some people actually only enjoy platformers and more old schooler type of uh genres you know it's fine by me oh and and <laughs> and mario odyssey of course it's like comparing two apples it's like pick which game is the better game You're missing one, Dead or Alive, Yoga Edition. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I meant to say, um, fuck what? What's that? That uh, uh, beach game with like the, the ball. I forgot what it was called. When I forgot. But... It's a, it was a beach. I know it's a Dead or Alive game, but yeah, I should maybe I should get the maybe I should gift you the latest Dead or Alive game. I'm blocking you on Steam. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, so let's get back to Crisis real quick. Um, yeah, this will be amazing to see, especially if it can be like a good game that also could be a GPU melter. Now, I did also know that Crisis One was actually a more open game, and then as you get to the later Crisis game, it became more linear. So the question is, do you think this Crisis game should be more of an open game or more of a linear game? I mean, it really depends because it, it is a working title and they don't really show much other than a scene. Like, I, I don't know much about Crisis, but like there's a melting 
tunnel or tunnel what am i saying planet <laughs> and then there is uh you know some sort of like uh it looks like cities that are or pillars that are rising and then explodes like some sort of ray ray beam you know i mean oh and then there's these weird like geode magnet crystals that form into something like a chain link it doesn't really tell you much but whatever it is set to be i mean i wouldn't mind a return to formula with a more open world sort of um open-ended sort of uh crisis because i only truly really know the very beginning on that like sort of like tropical part with like the the huts and you know that that place with the uh the turtles and the um uh like it's a it's a very it's very much like Far Cry 3-ish sort of uh, terrain. Um, it's more of an island-esque. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't mind to see something that's like, choose your kind of way around this uh, objective instead of, uh, you know, one linear way of doing the... Uh, you know, matter of fact, having a little bit of choices or... You know, not even dip, not even different endings, but like have uh, slight changes that make the uh, story kind of yours in a sense. Like, um, it, you know, in the very end of the game, it doesn't matter if you help somebody or not, but that was your story, you know, and they're alive in the end to be at your funeral, sort of thing. If you if your character dies in the end, you know. Right, I hear you. Or maybe just do like a more Halo Infinite approach, or like, or like a Far Cry approach, where you're like, "Hey, just take different ways of accomplishing the same task." Cause oh yeah. Because Crisis does have like many different abilities, like you have camouflage and all of this stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this now that you mention it, because I, I do know that I do know that they're the the suit that the soldier wears uh, does have a lot of like you know. There's the invisibility cloak. There's you know a few other things. Yeah, maybe they could, uh, uh, maybe you could accrue different, uh, upgrades throughout the, sort of like, uh, Metroid, uh, when you, up, when you get the rocket, uh, cannon sort of thing for your arm launcher. Maybe, uh, yeah. So, something like that. Right. And, well, let's do Crisis Gaming Great too. Let's also shift over to the... UK tackling Xbox subscription practices. Oh yes, this is, um, this is probably a probably one of the bigger things um, uh, about uh, idle subscriptions, which I thoroughly despise because they siphon money out of your account for something you're not doing. Uh, so. Uh, Changes relate to Microsoft practices in relation to automatic renewal for contracts, on like blah blah blah. Um, so they're offered as memberships, which are often entered into auto renewal basis. Uh, that means it's auto, it rolls over at the end of each contract period, um, unless you actively take steps to stop a subscription. Now, I don't get it why. You have to buy a gift card to manually do it every month. Why can't I just like not cancel it as 
why why does it have to be a subscription is all I'm saying. Why can't I just cancel it at the day of? So this really kind of roots down into, you know, my thought just oh I I don't like it at all sort of thing. Um and so as part of an investigation in the online console video game sector, the Competition and Markets Authority, CMA, um, identified concerns about certain features of Microsoft's auto-renewing subscriptions. In particular, whether it was clear up front that contracts would automatically renew, how easy it was to turn off the automatic renewal, which, let me just tell you, it is a bitch. You have to, you have to log into your account on, on Microsoft.com, uh, and then you have to go and you have to literally manually cancel it. You can't just say, no, I don't want to pay for this when the time comes. There's not a pop-up on your Xbox that says, time to renew, otherwise you're kicked off a of gold or ultimate or game pass or something. Uh, and whether pe people may have not realized that they were still paying for services they no longer used. Uh, this is, you know, part of it as well. It's just they don't really tell you that you know, they tell you it's going to automatically renew, but my god, it's it's like, what if you never want to do, do Game Pass? What if you're just going to completely play Warzone all day, every day on your Xbox? You know, that's a that's kind of something that's I've ran into, not like I've won no life to one specific game, but I've ran into the idea of like, I buy Ultimate and I don't even play half the you know, notoriable games on Game Pass. So, um, the CMA is secured undertakings with Microsoft, which are designed to address these concerns. Um, the improvements include better upfront information, they'll be more transparent, uh, make it clear uh, that it will all renew unless you turn it off. Uh, refunds. Microsoft will contact existing customers on recurring 12-month contracts and give them the option to end their contract and claim them up. Uh, what is this? Pro rate. A pro rate of refund. Ooh, I've never heard that word before. Oh my god. Uh, brand new word that I'm gonna see every day uh, for the next few weeks. <laughs> uh, anyways, inactive memberships. Uh, Microsoft will also contact existing customers who haven't used their memberships for a long time but are still paying. This is all I'm saying, is that there just should be a pop-up or an email or something that would notify you that, hey, this is still active. I mean, I know this is for, you know, the UK government, but I wonder if it will transfer over to the US and stuff. Uh, because, you know, like, no offense, this is such a you know, and also overarching Europe, Canada, and everywhere else, Xbox is, you know, available. Practically every you know, country in the world. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but, um, you know, I'd love to see this uh, be implemented pretty quick, because this has happened to me with others, other uh, subscriptions. Um, there have been times where I don't use Amazon Prime, and I lose $13. And I just realized, great, you know, I could have spent that on, like, a cheeseburger. <laughs> or you could have used it on... Did I kick you from the call again? 
<laughs> so, uh, how many degrees is it to melt tin? Hmm. What's the melting point of plastic and uh, aluminum tin foil? A lunchbox? Uh, hmm. How much is a train ticket up to uh, where you live? Hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, anyways, uh, just take a fucking Amtrak across the country and just be like, I'm coming for that lunchbox. And by that, not... I mean I'm literally like three out, three to four hours away from you. <laughs> just wake up at like 4 a.m. here in Rustling and it's just like a bunch of tinging from a, from a metal lunchbox. And like a, a bunch of plastic figurines rattling around in it. Next thing you know, you see a, a, a hole in your yard. And that hammer right next to it. <laughs> alongside a, a shovel. <laughs> and a cross. Rest in peace, baby metal. <laughs> What were they thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> but yeah, this uh, would be huge though. Like, like as you were mentioning, like Xbox, like having to be forced to remind people, hey, you're not using your subscription, please cancel, <laughs> or yeah. we'll have to be forced to cancel because, yeah, because hey, we can't pay for these servers anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Uh yes. For Halo 3. <laughs> yes. And now we can move on to all the Halo news. <laughs> so honestly, yeah, Alpaca, weird. what have you touched on Halo Infinite recently? Or over the last month while we haven't talked? Um, no, I've been really depressed. Uh, so, um, uh, no, but I have been waiting for a lot of content to pop into the game because, you know, for a beta that's been fully released, no offense, besides the Slayer modes, which is kind of what we really wanted, I don't know, I just didn't feel like I had a reason to play the multiplayer as much anymore. Yeah. Um, like, but what about this update? Yeah. So we can get started with that. Yes. Yeah, so we can see in a second here. Oh, uh, yeah. We can see here that they're trying to do a big team battle update. And essentially what they're doing is they are trying to fix big team battle so any bugs there's a bug that happens apparently where you you try to do a big team battle lobby you invite people over to the lobby and try to queue up for big team battle it won't work as far as i understand yeah has it been fixed since Oh, four days ago. Let's see. Give me one second. Um, no. This was 20 days ago. It hasn't been updated. 
at least this specific forum. Yeah, so you can see on here there's a big yellow post at the time. Yes, I see. So if we just go towards the bottom of the this yellow box here. Mm-hmm. We could see this. Hello everyone, happy new year. Yes, we said also said happy new year to you too because it, you know we haven't been here for a while. Well, besides a battle royale that will be before all this. When is Chinese New uh, Lunar New Year? Not <laughs> we could kind of say Happy New Year then. <laughs> you know, good question. I am not sure when. All I can just say is just that we're just dweebs in the future compared to the intro of the episode. Oh, hey, it'll be February first. Hey, Happy New Year! Uh, <laughs> I guess. Right. But anyways, the 343 team is largely back in action this week, and I know many of you are eager to get some updates on a number of topics. And... And the, you can see later in the episode, on the blog post. In the meantime, I want to first and foremost provide a situation update on the day of the Big Team Battle Halo Infinite. As you know, we've been dealing with some frustrating issues with B- Big Team Battle nearly since launch, and despite a few attempts at solving and mitigating before the holiday break, we were not able to get this fixed. While Big Team Battle has remained playable, there are matchmaking issues that increase with more players and larger fire teams have a low chance of successfully joining into a game together. A strike force continued to work on this over the break, and we're optimistic to say we believe, keep more believe, we have a fix in hand for the core issue. This went into QA last week, and so far it's looking positive. We are not seeing this issue occur internally using this build. That's, that seemed like a good sign. Yeah. And then you scroll down a little bit, and they continue as testing, and then move on to certification process, hot fix, and whatever. Still, too soon to get estimated time arrival, but. It's they're trying to release it as soon as they can, and they also mentioned there were a number of other topics, such as some missing is- issues with instances of cheating, which that's good. They're t- they're trying to tackle that, and they're trying to aim for that pass for around mid February, and then and. They are wanting to focus more on the big team battle first, which makes sense. Certainly. And then they go up to the... Over here, it says February 14th. As promised, back with a quick update in the status big team battle. Yesterday, that test pass was completed, and the hotfix is fixed now. The process is going through Xbox certification. As long as no issues arise, we're targeting releasing this hotfix in the middle of the week. And then to kick off the new year, it also offers the most token. All players were granted five XP boosts and five challenge swaps. That's nice. <laughs> and then they get to the very 18th of the county folks. Quick update so far. Go the certification process. I have now a big team battle hot fix. The tracker tour being released tomorrow, January 19th. And that's where we get to the last update. <laughs> We're almost there. Thank you for the patience as we dealt with this issue. Finger crossed we're back to full big team battle fire team shenanigans very soon. 
so far seems like it's good size. Yep. And then the next day. Mm-hmm. Hey everyone, the hotfix was deployed at 10 a.m. p.m. today for Xbox and PC and included a fix for issue with Oddball, but also was hoped to address the ongoing matchmaking issues affecting Big Team Battle. Unfortunately, it looks like today's patch did not fully resolve the Big Team Battle matchmaking problems. The team is continuing to investigate, and while we believe there may be some minor improvements, matchmaking is still not working as expected. Many people worked hard to get this fix out the door, and it's naturally very disappointing we're not seeing the desired and expected results. We know this is an ongoing source of frustration, and the team will continue to work towards a solution. We will continue to provide updates as we have them. In the meantime, we greatly appreciate your patience and understanding as we navigate the issue. The aforementioned five XP boots and chalice swaps also went live at that time. However, we can still claim them. If we log yes. in, if we get on before February 16th, we'll get them. Alright. So awesome. Maybe so maybe we'll have to make some time soon to snag them. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll launch it again, and I'll see um, how the game is doing. See if it, like, you know, uh, latches onto me again, I guess, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I don't mean to make it seem like I, you know, bored of it, but, um, eh, you know, it's... I'll try to the new Slayer modes. I just was, um, <laughs> I was just, uh, I, I love how you just <laughs> said hammer. <laughs> You're just like, clap, clap, clap. You better play that Halo. <laughs> master, master, this, this hammer is the hammer of Milnor and, uh, Cortana, I guess. Right. Or the weapon, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I do feel like if Halo actually kept introducing maps at a faster rate, that would at least get me to do go hop back on. Because while having all the stuff for Halo is great, like, don't be wrong, the core modes and the gameplay is fantastic. Yes. It just needs different scenery. Yes, let me tell you, I would, I, when I played the campaign, the very beginning when you're hopping from the broke, the exploded spaceships... Um, not spoiling anything, but I would love to see a platformish type of Halo-ish sort of map because you can, you know, you can sort of moon jump a bit, so it'd be easier to get from point A to B, like unlike you know something like COD, I guess, which is normal gravity. Having something like an exploded spaceship out in space, but um, and like not really out in space, but parts of it are hazardous. You could be sucked out from space and die uh, a few more hazards something that's very scenic kind of like that uh or or like a like a skyscraper that's ex constantly exploding and as you use the m41 spanker you can destroy the map a little bit more kind of like you know destructible environments in a sense yeah that would add a lot of variety in I, my opinion i feel like maps are more important than modes because now we got the slayer mode which is great we just need the maps to back them up. Yeah, personally, because you can add as many modes as you want, but if we're, like, I mean, it, it's kind of like as a kid, always playing in the same backyard, but using different types of, like, toys and uh, different types of game modes. You know, imagine if we could go out to, like, the, the park, you know, and do this. 
sort of thing. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I would also love um, uh, maybe uh, oh god, I just had it in my head a change of scenery. Uh, maybe. maybe some... Yeah, what's up? I say maybe some. If you can't get any new maps, why not try and see if you can import some maps from older Halo games? Yeah, yeah. Use the Master Chief Collection as a uh, like upscale a lot of the um, parts of the maps in the Master Chief Collection and just throw it onto Infinite. They'll translate it over, of course. Yeah, because on a different engine. You know how in um the um. I mean, I'm going to say forest map, and you're either going to think of the one with a giant pit in the middle that has, like, a bunch of automobiles, or the um, the other one, which is more with spruce wood, I guess. Uh, but the one with spruce wood, you know the door you can hack? I would love to see more alternate routes that you can take to kind of confuse the enemy. Because Halo is a lot about outsmarting people, and if you can outsmart people by... Um, by doing stuff like that, like creating alternate paths, I think that would add a bit more intrigue to the actual uh, overall uh, experience because you'll have choices. You'll be able to flank people that aren't just like middle, left, and right, kind of like you know, a three-lane map. Instead, you get a tunnel that is discreet, but not like unavoidable or it's not like it's a safety net. It just means that you have a flank route. And if you get discovered, that's your fault. But in the meantime, you're hidden in a sense. Right. I do feel like once Forge and Co-op Campaign and all these other modes get added, that's going to breathe a lot more life to the game and actually make it feel even more complete. Definitely. Or big team battle without uh, vehicles or something. <laughs> Right, big I, team, I feel like a lot of the slayer modes have to be translated to big team battle, because while it's great that, you know, big team battles don't think, I feel, what I noticed, it seemed like all these modes just went towards a regular matchmaking and not towards big team battle. Yeah. So big team battle needs these modes. Because I feel like, imagine having Fiesta on, like, the, on that one map, that, that force map and like the big team battle that they have in Halo Infinite. Oh my god, that'd be mayhem. Certainly. And now, for more depressing news and something that I know Alpaca hates, the Halo 3 servers for the Xbox 360 has all come to an end. My first experience to Halo. Goodbye. But you can still play Master Chief Collection, so not all hope is lost. Uh, it just sucks that, you know, this has to, you know, be a thing. I, I just, uh, uh, I mean, you can still do, like, LAN parties, right? Yeah, that is possible, yeah. Because you can see on here, like, they check park, like, okay, which things can you not do anymore? Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, matchmaking, file share, and, uh, extras for ODST, what? <laughs> um, I mean, 
that's not a not a super giant loss because I mean besides file share I assume because he plays does that mean he can't like share forge creations right I would believe so damn that's that is a big loss but uh, I mean at least you'll be able to do custom games and uh land parties and split screen and forge is apparently still available so um you know um this is the same as watching any other multiplayer game uh have to be shut down or unplayable due to hackers or something Right. So I am used to this, but it's not like they're taking Halo 3 off the market. No. Or, you know, something like that. Yeah, cause especially since, like, 90% of the capability for Halo 3 is still available on the Xbox 366, if you still have it. Plus, Master Chief Collection is still available. The only thing that stinks is that there are some achievements that you will not be able to get if you're an achievement hunter. Probably because they're tied to online. Yeah, that... but same as losing it to any other game you yeah. know through their online being shut down i would however if they if microsoft could make those achievements uh, achievable in like land parties or something maybe maybe but i don't know if they feel like going back to xbox 360 right now the xbox one and the series x are their priorities oh yeah i know i'm just saying a a solution to a yeah problem yeah or maybe somehow if you earn achievement through a massive collection it also translate over to the achievement for the xbox 60 side oh yes yes that would be quite a i mean that'd be pretty cool yeah i wouldn't mind that yeah and then while we have that and then we have another halo thing the last thing that's from a halo status update and that's the fact that halo infinite Managed to get 20 million players as of January 25th. I believe this is combining Xbox and PC, but I feel like more people have been playing it on Xbox than on Steam. Ah, I see. I'm, I'm only... I'm not too surprised. Because it's free to play. Mm-hmm. But that is a lot of people. You know, Halo, you know, as an Xbox exclusive, you know, even though it's now on PC and stuff, I, you know, I, I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but um, it, it's also very, it's more skillful because of higher time to kill. Um, so, huh. I mean, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> What's your opinion on it? Well, I guess it's good to see that Halo is practically back in the limelight, especially considering a lot of people have found that 5 was lackluster and Infinite actually being good. By the yeah. masses is actually huge. <laughs> uh, I, I'm scrolling down the Twitter feed and I'm just looking at these like awesome images 
uh, there's one guy that said dead multiplier though and it's just loki i think this guy <laughs> and it's like uh i don't know one of the one of the npcs looking high i would oh, not be that, surprised that people do that i think we're and it's uh master chief uh sitting in the chair i think we're just getting started <laughs> awesome and they have the playstation fanboys always complaining like yo uh this game sucks yo wow 20 million players you know how much god of war got game of year bro no i'm just kidding <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, fine. There's a lot of people complaining about stupid stuff. But while all the Halo stuff is great, let's start talking about some random PlayStation patents. Wow. Going on the Sony Pony. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Such a Sony Pony. Sorry. But yeah, let's start off first with this one for coaching players. So there's a PlayStation patent that details a whole thing where where if players fall below a certain skill threshold during a patch of play, they'll actually provide them with hints to aid their progress. And it does this by uh, recording a section of gameplay and then overlaying images with self-coaching content. And they're aiming at this system can be used to reduce the frustration of players of various game genres in learning a new game. Dark Souls cough cough. You know, that, the, how you just went so close to the microphone, I thought you were the AI that I'm just imagining playing in my head. Like, you know how it's the patent shows, like, it says AI voice assistant? Oh my god. I, I think that would scare me, honestly. I'm already terrified of random narrators by actually hitting a hotkey. <laughs> and just be like, narrator on. And then I was just like, what the fuck? You know, oh, that scared me when I was playing Halo Infinite for the first time. I, I, the narrator was on, and I'm just, I just like shit bricks. Um, uh, imagine, imagine it tells you to jump shot, right? <laughs> and you're about to jump shot, and then, and. Then, <laughs> And, like, and then, wait, who the fuck is this guy? He's jumping in real life. What is, what is this, PSVR? Okay. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> um, anyways. I have a perfect figurine to display that. Oh. <laughs> Swear to fucking god, baby metal ever finds out and then makes a Super Mario World 1 1 theme. Uh, and this makes a metal cover of it. That'll happen. Well, do you know that in Mario Maker 1, 
There actually is a baby metal skin. Did you know that in hell there's a special place for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, you can't get it anymore, but yeah, they're actually a thing where you have to connect. If you go on the Mario Maker 1 on the Wii U and play the Amiibo, like they have these special challenges. And if you play, there's one that's specifically for baby metal. You know, I'm having superior, like, super flashbacks of this, like, nostalgic flashbacks of this, of being like, wow, I remember that challenge. <laughs> you know, it, was it the orange mushroom with the yellow spots? Is it that one? I don't remember, but I do know that there's, like, these Amiibo challenges in Mario Maker 1, which means all the Amiibo costumes from Mario 1, for Mario Maker, only work with Mar the Mario 1 skin. Okay, so... I'm going to be honest with... Yes, I, I, that is exactly what I'm talking about. But I did not know who, know who Baby Metal was. <laughs> and then um, um, I was like, oh, this this mission... Uh, no, no, not mission. What the fuck am I saying? Huh, this this challenge to unlock a new skin. Oh, it's a, like a... Oh, it's like some, like, uh, girl, I guess. And then I played it, and I was like, wow, this mission's kind of easy. Wow, it's a music block mission. It's a note block mission. And I went through it, and I'm just like, oh, that was pretty easy. And I unlocked it, and I was like, huh. And now that you're telling me this, and I realized <laughs> just, just what I, I, <laughs> I just realized now. I'm by Wii U. I, if I go ever go back to it, I'm just going to look back, and I'm going to be like, Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I did not. I didn't know. I thought it was just some fucking metal band. <laughs> Fast forward to today and be talking about it. Oh my god, fast forward to today. Yes. Oh, hey Alpaca! Did you know there was a baby metal uh, costume for Mario Maker 1? <laughs> well, they did remove it in Mario Maker 2, so you don't have to deal with the heresy for Mario Maker 2. Thanks, based Miyamoto. <laughs> <laughs> But I do feel that this pattern could be useful if you enable it and, like, want to master Dark Souls. Yeah. Or any other very notoriously difficult game. I imagine some of the hints are incorrect, though. It'll be like Friday the 13th on NES. <laughs> the torch is the best weapon. Not really. <laughs> Jason hates fire, even though he drowned, and that's his weakness. Freddy versus Jason. Alright. Uh... Hey, I, I, um, I, I need to use the bathroom. Okay, uh, can we pause for a second? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're back again, and yeah. So, alpaca, what do you think of? I mean, do you have any other thoughts about this patent here? So I took a bathroom break, and uh, while I was peeing, I was thinking of uh, the conversation we were just having, and uh, it just hit me, baby maker.
super baby <laughs> sorry sorry uh, finally the game where you can make your own baby metal songs super baby metal maker <laughs> oh my god uh but this patent um i you know um a lot of games already have tooltips like this but i do gotta say you know if uh uh if xbox uh, not xbox if uh playstation i'm so sorry because what i was thinking is how xbox you can remap the buttons to, to your controllers like manually uh how playstation has uh this now where they're, they're attempting a tooltip system that is independent of the actual game uh well dependent on the game but independent of whether you choose whether or not to uh throw that in um i mean hey if it helps people you know um uh if it helps people understand the game much easier because you know me as a person if like if i try to teach you know uh somebody who's much older than me to play a game my ability to describe stuff to a t is a bit uh uh i'd say foggy um so if i were to have an ai that kind of tells you uh what's coming up and what you should do or or tooltips to prevent the next failure i think that would help um you know older generations get into gaming uh at a still slower rate but a better rate than just learning by themselves because i'm not saying every you know 60 year old can't play uh you know, Call of Duty, for instance, just to bring up a, a random franchise, uh, or Halo, or hell, even Farmville or something, uh, or Farming Simulator, Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley, I guess, uh, I don't know, stuff like, not that they can't play this, but, uh, they haven't lived with, <laughs> shut the fuck up. I think visual novels is where we'll start because <laughs> I tried to get my parents to play The Walking Dead uh, Telltale series and it's just pressing buttons and pressing buttons uh, whenever a zombie attacks you. So uh, we'll start with visual novels. <laughs> but uh, I, I think... Don't trust Monica. <laughs> Anyways, um... Uh... You know, I, I wouldn't mind this because, you know, if, because me, even, even me, when I was starting with Call of Duty, I didn't know pre-aiming around corners is much more effective because your gun has a sprint out time. I didn't know jumping around corners while aiming is effective because of aim assist and also because of uh, the surprise of somebody jumping out of the corner and shooting you. It's... I didn't know that that was much effective than just running around the corner, seeing somebody, and then snapping onto them. Because insert you have a lot more time. Insert the surprise motherfucker meme. Surprise motherfucker. 
<laughs> Dexter. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I wouldn't be um, too opposed to this. It helps people, you know. Not everybody, nobody was born with a manual and video games, while they've improved on how to do stuff and to kind of hold their hand. Some games that don't hold your hand are, uh, they don't like to be, uh, uh, blatant. Um, and you gotta kind of learn your own, your own path, but having a guiding hand is much better in my opinion. Of course, yeah. And while this patent's great and all, we have the, in another, in the never-ending series of PlayStation News, we also find that... We find that there's going to be more PlayStation 4s that are going to be produced in 2022. And you may think, what's the big deal? Well, what console is still being hard to find? Um, the PlayStation 5. Exactly. So they're hoping that by continuing to maintain some production of PlayStation 4s, it'll still help get some people in the PlayStation ecosystem. Especially since they're still producing many of their high-quality games. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> More news at 11. Yes. <laughs> Get that guitar out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jesus. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, but anyways, uh, hey, PlayStation 4 is still online, you know, it's still a thing. Hey, it's a low-cost option, and not everybody's out to just get a PlayStation 5 already. Unlike your, a... this, I want to do, like, my dweeby ass over here, because he has the Switch... Three, uh, no, I almost said 360. What the fuck is wrong with me? Series X and uh, 5. Mm -hmm. And he's one of the lucky assholes who bought All-Stars 3D. <laughs> you said it yourself, so, you know. I did say it myself, yeah. Anyways, let's not uh, advertise, you know, PlayStation and Nintendo, you know. Oh, Another Sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, this is gonna be great for that, and I do feel that this would help PlayStation in the long run, because like I said before, a lot of Sony's games are coming to PlayStation 4, like for, for Horizon Forbidden West and the new God of War that's gonna come out, and numerous other games. Yeah, and thankfully they're backwards compatible or have a uh a you know, I guess downgrade in a sense, addition. So you don't have to hold your breath for the next, you know, PlayStation 5. You can still get a PlayStation 4, you know, uh, brand new and not have to worry about getting scalped. 
exactly. And then when the time comes, you manage to get a PS5 and you want it got some of those new games, you could just pay the ten dollar upgrade fee for them. Oh yes, as long as they have them. Exactly. Looking at you for Ben West. Sorry. <laughs> Well, fortunately, Horizon Forbidden West is the exclusion of the rule code. They did, so they did back down that and kept that as a free upgrade. So that's good news on that one. Yeah, thankfully. Another news. Uh, um, we're going to switch shift over to another game. Is that there's a rumored game called a new rumored new twisted metal game coming out. Okay. And twisted metal. I don't know if you know what this game is. It's been an older. Get PlayStation franchise that's been around since the PlayStation 1, and it is a car demolition game. With clowns? Why is there Mr. Bungle in the front cover? That's one of the main characters of the game that you can play as. What are you looking at, fuck? Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so... Originally, the fires... Originally, Twisted Metal was... This new Twisted Metal being developed by Lucid Games, who was also making, who also made Destruction All-Stars on the PlayStation, on PS5. Now, Destruction All-Stars didn't get the best reception, because a lot of people just thought it was a lesser Twisted Metal. Even though it's better, even though, yeah, it was attempt at something different. But... After Sony acquired Fire Sprite, which we talked about in a previous episode, they decided, hey, let's get you guys Fire Sprite to develop the new Twisted Metal game instead. So it, the report says, as rumor territory, that they're shifting the development over to Fire Sprite. And they also got the, got the guy for, that originally did MotorStorm over to this team. And you can kind of, if you see this automated played video beneath, you can kind of get an idea of like what what Destruction All Stars was. Yeah, it, it it's like a really cartoony. Uh, oh my god, it's kind of like a you know um, a bumper car sort of like uh, like a circle bumper car sort of thing, but with like a really cartoony wacky flair in a hey, sense yeah so that's what twisted metal essentially is take that but just amp it up to the next level i see as you can tell from the graphic above it's a lot more violent yes i, I can why is there a ac-130 like uh wait no why is there an attack chopper with a machine gun in front of it, shooting at them. I have no oh, idea. Uh, imagine you're trying to, you know, you're in first place, and that's basically the blue shell of the game. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, the Firefight news is all good and all, but we have to talk about the PlayStation patent. This new PlayStation patent from Mark Cerny, who is the architect of the PS4 and the PS5, and it states how... They're going to manipulate the CPU clocks in order to mimic whatever PlayStation system they're trying to emulate. I see. So you can see the patent here, the image, that one of the edges they had here is backward compatibility through use of spoof clock and fine-grained frequency control. And the other one is for 
high speed save data storage for cloud game, which I don't think we need to worry about that one. We need to worry more about this top one. Well, what do you think this could actually mean? Do we think that there's actually going to be a way for PlayStation games to potentially, like older ones beyond the PlayStation 4, to be playable on, you know, maybe a PlayStation 5? Um, I, so this this type of technology has been around uh, for like uh, DOSBox, I think, is mm. the... See, so you know how, um, like, really any em emulator, really, um, stuff like, uh, you know, if you try to play Doom, like, old, the, old, the, like, older versions of Doom, uh, not like a Steam release, but, like, the actual, from the, the CD to the computer, Doom is gonna run, like, really fast, <laughs> like, like, it's gonna run like uh, as far as I know. I think a lot of older games that the FPS was tied to the physics and stuff like that. Um, the games just ran insanely quick on modern hardware. So I see what this is about. Um, like imagine you're trying to play, uh, well, let's say MGS one or something, and. Uh, physics in that game are tied to the, the FPS. So anything that happens in that game through physics, and it's not scripted to be animated in a certain way, they will, like, happen twice, thrice, or four, like, infinite amount of fast. So I see what this... Uh, See what this patent is trying to uh, achieve. Um, uh, what what about this? Uh, hmm. Because um, I, I believe uh, emulators also have that problem, where not only just emulating actual game, but uh, trying to uh, emulate the same clock speeds and trying to make it not run like you know, like, uh, you know, com like, completely <laughs> insane. Um, I see what, what these, uh, what this patent, um, is, uh, trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's my thoughts on it, at least. Yeah. I agree with you, yeah. There could, it could be a hint of that, but I know that a lot of Sony's recent, like, efforts in back and retro gaming and preservation, especially a certain... <laughs> uh Jim Ryan uh yeah I mean I have a feeling this patent may not be fully utilized like we think it could be but if it does hint at something it could be a good sign that they're trying to figure something out And speaking of other patents, we also have to talk about this one. The collapsible control stick. And if you look at the the abstract, that's in English. I mean, yep. I wish I could speak French, but I could also use my Google Pixel 6 Pro 
to use its camera and translate automatically, but I'm not going to do that right now, so. I'm just going to highlight and translate to English. If you feel like it, but they have an English excerpt right at the top, and this is what it says. A controller, thumbstick, or system comprising a thumbstick body, a thumbstick shaft coupled to the thumbstick body wherein the thumbstick shaft is configured to retract into the thumbstick body and wherein the thumbstick's body and the thumbstick shaft is freely rotatable together around a pivot center within the controller body. Okay. So I have a feeling what they mean by that is that there's got to be a way that the the analog stick part, like the stick part, not like the grip, but like the mm -hmm. middle stick part can actually like collapse. Cause you can see in the image over here, the different movable parts it has. There's gotta be like a mini locking mechanism or something. And then when you don't need it, you can just push it in. Maybe like a spring load or something like that. And that will keep it locked in. You press it in again and it like springs back up. It does seem like that. Um... I'm trying to look through with all the squigglies in the way, but yeah, it, like there, I, I mean, I think those like little, uh, that might be a spring. Yeah. Like you're, like you're, uh, mentioning, but I don't know how it would like, kind of like just stick if it's spring loaded, like how would, how, how would it stick downwards? Right. Um, but, um, I do feel like there's not much use for it in terms of like a gameplay perspective. I mean, Maybe if you wanted to make something like a shorter stick or a higher stick, like, like the Elite Controller, maybe that's possible. But the main thing I'm mostly thinking this could be used for is, like, transportation of the controller. Yes, that's what was my, that was my um, interpretation of this at first, was, like, it would fit in the boxes just a little tiny bit more compactly. But then again, that's, like, what, inches? Or, like, one inch at least, or at most? I don't know. Right. Now, some people may think that this could potentially be used for, like, a handheld device or something more portable. Like, maybe if they were to make, like, a PlayStation Now or PlayStation Plus app or something like that. And you could just and get one of those controller grips or something like that that has the PlayStation layout. Mm-hmm. And you just, like latch on your phone and suddenly oh hey uh we recognize it's a controller grip or something like that or like a bluetooth accessory yeah maybe if nintendo had this patent they could make the switch have th like this and have it be like a, a way of uh, uh changing the stick uh height in a sense as well that might i don't know that might add to it i guess yeah i feel uh, like yeah, Nintendo tried to make a analog stick that was purely meant for a handheld, but naturally, as you we kind of figured, they like to Tokyo drift that their sticks. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> no, that's no, I, that's I was gonna bring that up. Maybe this this would uh, the like their ability to uh, uh tap into the control stick market, uh like with this they might be able to solve it by not making it drift and then saying it doesn't drift and then any slight drift is not a defect like a dead <laughs> pixel in the center of your screen <laughs> yeah i hear you on that one uh, uh, but um 
but there is one segment of that of all the PlayStation news that I think is going to be the most interesting thing about all this. We kind of have to talk about Spartacus. Or what many people claim to be Sony's answer to Game Pass. Yes, has PC games. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that that Xbox ad. <laughs> right. So, uh, let's get the story on this one going pretty soon because I'm sure we have a lot to say on what we think Spartacus could end up being and like what the people and the results of what this would mean. So, back at January 16th, we've noticed that PlayStation 3 games have started appearing in the PS5 store. All of a sudden. And now, one of the things that people were mentioning, that people noted, is that when you look up, like, say... Now, look at this. When reviewing a PS3 game in the PS5 store, listings should direct the player towards PlayStation Now version of the game. However, they noticed that now they're seeing a price on it. With a PlayStation 3 banner on it and that it looks like you can actually buy it. Now, it seems like when you view it, it'll probably still tell you go on PlayStation Now, but why would they have it if they're not hinting toward the service that they may be, you know, being able to play PlayStation 3 games on? And there was that patent a few minutes ago that mentioned controlling the clock speed of the devices so hmm. it makes you wonder and then on top of it too um i mean besides that you can see hints of other besides bejewel and prince of persia the forgotten sands and the two thrones all these games have had their own purchase prices on them so and then you see this report here and more people finding things. But and it, it just a refresher for the tape. Just a reminder what what PlayStation what the spark is gonna be. There's gonna be it's gonna be split into three tiers. The first we'll have like just it's just regular PlayStation Plus, nothing feels like it's gonna change. The second's going to offer the catalog of games. It's like the, the retro games. I guess. Like a, just a decent catalog of like games you can play, like Game Pass. But the third tier is the one that's going to add all the retro games, including PlayStation 1, 2, 3, and PSP games. And it's the third tier that's the most interesting of the bunch. It's very relative to... The idea of having a, you know, 
these games have a price to them, despite the fact that, well, they're not playable yet, or at all. Right. But, if we go back, if we go to this next article here, we can see that Phil Spencer even responded to the rumors. Hugh, Hugh, Hugh. And even he, and his quote here, right beneath the title here, when I hear others doing things like Game Pass are coming to PC, it makes sense to me because I think that's the right answer. And that is all he said. Or uh, you can even read more into this. Like, look at this. As you know, as you know, so many of these things actually intertwine with themselves, from backwards compatibility and turn the way of building out a library of games that we have shipping on PC and console simultaneously. Know that Game Pass is gonna come, and we want to bring Game Pass to multiple platforms. All these decisions kind of stack on top of themselves. I don't mean it to sound like we've got it all figured out, but I think the right answer is allowing your customers to play the games they want to play, where they want to play them, and give them choice about how they build their library, and being transparent with them about where plans are in terms of our PC initiatives and our cross-gen initiatives and other things. So I hear, and again, that's when I get to the, that last quote. And then and see that Spencer continued by saying that he doesn't see Sony apparent willingness to emulate Xbox's approach. And then they all said, I don't really look at it, at it as validation. I actually, when I'm talking to our teams, I talk about it as an inevitability. So for us, we should continue to innovate, continue to compete, because the things that we're gonna, that we're doing might be an advantage that we have in the market today. That is based on us going first, not that we create something that no one else can create. To me, at least, all of this is, you know, good signs that, hey, this may have, I wonder if why Xbox would respond to this. Yeah. In my opinion, um, I feel like it's their way of um, taking note of what could be, you know, happening. Like maybe, uh, you know, um, a rumor of, of this, you know, I do understand what Phil Spencer means is like uh, the competitiveness of actually having a competitor is, you know, while it's always great to have a monopoly on something at least, you know. Activation Blizzard. Uh, <laughs> uh, having some sort of competitive, uh, you know, uh, actor, you know, to compete against, obviously it's. Uh, you know, obviously, it's um, it drives you know, uh, more uh, you know, trying to uh, put more uh, research into you know, making the prices competitive, making the what you get competitive. Like, uh, I, I like to think of it like today's current GPU market. Um, Nvidia, um, versus AMD right now. Nvidia's GPUs are always out of stock. AMD's aren't, but um. There's no competition because there's no silicon to really drive, uh, you know, creation of these GPUs. Or there's a very large shortage, so there's not many. Uh, there's not a lot of stock, but there's a lot of demand. So I think of it like, you know, uh, with Xbox, you know, there's there's Game Pass with PlayStation. You don't have any sort of way of 
going back to PlayStation's uh, older consoles unless you just buy a used one. Uh, and also the physical games or, you know, em emulation if you're into that. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think of... Um, I, I think because Sony hasn't had this... Uh, hasn't had a, a type of Game Pass competitor in the past they've lost out on that sort of, uh, you know, older generation market, you know, purchasing, uh, not, not older generation, but older school games being available to their platform. I feel like with Xbox, uh, almost it, like with Phil Spencer's comments, almost encouraging this to become a reality, which it most certainly it, through this kind of evidence is more than likely going to be a thing. Um, having uh microsoft tap into the market of uh being able to uh repurchase or replay through a subscription older uh games from their catalog uh that's a market that some people want to tap into but can only do it on an xbox or emulation on a pc so and with emulation of course they don't get money Microsoft gets a lot of money. PlayStation having these uh, titles backwards compatible means that they can get money from what others would just emulate. Right. Yeah, I do feel like, you know, as the article mentions, you know, game Microsoft has had a start on this because, well, they, they were the ones that kind of initiated the idea, let's just make a subscription service for all our games. And it's been working out very well. And I think the main thing that Sony is not doing with this, that Microsoft has been, I mean, this is granted if Sony will be doing this, but it's likely, is that Sony's still not going to put their first-party games into Game Pass. And, well, not Game Pass, but their version of it. Kind of like how Microsoft is. So it's less of a drive for people to want to subscribe to it. But another thing I want to note, too, about this, and I want to see if you agree with, with this. Um, they do mention how, because they have this high, you know, they got into it first, and they're doing a lot more things right, it seems like. Let me just go back down here a little bit. Give me one second here. Yeah, look at this. They feel like, but they're just based on us going first, not that we create something that no one else can create. Like, I feel like Game Pass, honestly, has that early advantage because they've built up a lot. They've been buying up studios to put all these games on Game Pass, especially once they get this Activision Blizzard deal going. My God, Microsoft's going to be on a rampage, but PlayStation... Yeah, this is the main one. Another point I want to bring up. Do you think PlayStation could end up being in a bit of a blockbuster-like situation where, where blockbuster, you know, they've been this titan for a long time, but then you have another competitor, aka Netflix, ravage them down to the ground because they found a way to make, you know, videos 
and movies and stuff like that available through a more on-demand method. Versus my, which is kind of similar thing that's going on here. PlayStation has been this Titan for a while, and then Microsoft's coming in a bit slower, but it's like they're building up a massive subscription for it with all these different games. Mm-hmm. That's easier and on demand. Do you think that Sony's current approach and the fact they're trying to emulate, you know, Microsoft's thing a bit later? could potentially hurt them? Uh, that's a good question, because it's you bring up Netflix versus Blockbuster, uh, and uh, I, I loosely believe it was the subscription sort of based uh, approach that really made Blockbuster less of a uh, appealing option, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean... It, it is kind of interesting how that that this sort of situation is very almost paralleled uh, but I don't know if that would be the case uh, just because there will always be you know people who are loyal to a Sony exclusive and stuff like that you know the thing with blockbuster is blockbuster is like isn't isn't it just renting movies right renting movies yeah, and just, video games yeah. It's like, uh, you know, but with, um, but does Blockbuster, but does, did Blockbuster have any exclusive, uh, any reasons to go there versus streaming through Netflix? Was there any exclusivity? Not really. So that, that brings a valid point is that, yeah, that, that does bring up a good point you mentioned. It's just the fact that, yeah, there Sony's not going to go away because they have the the IP to hold themselves up, like a God of War, Horizon, Gran Turismo, Last of Us, etc., etc. They have those games that people will come back to. Yeah, whereas Blockbuster just had a big, bold yellow letters on, on you know, on uh, blue and a, a, a giant rack of movies and video games that you could probably get off of i guess ebay or you know stream from netflix i guess you know mm-hmm. now uh, an interesting thing to note too is that with microsoft buying up more compelling studios like especially activision blizzard and call of duty because keep in mind sony will have to respond to microsoft buying call of duty like don't get me wrong they made a, a blank statement but if Microsoft actually will make Call of Duty exclusive to Game Pass. That'll actually force them on their shoes to let Game Pass onto either A, let Game Pass into PlayStation, or B, they'll need to revive a shooting franchise like Killzone or SOCOM. Yeah, I I do see that as a a bit of a problem that Sony would have if they did, if Microsoft did um, decide to change Call of Duty into a you know, a brand exclusive. Uh, maybe. that Maybe because, you know, you have, like, God of War, I guess, mostly you have, like, a bow and arrow sort of thing for shooting, I guess. So you can't really... That, that doesn't really feed the shooting crowd. Last of Us had, um, you know, guns in it, but that was post-apocalyptic. There was a multiplayer to it, but I'm not sure. Factions. That, 
it was a more action story. You know, you think of uh, stuff like, um, what is it, like Uncharted and stuff like that. These are mostly adventure games. So uh, to revive a franchise like Killzone or Socom um, and maybe ground it into that sort of arcade shooter, I mean, you're just creating another competitor to a first-person shooter. There's, you know, Call of Duty is a very massive, uh, you know, franchise, and the idea of it becoming exclusive to one console would, it would be a bit agitating, and, um, but, I mean, I, I guess, I, it's, I, I don't know how they would be able to handle that, because they, um, they, wouldn't have a uh, they wouldn't own this franchise that's owned by their competitor and that competitor at any time could just rip it from from underneath the rug um to revive an uh an old an older title and revitalize it for the call of duty crowd that is starved of uh, you know the, the call of duty experience i i mean I'm not say, I wouldn't say that it would be successful as much as they'd want it to be. Just because COD is such a big franchise, like I said. Mm-hmm. You know? But... Another thing is, people who are loyal to Sony products... I mean, you know... It, it's, it's kind of hard to talk about because... You know, um... Maybe we should rate it back to the subscription service as a whole. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, this whole thing could be huge. Like, if Microsoft sees it as a threat, as a potential threat, or a competitor, that's a good sign that, hey, you know, that's a thing. But to lean credence into the whole fact that this subscription service could be a thing, we also have to talk about how PS4 trophies were briefly wiped and labeled as PS3. Um, yeah, um, and it was only showing PlayStation 5, uh, titles properly while the, uh, older consoles were, you know, the PlayStation 4 was a PS3 logo, and more foreshadowing about this, uh, subscription, you know, or more, um, accidental foreshadowing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, like, this is a minor, like, a minor mishap, but this does seem to lean into Spartacus being a thing. Now, I do find that, you know, okay, the second tier is going to be more like Game Pass, it's fine. Once you add the third tier, suddenly this becomes more like, imagine if Game Pass and Nintendo Switch Online had, like, a freaking baby. Mm. And that's a tier I feel is going to be the most valuable yeah, more than likely, because, uh, like I mentioned before, like, uh, the market of, uh, older PlayStation titles is, uh, you can't really tap into it because of Sony's, like, lack of backwards compatibility beyond the last generation, but, you know, and the new generation, um, 
you know, it like I think tapping into that part of their market, you know, revisiting, you know, Metal Gear, uh, you know, Metal Gear Solid, and instead of having to, you know, either, you know, revisit your old PlayStation Two, I think the convenience of that, as well as, uh, the you know, some people like me who are concerned about emulation and you know, uh, the legality of it, you know, some people just want to be able to just buy it and set it up. They don't have to worry about tweaking an emulator as well, because not everybody's into that computer, you know, computers take a bit to set up. Right. I hear you on that one. I really do. And then we're going to repeat a question that we once used asked frequently on some of these episodes. Will this is PlayStation? This... Damn. Actually, you say it because you make it funnier. No, you, you go. Now you say it. Is it? Is it the good for the player one? Is this good for the player? Uh, not for one of our older hosts, but that's neither here nor there. But yes, it is. <laughs> I hear you. Having a subscription service that not only will give you an access of a lot of cool games that you could play, but also a ton of retro games. I'm down. Hey, I'm down for it too. I, I wouldn't mind revisit. You know, um, going from God of War on the, you know, PS5 to the. Uh, first God of War on the PlayStation 2. Um, I I think that would be kind of like a... You know, seeing how the franchise went from this to that sort of thing, you know? Uh, same with other, uh, you know, other franchises, you know, looking back on how we got here, you know? You only have your history to back you up, you know? Right. And with that being said, let's just quickly go through some of these other topics before we get to the next major topic we want to bring up for the last month. Yes. So, we're going to start off this whole spree by talking about one of our old host's favorite games. Oh, uh, yes. Monster Hunter uh, Dragonborn Axolotl Edition. Exactly. So, with guns. <laughs> so they're they're doing a new battle royale update it is and they actually are not only bringing these new monsters but you also got tilted towers coming back oh yes so what are these columbus things they eat berries you fool they eat mushrooms they don't eat babies they're peaceful creatures They've lived in the worlds for thousands of years. Uh, anyways, uh, so they're giant, like, axolotl, axolotl dragon-looking things. Hmm. Um, passive, uh, well, uh, peaceful until you shoot them, I guess, which is kind of, uh, you know. Uh, they, uh, if you crawl up their tails, they have this, like, whale sort of hole in their head and it will send you up in the air um 
and if you do feed them the berries, uh, they're called clomberries. They like they fart out like items. I don't know how it got up there, but you know, let's not talk about it. Um, uh, it probably will jam after the first shot, but you know. Uh, anyways, um, like imagine uh, if these things fart out. Uh. Okay. Uh. Well, then well, again, uh, they own Epic Games owns Harmonix, so there's a valid excuse for them to l convince Harmonix to get a license for Baby Metal. Actually, spoilers: they actually have the option to play Gimme Chocolate and Rock Band. Um, also, if you eat the, uh, berries, um, they, they, they're kind of like a, like eating a fish, but they give you a bit, I think a bit more health, um, effective health, so, um, but also they have, uh, the Return of Tilted Towers, uh, same layout as far as I know, um, uh, it's a bit more snowy and icy, but it's, it's the, uh, it's the OG, who knew it was waiting for us underneath the uh, island that we were on after it flooded? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, they're adding a new grenade launcher and a crown. And some balance changes, which we're not going to go over, but yeah, this seems like a pretty interesting update overall. Oh, yes, certainly. Even though it's certainly uh, minor, at least it's something pretty unique. Oh yeah, certainly. Um, um, few little bug, little major bug fixes, uh, tweaks for certain weapons. Not nothing, you know, super huge with the weapon tweaks, but it, uh, the auto shotgun has like more reload and uh, a few other stuff. Uh, but these uh giant axolotl things, uh are probably the highlight besides tilted um of course yeah coming back i feel like for me honestly knowing that i played fortnite back around like season close around like chapter one yeah seeing you know seeing tilted tower come back will bring me some joy i may have to check this game out again to see what has changed but they have a few, you know, of course, movie tie-ins. There's, like, a Matrix uh, Oh, way too many tricks. There's way too many movie tie-ins now. It's ridiculous. I swear to yeah. God, they're trying to create their own freaking metaverse. No. One one day, Fortnite's going to start offering NFTs, and then we're gonna, the two of us here are going to be like, nope. One of these days, they're going to have to shut down the servers exactly. and then reopen them. Yep. Because and, uh, the NFT craze will produce a bunch of traffic. Mm -hmm. And I then guess. another brilliant news. Um, you can now buy Final Fantasy XIV again. Woo! So new players can actually kick, come on back. Yep, and this uh, spins off of uh, a uh, um, an unfortunate uh, uh, registration restriction. Uh, if you already owned it, 
and you signed up for it and all that, you could still play it, but uh, there was a, you know, a, a server a capacity month. issue. Yeah, that was like last month or so. And, uh, I mean, I guess people have stopped uh, uh, playing it as much, or they uh, fixed their capacity issues. Always good stuff. Of course. Any of other... Not Any much, other things? Not much to say about that other than hallelujah. Yep. And now we can move on to E3. Uh-oh. Oh, yes, E3. Um, so back earlier in January, it actually was confirmed that, they, that, they're shift, that, that the Electronic Software Association is shifting... E3 to an online-only event out of concerns around the pandemic. And the statement specifically says here, due to the ongoing health risks surrounding COVID-19 and potential impact on the safety of exhibitors and attendees, E3 will not be held in person in 2022. We remain incredibly excited about the future of E3 and look forward to announcing more details soon. And it just mentions all this other stuff. And yeah, this is actually pretty big. For E3 going back to online only again. Yeah, I know they did it last. Uh, wait, hold on a second. Last year, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it was, was last year, and uh, and I think 2020 they didn't even do it at all. Yeah, that's right? correct. Um, I mean, honestly, I just watched the live stream. It's nothing. Like, I don't want to get tickets for, you know, uh, to go there, really. Uh, it's not really worth it just to see previews and trailers of new games. They're exciting as all hell, but it's not like seeing a, you know, a, a, a favorite band in a concert or something that, in my opinion, I, I know that you're paying for the, in the information, exclusive information and stuff, but I don't know, it's... it's and you also get to see like your favorite game developers and uh you know people like that uh fuck the Oscars. no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh, anyways uh but however that, that was that was game awards sorry yeah. however one thing to note too is the fact that according to jason schreier who is uh, we mentioned him plenty of times on the show someone's thinking that they noticed that somehow the ESA had abandoned their dates for the Los Angeles Convention Center. So that could hint. That's interesting to note. Oh, hey, it's that guy as well. Wario64. He's the deal dude. What are you buying? <laughs> I just I, I just noticed it's Wario sixty four. You told me about this guy. He's like really like, uh, he's really useful for his like uh, affiliate links and stuff. Yeah, for like deals. Especially you can use him too to help you find a PS five and Series X because he'll actually post them when they go live. Can he help me find a thirty fifty or a thirty ninety yes. tie? He does post about graphic card updates. The RTX 3080 tie. Sorry. <laughs> awesome. I I wish I had Twitter. I'd 
unfortunately don't yet. It's free. Um, you can make it. Is it worth it? Sorry. Is is it worth losing my mind? Sorry, well, as long, as long as you avoid the toxic people, yes. Okay, I'll do that. Um, But anyways, yeah, so... With LA, the LA Convention Center obviously not being reserved, in my opinion, like that's a big deal because one of the main reasons why people like e going to E3 is most, at least the business side, they use e E3 as a networking opportunity for like developers to meet up and like collaborate and stuff like that. Mm. Um, I just, I I think it it wasn't you know. Like, it wasn't even, like, uh... <sighs> Give me one second. Uh... Uh, personally, I think, uh... It was just... <sighs> I, I don't think that it, um... Ah, fuck. Sorry. What I'm trying to say is, I don't think there were ever plans to make an E3 this, this year. Honestly. I've, honestly, because, like... Uh... I don't know. Like, I don't think there was ever plans to, like, have an E3 that was, like, super extravagant and everybody can come here and fly over here. I, th I personally, I believe that, you know, they, uh, they didn't even want to have it, uh, an in-person event. Right. Besides, like, uh, like you just mentioned, developers banding together and talking, you know. Now, the main question that is really important with this topic is, is E3 relevant? Like, do we need E3 anymore? Uh, you see, you know, that's the thing, too, is um, with E3, you know, I, I'm on the fence, I guess, about it. You know, E3 is awesome to just band together either through online you know a live stream chat or through you know um yeah just being there live and you know seeing people in the flesh you know i remember uh e3 i think it was i think it was e3 like uh 2019 todd howard was on stage and he was like announcing fallout 76 and uh he says this is the now, for the moment you've all been waiting for, the, the thing you came here to see. And then somebody shouted, Todd Howard! And he was just really happy because somebody screamed his name and said in the effect that we came here for you, Todd Howard. Really Skyrim already in Fallout 5, bitch. I'm just kidding. I went to the or, chess club too. Sorry. Or, um, remember, or Keanu Reeves for Cyberpunk. Hell yeah. Except uh, it was a flop, but anyways. No, the, the whole thing was like, you're beautiful. Like, no, you're beautiful. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Um, I think it's great to um, have a sort of get-together event, you know, for, to like, you know, you'll never meet these people on the street. You know, you might be able to just kind of email them and say, hi, hi, Todd Howard. Uh, have you done that S Skyrim 6 yet? <laughs> uh, but, you know... <laughs> uh, just kidding. Doki Doki Panic. <laughs> <Anyways>. <laughs> uh, 
but um yes um but i think with e3 you know it's it it has devolved in my opinion to kind of just being a bunch of advertisements though that's the only problem i see with it is that there's a lot more advertisements than there is like actual like excitement in my opinion like you'll see these um trailers and stuff that pop up but no offense it's just like these past few years have been not underwhelming but less overwhelming than before um with releases but that is kind of the game developers you know faults for making a you know a, a less than stellar trailer but watchdogs <laughs> oh my god fucking watchdogs i you know i love the idea of watchdogs you know and the story and synopsis of it but my god why did you have to downgrade the graphics for the consoles why could you have not just released i know rtx wasn't really around back then but oh my god why it lead to this how did it lead to pig mask how did it lead to a charade anyway um but back to but this I, whole thing, especially because yeah. people can like watch the live streams nowadays. Like, if a company could technically just live stream their press conference whenever they want, is it really that necessary for E three for the consumer side of things? I would say, yeah, and that's really, yeah. I I wouldn't. I don't think it's exactly not. I don't think it's exactly worth it right now because, you know, of course there's the pandemic, but then there's just the fact that e3 you know can if it can be live streamed then why would you want to ever buy it like that's my you know kind of idea is like if i can just watch it through my you know through my own tv screen or monitor you know and see todd howard in 60 fps why would i why would i go to see him in the flesh for a front row seat you know I could just send him an email saying, oh, I love you, Todd Howard. Anyway, um, uh, so, uh, but, uh, you know, um, no. And also the advertisements have been really almost aggressive, in my opinion. I would say How more many... so with Game Awards, actually, but I could see E3 being the same thing. Well, how many anti-vape ads have you seen? How many, like, uh... Winners don't do drugs, sort of PSAs, and like, uh, how many like uh, gamer fuel sort of products have you seen? Like, no offense, it it almost feels a bit cringy, I guess. Like, like not in a bad way. Like, I'm not really, I don't really like vaping too much. It's, I don't know, I don't know the logistics behind it and stuff. I don't, you know, support it as a thing. But if you do it, that's fine. Uh, you know, uh, but it's like, I'm not a, I'm, 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 I don't do these things. I don't snort G fuel and, you know, drink vape juice. Well, that's the, vape, the opposite of what I should be doing. The vape juice, we know someone else for that, but that's besides the point. Sorry. <laughs> um, but while E3 stuff is, you know, up there, we do know a demise of something else. Yes. 
So, have you ever thought of Ubisoft trying to do a Battle Royale? Because of course they would. They've been... It feels like Ubisoft in general has been too desperate nowadays for anything. Yeah, unfortunately. Some are less than stellar. I mean... No, I'm just kidding. Bluefall Packers love affair with Far Cry has definitely been falling off the rails. I I don't know about Far Cry anymore. I haven't purchased the sixth one. Um, I do like that the DLCs continue the older game stories, um, but I'm not buying Far Cry Six until uh, I hear word back from uh, uh, stuff surrounding. Uh, that whole uh, Ubisoft thing. Um, the reason why I haven't purchased a brand new game from them. Right. Because I remember ever since the Activision, Aquas- uh, Activision Blizzard saga, you know, I, I did bring up, oh yeah, Ubisoft also has their own little issue going on, and it's more sexual harassment and misconduct and stuff like that, which Ubisoft is also trying to struggle trying to resolve that too. But, yeah, but uh, I just... Uh, feel like it's sorry i just feel like it's not as blatant because you know back to blizz had to get all the press about it while ubisoft's tried their best to you know minimize it as much as possible uh news wise i guess yeah because they don't want to be in the spotlight with that type of thing but it seems like Ubisoft at least has been cleaning up nowadays, but... Eh. Yeah. I, I just... I can't... I can't see how you could uh, talk shit when you're hypocritical about it, you know? Yeah, I can see that too. But also mostly the fact that a lot of Ubisoft stuff is either A, way too formulaic, or B, way too samey. And it's almost, to me, at least in my opinion... Similar to Sony's problem, but Ubisoft is, unlike Sony, which does all their games excellent, Ubisoft is all mediocre. Yeah, you've kind of also opened my eyes to that, is like how, um, you know, I've noticed that Far Cry has, uh, you know, although personally I, I do like the Far Cry franchise, I've noticed that, you know, they, I've noticed a formula with them, you know, and, uh, I can only think back to uh, how very similar, uh, um, one second, like, uh, you know, Rainbow Six, you know, it's all just that online, you know, sort of tactical shooter stuff, but it used to be a single player game, you know? Yeah. Uh, and like especially Assassin's Creed, I like look at what happened to Assassin's Creed. And Assassin's Creed, oh my god, I was thinking of another franchise for them. Oh my god, yes. Assassin's Creed original was a very linear series, and they've actually released them very frequently, almost Call of Duty style, which was kind of impressive. They got like these mini single player linear games out very very fast, and then all of a sudden, after Syndicate came out, then you got, you know, Origins came out. Origins about how, uh, um, you know, you lose track of them. I swear. <laughs> Nowadays. Yeah, because what happens ever since Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla, they all went open worlds, open world games, and all their identity. And even then, you don't know the assassin's outfit anymore. 
even. It definitely lost that identity of being Assassin's Creed. Like, why is this guy an assassin? He looks like a freaking Spartan. Oh, yeah, no. I get that. It's kind of like how Call of Duty lost its original meme. Uh, uh, no, I almost, I just said meme. Why did I say meme? Name. You know, Call of Duty is the, the call to battle. You know, call to serve your nation. And now it's robots, futuristic, black ops, and, uh, uh, stuff that doesn't really relate. It's just military dark operations, you know? Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I feel like out of all the the series so far, I feel like it's mostly been like the sledgehammer recently with World War Two and Vanguard. Honestly, the, the closest to getting back to that original meaning again. Yeah, but still, overall, it th th they're Michael Bay movies. With how bombastic sometimes they be, they can be. Like uh, World War Two had like this train that you, you know, collided into some sort of, like, rail station, and it was just, like, so bombastic, uh, you know, Modern Warfare 2 is when it started to really become, uh, more cinematic, shooty-shooty sort of stuff, rather than the call to serve your nation sort of thing. Yeah, and I can see that with Modern Warfare, at least, like, it is still grounded in a reality. Yeah. Well, I, I you know... But besides kind of. that, I would take all the other Call of Duties. Like we, it it lost its meaning. It's now emulating Modern Warfare rather than, hey, this is Modern Warfare, like a spinoff. Yeah, and of, of what was World War Two, not like it should continue to explore the different parts of history. Yeah, and same with Assassin's Creed. It's like it's. Exploring history with the same formula that the original games had, but you're no longer, uh, you're no longer someone, you know, that, uh, like, you know, you're no longer really, uh, uh, you're no, no longer really part of a legacy that you can care about too much. Hmm. You know? Exactly. But back to Hyperscape here. Oh yes, back to uh, what the fuck is this? Why does he have? Why does he look like he has an alien head? I have no idea what this world even is, but the unfortunate thing is that they may they're gonna shut down the game on April twenty eighth. What? What? And they were trying to create a vertical, close quarters, fast paced shooter experience, and yeah, apparently it was like, nope, we're done. What you? They're what? They're trying to make Tilted Towers twenty four seven. Sorry, I feel like now that Fortnite released Tilted Towers, they kind of just like default dance on Hyperscape's grave. No offense. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm such a dick. No, it's fine, but it's valid though. Like, I feel like Ubisoft. <laughs> like, it just shows that Ubisoft, Ubisoft state of desperation, like. Because they made all their core franchise so similar to each other nowadays, and especially because we talked about the Far Cry director leaving, and now that's going to become even more of a service game. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about that. To, to milk older franchises into something that's not, you know? Yeah. What happened to DLC? 
What happened to getting another part of the story? Yeah. Now my story is I wear red shoes instead of black shoes now. And I still remember hearing about the Splinter Cell announcement that they were trying to remake Splinter Cell 1. Interesting. Interesting. And at least that had, like, people that were passionate about it, and it seemed like they were going to do a decent job at it, but... Besides the point, besides that product coming up, and if they can get Beyond Good and Evil 2 out, like, a lot of Ubisoft stuff has practically been the same. Yeah. It's and, sad, though, you know, um, there was a cutscene uh, with Sam Fisher in it, I remember. He was talking about how Sam's kind of the only spy left. There's a Pliskin-looking guy. And it kind of reminisced how Konami kind of fucked up the Metal Gear franchise. Yeah, but like, now Ubisoft is kind of fucking up their own franchises, too. Yeah. If... <laughs> Yeah, and especially because they're they rushed off the NFTs now, which is called a backlash, and they're still stubborn about that. You see, like, and compared to Konami, like you mentioned, Konami, you know, once they once Hideo Kojima had that fit with them and left, they practically just abandoned video game company making and all. Like, I feel like Sony could, if Sony acquired, like, Square Enix and Konami, like, they'd have a capable enough of a first-party lineup to really, probably be really powerful. But, mm-hmm. we don't want to get talking about acquisitions, it's just looking at the Battle Royale thing. Yeah. It is a shame that not many people knew about this. Like, I feel like Ubisoft could have done a better job advertising this to have a proper service-based game they could hold up. Yeah. Let's talk about acquiring something physical, honestly. Oh, yeah, like the Steam Deck? Oh, yeah. So, for the 2,000 people that wanted to race out... Actually, I'm I'm lying. The 2 million people that will probably be racing out trying to get a Steam Deck and got their pre-orders in, congratulations. That $5 you put in is actually going to be able to be of use soon. Woo! (laughs) It it better have gotten up with inflation. Right, because... On February 25th, they're going to be sending out the first batch of order emails to reservation holders. And that customers have three days from receipt of their order email to make their purchase before the reservation is released to the next person in the queue. So in other words, what's going to happen is that if you don't click on that reservation email you got in your inbox... You're fucked. <laughs> so it's a robotic on my end. It was like not a product. Game over. <laughs> World domination. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, hey, February twenty fifth. Good luck. <laughs> yes. I'm sure Alpaca would have loved to have pre-ordered this thing. Yes. If he actually had money in. No, well, not money, but at least have known that he could have gotten his $5 in on Steam. Have five bucks that's spare. <laughs> I'll buy some duct tape. <laughs> and a train ticket. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, um... Uh, good luck, good night, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 
But another thing that we know will be easier to attain is Android games coming to Windows. Okay. So we have two different versions of this tale. One is the Google Play Games app that's coming to Windows, which was a lot, which was announced back at the Game Awards, and the other is the version that's going to be integrated into Windows 11. So let's start with the Google Play version. So they announced that Google announced a launch a registration-based beta offering access to popular play titles on PC in Hong Kong, South Korea, and Taiwan. So, nothing for us, sadly. Yeah, it seems to be in only um, that small part of the East. Mm -hmm. That small, like, area. But, eh, it's, a, it's, it's a test, you know. Yep, and they also say if one were to get in, you can hop into tiles like Mobile Legends, Bang Bang, and Summoner's War without reaching for an Android phone or a Chromebook. And oh, I think... Larger screen. I just realized, yeah. Uh, go, go ahead, I'm, I'm just... Like, I'm like, oh, bigger technologies. <laughs> Sorry. And that you could also take advantage of larger screen exit input options, and your progress will actually sync between all the Google Play platforms, so... In other words, for someone like you, Alpaca, you could actually play Call of Duty Mobile on your desktop PC. Uh, I just like ate my microphone. Uh, <laughs> yay. Because, cause like, you know, I, I've always wanted some sort of technology to be able to, like, use my phone on a bigger screen without like going through all the, you know, uh, crap about it. <laughs> I could get a Bluetooth screen, but you know what I mean? Uh, so, you know, I, 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 I would love to play like something on, on a PC without the, uh, hassle of being on a tiny phone. That's probably has a few scratches and cracks in it. Cause, uh, uh, thirty buck phone. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, this is a pretty big milestone in my opinion, and uh, you know, this um, you, you know um, the thing is is though um. I do want to mention there is like a Linux like uh like to Windows sort of emulator for games and I wonder if they're doing like a variation of uh I think it's called like Wine or something uh and um I wonder if this has any relation to you know using like you know the Android Linux or Chrome OS or something like that I wonder if it has any relation to Wine because I've been interested in the Linux to Windows or Windows to Linux sort of thing uh, for a little while now, because if if you don't have to use Windows to play your games on Steam that are Windows exclusives, I'm all for it, honestly. Yeah. Because so. you don't have to pay 100 bucks for the new OS for your brand new gaming PC. Mm -hmm. Um. But 
to Windows uh, talks about it. Yeah. I'll let you go on that. So, for Windows 11, what they're doing is that for their app, so if you go on the Windows 11 app store, the way they're doing it is that they're partnering with Amazon to get their app. So, in other words, if Call of Duty Mobile appears on the Amazon's version of Android apps, you could play Call of Duty Mobile on that way. The catch is that because it's using Amazon and not Google's way of doing things, your progress is not necessarily going to sync as easily. Or not at all. I see. So in your case, you probably want to use the Google Play method, and at least you don't have to worry about upgrading to Windows 11, which, even though it's free... I don't care, I'm waiting for Windows 11 to give me a reason. That's drastic. Um, and no offense. Right. But anyways, as they're going to say here, so we get, if you go all the way down to the last part, which is building for what's next, you'll see that next month we're bringing new experiences to Windows that include a public preview of how you can use Android apps on Windows 11 through the Microsoft Store. It has partnerships with Amazon, Intel, and Intel, taskbar bridge with call and unmute, easier window sharing, and bringing weather to the taskbar, plus the introduction of two new redesigned apps, Notepad and Media Player. Hmm. Which is, this is this last part here is the most, this one paragraph here is the most important part of the whole entire article. The rest of the article is just tapping into, like, how, like, all the stuff that Windows is up to and how, like, they're driving engagement and PC markets saw the biggest growth in a decade. And, and this random woman playing, uh, playing, uh, uh, Halo Infinite with a ring light camera that's somehow on for some reason. Mm -hmm. Sorry. She's Sorry. probably <laughs> streaming. And it just talks about all the other stuff that, isn't as important. It's the la it's that one last part at this one paragraph is the most important part of this entire thing. Oh, other than the fact that Windows will continue to be the backbone for innovation, a destination for gaming, creativity, exploration, and get this. We have that magical word again. NFTs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a gateway to the metaverse. God damn it. I knew it was one of the three evils. <laughs> NFT, metaverse. I believe boxes or something. I forgot what the third one is actually. But, you know. Crypto? Uh, crypto, yes. So NFTs or metaverse. I knew it was going to be one of those fucking words. <laughs> But yeah, let's go back to the Android app through the Windows Store. I mean, it's nice to have a, if you have Windows 11, to have a built-in way of being able to get these sort of, most of these apps on your computer. I see, personally, I see it as like, uh, you know, do you want to connect it to your phone or do you want to just have it running through your, you know, computer only? Like, do you want... Uh, like, think of having an Xbox and a PlayStation. You have the same game on both platforms, but they don't, they don't, you know, go together. At least before crossplay. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. So, I know personally some people are going to wonder, 
which way am I going to play my Android apps on my computer? I would say, yeah, if you have Windows 11 and you link up with Amazon and everything like that, yeah, you're going to have a great time with Android, some Android apps on PC, and probably have a better compatibility because it's built into Windows, like having TikTok and Snapchat on your computer. Well, probably pretty fantastic. But if you are looking to have your games actually just actually sync up properly and you have the ability to upgrade to Windows 11 at all, uh, aka this dweeb over here, um, then the Google Play way is going to probably be your definitive way, especially since you all have to worry about blue sacks. Now featuring Elder Lake. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. But yeah, I mean, this is going to be good news for more app compatibility and being able to get Foof Alpaca to play Call of Duty Mobile. Well, once the deal has gone through, I'm not giving a single cent to uh, uh, Activision Blizzard free uh, acquisition. I hear it. I wouldn't do the same thing either. Even if it's a free-to-play game. I know they're using the body of Captain Price to sell me microtransactions. <laughs> right. But besides that point, yeah. I do think that overall, as I mentioned numerous times in this discussion already, this is going to be great for everything regarding compatibility on Windows. Oh, yes, certainly. Who and knew that 72, 72 years later this baby would turn into a 72-year-old mother who would finally know how to use Instacart <laughs> and uh, her grandson would become proficient in teams at eight years old and Skype chat his friends across the street. <laughs> Finally, the ability to play Farmville on, on PC. On PC without having to go through Facebook. Finally, I'm able to enjoy COD Mobile on my Android watch. I'm trying to look through VTube Studio now to find a watch, and I'm I'm really just gonna make it a collar. <laughs> um, so, pretty much, uh, I know this is a bandage, but this is this like little aerate thing is like the screen. <laughs> now she. Gets oh the... my god! I'm playing Call of Duty. <laughs> oh my god. Holy nah. shit, that's big. Oh my god, it's coming out of screen! <laughs> Demons! Holy balls! <laughs> oh my god, now the wristwatch is getting bigger. Holy shice! Ah! Ah! Pew pew pew, killer zombies! Ah! <laughs> uh, I'm gonna just now stop that. And uh, return to our regularly scheduled programs. Of course. Uh, do you have anything oh, fuck. else? <laughs> <laughs> wrong button. <laughs>
Do we have anything else to say about this before we move on to the next really big topic of the day? Ooh, it is going to be something. So I'm just going to leave this off with, I hope hope that the uh, translations through uh, the codes and the cast chrome casting and all that stuff i hope it goes well smooth and i hope people get to enjoy this as if it was a seamless experience of course thank you god bless you and god bless the united states of america <laughs> and hillbillies anyways on to next hillbillies. Topic. <laughs> yeah hillbillies dude <laughs> i get my unicorn gun <laughs> Yeah. Put that away now. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Anyways, on to our next topic. And our next topic for today is actually our next major topic. Okay, we're going to tackle everything from crypto, NFTs, and the metaverse. And yes, Alpaca is waving a new product that he would like to introduce. Yay. Um, introducing, um, I, I can't use the echo effect because I killed my audio drivers before this, we started recording this part. Um, so, uh, instead you're going to have to listen to me and then, uh, Hey, Hydra, I'd like an echo effect in the, uh, in post, (laughs) I guess. I don't know. Now introducing Alpaca coin. (laughs) A brand new cryptocurrency. (laughs) Now, with 25% cash back on crypto. (laughs) Order now. (laughs) Order now. (laughs) And face the sparkly artifacts. (laughs) Anyways, uh, something like that. Right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so. Anyways, on, on to actual NFTs or yeah. crypto or something. Yeah. So, what are our thoughts about the whole blockchain technology that's been powering like NFTs and crypto and all of the stuff? Like, just everything cryptocurrency, NFT, and metaverse related. Okay. So, um, uh, truthfully, I. So I don't hate NFTs or crypto or the metaverse, I guess, but I just uh, feel like uh, cryptocurrency, um, so for cryptocurrency at least, I mean, that's a hard thing because, like, I mean, it's just another currency, you know, but the ability to uh, create it or earn it through, like, proof of work uh, aka mining with an ASIC or a GPU, um, very wasteful, very, like, uh, uh, not efficient, I mean, ASICs are a lot better, but, just, everyone can afford a GPU, but ASICs are, I think we looked at an earlier episode where it was, like, uh, 13,000 for a premium one, so, that's, like, a premium gaming PC, plus all the bells and whistles, so, you know, um, on that front, really, all of this is just, like, it's not implemented well or it doesn't have this appealing uh, feel to it. So with crypto, um, 
there's that. But um, as a, you know, decentralized currency, as a, an idea is fine by me. It's just, um, I feel like the environmental impact of this new trend is, uh, like a lot of people would think, you know, would call it is just very inefficient and terrible uh, with how it's implemented right now. Uh, NFTs are... See, NFTs for me are, um, you know, I'm going to be making jokes about them because, you know, that's, they're kind of a really low-hanging fruit, and I'll make something, make some sort of a joke that's a bit, you might think um, I'm being harsh or anything, but it's just a joke. Right now, I'm telling you my true opinion of them. NFTs also, right now, as they're implemented, are quite, I, I wouldn't say crude, but... I feel like they could be used for so much more. You know how, um, like, silver bars and gold bars and uh, certain metals, when they're melted, they're stamped with a cereal? I believe that's how NFTs are. They're pretty much like that. They are basically uh, serialized digitally, um, you know, as, as a product, you know, but they're not really real they're stored as a blockchain item that you have a link to uh, and i've seen people make humor where nfts are pretty much uh uh basically you have a wife and you have the marriage papers but everybody else can do what they want with her but you are her husband or something you know that's kind of like the how the joke goes is uh, but uh, if they are used correctly, uh, like as a serialized product, and you're owning an, an individual, like, uh, digital item, I feel like that's where they could be properly utilized. But honestly, I, right now, I feel like it's a fool's tax in a sense. Uh, it's a few. It's a fool's currency or a, few, a fool's uh, uh, commodity. You know how, yeah. You know how rich people spend ridiculous amounts of money on random things, that just so they can feel powerful. These NFTs, you know, they don't. You know, artwork NFTs are. I wouldn't say useless, but. Um, you know, it's like uh, the original Mona Lisa versus every other photograph or copy of it. The original Mona Lisa is worth more than any of these, you know, printed out copies. That's more along the lines of what NFTs are, are in my, as far as I know. Um, and on to the third one. The uh, metaverse. Um, you know... Hydro made a kind of a joke about this before. Um, it has verse in it, but this was long before the term was coined, I believe, uh, as a real thing, not not just you know some sci-fi thing before Facebook ever created a meta or the metaverse or something. You remember the um. The Wii U, 
and uh, the social media that Nintendo built into it. Yep. And remember the, remember the plaza. The Meverse Plus. <laughs> Metaverse. Um. So. Uh. Pretty much, it's it's no different from. Um, going online on Discord and talking to your friends. And as an online persona, like, whatever your pro profile picture is. Yeah, it's just more like, it's pretty much, what if we can make VR chat? Yeah, but with more tangibility to it than just a character that you see, and maybe some vibration features on a controller. Like, in the metaverse, Flip Alpaca could be an anime waifu. Uh, actually, anyone no. can be anime waifus in the metaverse. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna just uh, get the uh, spray ball and uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this dude over here, I think, or maybe he's over here. I don't know. Well, in the final recordings, actually, I am facing the. I will be facing the left. I'll be left of you. And uh, just in case you're wrong, um, but uh, I mean, hey, who knows? I could really be Mika Chan. Sorry, um, anyways, I who knows? I could just be a Uganda Knuckles sitting in a, a Russian tank. <laughs> Someone could actually be Shrek. In shining armor. Exactly. <laughs> Just lift the uh the hilt or whatever. Right. Anyways. Yeah, so NFTs, you know, we've seen a lot of certain shaky elements. You could see yeah. this most especially with Ubisoft. Which if we just take a look. At this. So beforehand, we talked about Ubisoft introducing the idea of quartz. And that was a, a NFT currency that, oh, a cryptocurrency that Ubisoft was going to use to buy NFTs. That would be used for their games. Well, as you can see on December twenty first of last year, we find out that Ubisoft actually apparently sold only fifteen of them. I'm sorry, what? I thought that there would at least be some people that would buy more than them. What? Wow. That's interesting. And top of it, too, if you go to the next article ahead of it, you can see that Ubisoft really is not a fan. Like, I, th I mean... Yeah, look at this. I think gamers don't get what a digital secondary market can bring to them. For now, because of the current situation, context, and entities, gamers really believe it's first destroying the planet and second just a tool for speculation. But what we at Ubisoft are seeing first is the end game. The end game is about giving players the opportunity to resell their items once they're finished with them or once they've finished playing the game itself. 
so it's really, for them, it's really beneficial. But they don't get it for now. Also, this is part of a paradigm shift in gaming. Moving from one economic system to another is not easy to handle. There are a lot of habits you need to go against, and a lot of your integrated mindset you have to shift. It takes time. We know that. This is kind of what I was saying with like a serialized sort of approach to it. Having an item in the game that you can sell, like an item that you'd get in an RPG game, and just selling it to another player for in-game currency, not too different. Except this one has like an actual serial attached to it, and it can it could come from you to some guy in like you know Bulgaria or something. You know, it could travel pretty far and it would it would have the same serial think of like pokemon they have a pokemon trainer id attached to them um pokemon the original right. nft before nfts actually existed i'm getting the spray bottle <laughs> but really there's a reason why i just thought of that and it kind of makes sense is that pokemon are all randomly generated and they usually have the trainer's name ingrained into them yeah. And have to use blockchain technology for that. It's all in-game systems, and then especially if you get to like later generations, you could just trade them online anyways for different Pokemon. Yeah, but yeah, it shows that people really do not like you know Ubisoft's approach to this. But on the other hand, too, you see Konami actually doing a 35th anniversary NFT thing and you could get an idea of what they actually sold if you scroll all the way down on the webpage you could actually see what some of the things they sold are and they're likely just like little gifts and stuff and this was all to celebrate an anniversary of Castlevania but this auction was just to raise money right for for them themselves, pretty much. Oh, I see. And I then, mean, yeah, it's a little greedy, I guess. And Nobody then you really go and you go to the next article I have here. This is the actual NFT page on OpenSea, which is a NFT crypto market, one of the largest actually. And. If you can see here, and momentarily, if you want to actually work with me, we can see different items, and they actually are pretty high. I remember hearing that this actually made a hundred six. All these NFTs combined made up to like a hundred sixty thousand dollars. Oh, I see. I see. So yeah, if my thing actually will load. I now have a bunch of page open, but that's because this whole thing is just so, you know, much. But you can see all these different, what would be like different gifts and stuff of Castlevania, and like how they're selling for like 25 Ethereum or 30 or 36. I, I just personally like, you know, don't get the whole like uh, art, artwork thing. But, um, I do get, you know, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a gif, you know, of something like that, you know? 
Uh, but yeah, anyways, um, yeah, yeah, like, though, yeah. And you have so many other companies that you think of that would probably be more skeptical of this. Like, if you take a look, coming up over here, we have companies like Square Enix even jumping headfirst into this. And they announced, like, all of this stuff. And one of the things I remember hearing is they explained, like, Like, if we take a look here. And they... They mentioned things like, We are exploring potential efforts in the cloud space to, from two primary perspectives. First being leveraging cloud technology with content, and the second being developing content that offers customers new exciting enabled by cloud attributes. So that makes sense. They're trying to do more cloud-based stuff. But they're also looking into blockchain games. And what are like blockchain games as an example? So kind of like games, I know that some games like that will type essentially from what I understand they can be used to like mine cryptocurrency or be used for other aspects. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. Um... Not necessarily mine yeah. cryptocurrency, but you get what I mean. Like they involve crypto. Yeah, I, I get it. It's it's um very much like uh DLC in games, like like I mentioned before, but with uh serialized uh versions of every asset and uh i do also uh see um user user generated content um could pro probably be implemented as well if you want to like almost start a business over a a a game mode or something yeah you can see another thing too that another sort of game quick current in 2021, NFT or non-fungible token, the advent of NFTs using blockchain technology significantly increased the liquidity of digital goods, enabling the trading of a variety of such goods at high prices and sparking conversations the world over. I see 2021 not only as the metaverse year one, but also NFTs year one, given that it was a year in which NFTs were met with a great deal of enthusiasm by a rapidly expanding user base. Uh... I mean, it's it certainly hasn't been a warm welcome, especially know. in the gaming world. Yeah, uh, which I c completely understand. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of the implements have been not uh inviting as well as you know it being a warm welcome. So I. Yeah, I can see that only... there's a bit of misinformation when it comes to that statement, uh, or misinformed statement, I guess, you know. Not being misinformed, like, being misinformed, not, you know, for misinforming, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, and you can see that that's, Square Enix has responded to them, Ubisoft responded back negatively, they have one company, which is Sega. They're in an interesting spot. 
I saw this. They, they're doing their best to avoid it for, you know, monetary, uh, uh, making, um, because the implement as it is now looks very much like just a money making scheme considering they go for so high of a, you know, price sometimes, you know? Yeah. And then you see things like Sega looking, was looking into it. However, the thing is that at the time when this article written, it says that it could halt its R and D initiatives and investments into NFTs. If the global gaming audience pushes back and you can see even then, you can see some of the extra data it says, in terms of NFT, we would like to try out various experiments, and we have already started many different studies and considerations, but nothing is decided at this point regarding play to earn. There have been many announcements about this already, including at overseas, but there are users who show negative reactions at this point. We need to carefully assess many things, such as how we can mitigate the negative elements, how we can introduce this within the Japanese regulation, what will be accepted and what will not be by the users. They have to consider this further if this leads to our mission, constantly creating forever captivating. But if it is perceived as simple money-making, I'd like to make a decision not to proceed. But what are these trademark watch uh, things, though? So those are trademarks that Sega has filed for in case they do go into NFTs. I see. So you can see that the the one on the left, I would assume this would be more for like classic games. Yeah, you can see the classics out there. Think like Rise Star or K Chameleon or any of the other classic Sega games that have been around. Golden Axe, maybe. Yeah, and then you get to well Sega NFT, and this seems to be a much more broad term. That could be anything from Sega. Yeah, I can tell that uh, the first one on the left with Classics NFT Collection, I could see that maybe work into another uh, NFT uh, use, like uh, owning um, like digital versions of like Genesis and Dreamcast games, maybe. Who knows? You know? And that's the thing, is that that's what we... That... That's what it should be used for, for in terms of the gaming world. Having proper ownership of these games that you could take back and forth with you. But yeah. as we've noticed, they haven't done it. Hell, even Ubisoft, who was thinking of being trying to be advocate about this sort of stuff, hasn't done this with an actual game as an NFT. Like, the idea of, hey, you have this digital NFT good of a game. And this code can be used as many times as you want or however they want to integrate it. And then you can sell what technically is a used digital game. Yes, and I would absolutely love, you know how you could buy old PC games, you have to, you have to punch in a code, it might be a zero or, you know, an O. Sometimes you might get it tri tripped up. Well, instead of having all those codes be stacked in a case somewhere, you could have a wallet that has all these codes and you can just copy and paste them into a, you know, a, a Genesis emulator to prove that you own the game, something like that. I would absolutely love that. It would be astounding. And then emulation wouldn't be so outlawed, you know, by, you know, 
by a technicality, you know. Yeah, or even just modern Steam games, like being able to just be like, hey, Steam, you have a legal used game market. You could do something in which, like, the games are all stored in, like, a blockchain technology, and you could use, like, Steam points as if that was, like, a cryptocurrency. Yeah. Also, fuck Denuvo. This would just decimate Denuvo anti-cheat. Exactly. (laughs) But the problem is, is that people are using this for, hey, let's just put artwork on there. And while artwork's cool and all, it's like yeah. easy to just copy and paste. Like, we could also technically have used it for, like, digital ownership of movies and music. Mm-hmm. To actually show, yo, we actually own this stuff. What do you mean? Yeah, and, like, if you purchase a CD, it could come with a code that you enter into a a wall of some sort and then every time you uh you know every time to prevent piracy every time that you rip a cd those there will be like you know micro data in it that says this is from serial blah 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 and you'd be able to track it so i mean that's a little bit too authoritarian in my opinion but every time you burn a cd it would have that serial built burnt into it so you, you could you know, prove ownership. Although, like I said, it's a bit authoritarian. Right. And, yeah, you have all this stuff with NFTs that show that, you know, this all, it could be a thing. Also, you have many other companies that's not just gaming, experimenting with the idea of this. Actually, what's even worse is the idea of what Atari's thinking of doing with their NFTs. Take a look at this. How about integrating loot boxes into NFTs? Like, that sounds disastrous. (laughs) I never want to get into that, ever. Loot boxes for NFTs? Like, now that that you mention it, like, it just seems like these uh, companies aren't getting what it... Like, it feels like uh, the old, like, uh, are you a gamer? Sort of, like... (sighs) Uh, cringy sort of like really don't get it sort of things we don't want loot boxes for nfts <laughs> we want digital actual proper digital ownership of digital media that you know isn't something you could just copy and paste so easily yeah i don't want to get fucked over by an anti-sheet just because i'm running it off of linux through a windows vm <laughs> like if I, if I could do something like that and just be able to play my game without, you know, anti-cheat thinking that I'm pirating the software or something, that would be a wonder, you know? And there's a blockchain to verify it, you know? Exactly. So all this stuff would be really cool. And, yeah, it, just, it would be very fascinating to see some of the things you could do with this. And technology. But not only does this tie in with games, but many retailers and other companies are even exploring the possibility of what of the pop- popularity of this sort of thing. So let's just take a look real quick at something maybe like what. So the Associated Freaking Press is doing, in which they're trying to launch NFT photography, like a marketplace for this sort of stuff. And the idea that they're going to essentially put their 
journalism images up on a marketplace for you to buy. Not really buy, but invest in and have a actual, like, serialized link and everything that shows you own a version of this image. It's like a license. I guess you can think of it like that. Like, it's like you're investing in something like a stock. It's not really like you're buying something. It's like you're more so investing in it. A piece of item as if it was like a stock. Oh, I see. So, like, you think, like, hey, blockchain, let's use it to actually, you know, make use digital media a thing. They can actually be like, hey, I want to give this to a friend or sell it to somebody without fear of, you know, having my money ripped away or anything like that, for, or just the convenience of its true ownership. But instead, it feels like a lot of people are just jumping on a bandwagon because they see all these images are making stupid amount of money just from investing in them as if they were like stock. Or if you're thinking about museums, like original artwork. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I like, I'm still on the fence about the, uh, you know, the idea of an image with no, you know, like it being separate from copyright, you know, the ownership of it through a blockchain versus the ownership of the copyright of it. Um, and let me tell you, copyright laws are really old and outdated, in my opinion. Um, Especially I'm still the on US. the fence about it. Yeah, I, I'm still on the fence about it, but uh, the way I do see it is pretty much like that, is that, you know, it's a another way to verify copyright ownership. However, it's not, you know, it, as a law, it's not a thing yet, but because I can still screenshot or right-click, save as, you know, on any of these images that they're presenting, so. Right, and on top of it, too, especially for content creator, there needs to be a way that makes it so a, a simple con a mainstream consumer can easily add music to their freaking videos. Yeah, certainly being able to just purchase a license and then use it as a video and have it it's be verified through a blockchain so you can always submit it as proof to whatever the host like youtube you know something like that you know right and i know many sites out there that actually do you know want to buy a license but it's not like hey you're buying a cd and then it's like okay i have a proof of ownership let me use it in my videos it's like you have to go through a back door just to be able to be like yo i want to go on music bites or something like that and actually be able to you know use the song in my video it's kind of lame actually <laughs> like th that needs to be streamlined certainly you can't just buy a used cd and expect to be able to post it on youtube you know you're gonna get your t channel or just the video taken down or have it be siphoned from 100% like uh, revenue to YouTube and the copyright owner, you know? Or more so, the most important thing is that you shouldn't be able to, yeah, you shouldn't be able to post an entire album on YouTube, but you should be able to properly transform the work, like add video footage or something 
So that way, those who are not copyright you know, literate can actually make content and not worry about their videos taking down. Yeah, I, I know the copyright laws are you cannot use any bits of copyrighted elements unless the owner approves of it and allows you to go through with it. You know, by some sort of deal, either, you know, your friend does music, does has an entire album and just allows you to have a, you know, license to use it anytime on any of your videos versus, I don't know, uh, uh, an artist, you know, uh, Justin Timberlake using one of his, you know, songs or a part portion of it. You can't do that. You don't know him personally. He's not a friend. He wouldn't even allow it, you know, so it's. For example, you know. Right. And on top of it, too, you have many other, besides Associated Press, you have many other companies that are looking into the idea of NFTs. For instance, you have companies like PayPal exploring their own lot of their own cryptocurrency. You have, you have things like GameStop is even considering getting into crypto and NFTs where you could, like, sell NFTs through a hub. Or how about Walmart, also quietly preparing to enter the metaverse in some degree, where they've actually had indicated they've filed several trademarks that indicate an intent to sell, make and sell virtual goods. And if you look at this article, you can see that it wants to create a cryptocurrency and a collection of non-NFTs. And it seems like what they also tend to do is that they're going to sell virtual goods, including electronics, home decorations, toys, sporting goods, and personal care products. And also, you can see all these different patents on the CNBC article I have here. What they plan to do with all this stuff. Yeah. And it seems like they also want to have their own, you know, downloadable software for use in managing portfolios of digital currency. So they want to have their own. Omar also wants to have their own wallet and stuff like that, too. It's kind of interesting to think about. Like, Yeah, I, I, I see. Um, and this was um, this was just before New Year's last year. Yeah, so they are, um, you know, a month in. So I hopefully we'll see more news later, you know. And then you also have oh, Upper Oprah. You know, it's a web browser that not as many people use. They're also going to make a dedicated crypto browser. Yes, I saw this as an advertisement, actually. Um, is it? Kind of like, you know how Bing has, like, you can earn Microsoft Rewards points or something like that, but cryptocurrency, right, as you search, mm. like, it'll mind your GPU as you look about, right? So, the idea is that, if you look at the article here, let's see, it's reading it here.
yeah, you can see this whole thing and like they have features like native non-custodial crypto wallet and secure clipboard they have bringing the web3 experience to a new level and you can see like they're journeying into web3 and being able to take advantage of everything mm. and like having a dedicated wallet and ecosystem partnerships and all this stuff just to try to make it more integrated with crypt cryptocurrencies and it's just showing that the tools for being able to view nfts they're trying to make it easier to understand but right now we're at a point in time where no one really understands the proper implications of if nfts were done right this is what this would mean rather than just having images of apes with different decorations yeah that's um yeah i i you see the that uh the board ape um nft uh part of it i can see that's how part of uh that's part of why people um uh were so um confused and almost flustered by it was because it seemed like a it's just palette swaps you know this is you know this is definitely going to be less of a far cry from what most people are uh uh used to when they hear nfts or anything right. related to blockchain technology of any sort you know yeah and on top of it too what else is more interesting is to think about is that a lot of art that comes out NFT, like if they want to make NFT art, it's either A, a lot of reused assets, or B, the makers of it just focus more on the money making rather than the actual quality of the art. Yeah. Like I remember at one point seeing a preview of an ape cartoon, like an NFT cartoon. And and you can kind of tell that they're doing like cut cores of the quality of the animation and stuff, or like the plot not that great. You're it's like they're only really doing it just to have the the NFT investments in the money making. Mm. Also, you have places like YouTube even consider jumping on the the NFT bandwagon. Yeah, let's talk about that because uh, uh, I've seen a, a gif of a, a depressed Spider-Man um, with the captions, YouTube gets into NFTs. <laughs> so pretty much, know. yeah, so pretty much what they're saying is that in a, in a letter by Susan Wojcicki, she mentioned that a term used by crypto is that Web3 which is a term used by crypto enthusiasts to refer to the collection of blockchain-based technologies they believe will usher in a new era of the internet, has been a source of inspiration for the company. And a little quote she mentions, the past year in the world, crypto, non-fungible tokens, and even decentralized autonomous organizations has highlighted a previously unimaginable opportunity to grow the connection between the creators and their fans. We're always focused on expanding the YouTube ecosystem to help creators capitalize on emerging technologies, include things like NFTs, while continuing to strengthen and enhance the experiences creators and fans have on YouTube. And also, it mentions again that 
we're going to mention a lot of this too is like Twitter, which we'll, we'll have that again. If you go on the Twitter link here, you can see that what they're going to do is they're going to have NFT profile pictures support. As of right now, it's only if you have a Twitter Blue membership. But the idea that, you know, NFTs have gotten to the point where it's like, okay, Twitter is even allowing you to use those NFT images as a profile picture. This advertisement is creepy, but I get what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I can see apes, which is the most commonly used image out there. Oh, great. I mean, don't get me wrong, I know a friend who's currently in the process of working on a Fort Ape meme, and not meme, uh, NFT, and it is starting to come out pretty cool, but you know that a lot of it is going to get kind of close to reskin territory. And also, Reddit is even experimenting with user profile pics with NFTs. And they even mentioned here, we're always exploring new ways to provide value for users on Reddit. And the way we're testing the usability of NFTs as profile pictures and verify ownership. It's small internal tests and notices have been made about expanding and rolling out the capability. Oh no, not crypto snooze. <laughs> no, not not even Reddit. <laughs> now, now, now how will I be able to browse... Um, r slash dink memes <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh god well uh, that's something I guess and, the, and they mentioned here at the end like, TechCrunch also said that Reddit isn't limiting its exclusive profile picks to owners of its own NFT product Crypto Snooze if the feature actually gets implemented and give the current wave of crypto hype why wouldn't it You'll be able to display whatever NFT you'd like, so long as you browse our <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> you know what that Reddit is? That Reddit uh, board is right. What is that? So, it's um, it's uh. Uh, it's uh, the big uh, hub word. Uh, so that that's what it is. Uh, so that's why I laughed is because apparently you can just go around as like a bored ape while browsing. Um, I don't know your favorite. Uh, 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 actor. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I mean, I think yours is probably Leonardo. Caprio, no, not, no, 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 not him. Uh, Keanu Reeves, because it's Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly raises 
uh, unicorn sparkles at him. <laughs> right. And on top of all this stuff, too, we even have the fact that Facebook and Instagram are jumping on the NFT bandwagon. The fact that they're going to try and make it easier to make, showcase, and sell NFTs on their platform. Because they're all owed by Meta. Fuck. So pretty much what they're saying is that social media conglomerate Meta is exploring plans to let users create, showcase, and sell NFTs on Facebook and Instagram. If the company launches such tools, it'll be the biggest show of main group support for NFTs to date and helps solidify the controversial assets placed in the digital world. And they're saying that at that time, the plans were at an early stage and could change. All right. So, yeah. We may be living in a world which you have to hop on Instagram and then you're going to see everyone being a board ape avatar because they're going to have tools that make it easier to sell NFTs on Facebook. <laughs> like, imagine a world which literally every single freaking... Like, this is the terrifying part of NFTs based off what I can understand and seen of all this. Imagine a world where instead of being able to go on Google Images and just copy paste or save an image, you literally have to. Google Images is just a freaking NFT site, and you literally have to buy every single image you want to use. It's not the world I want to live in. I just want to sit here and. Uh... Enjoy my NFT as uh, Toby Fox. Actually, Toby Fox the dog. Exactly. Like, you want to be Toby Fox the dog. I mean, technically, your avatar could be NFT and you can make money off of it. Yeah, I truly could. But I really love Toby Fox. <laughs> and the annoying dog. <laughs> and I'm certainly... Uh, <laughs> I'm certainly not, um, uh, you know, um, going to, uh, <laughs> going to make this an NFT and sell it for millions, especially this wonderful decal on the grip. So while we have all this going on over here, <laughs> we also have the fact that we have Warner Music Group also partnering with Sam Buckery, a music-themed metaverse. So imagine going to a concert in VR. <laughs> That's honestly a great description of this. It's literally... Um having a like being a uh oh, this is almost like the xbox museum uh from like before yeah the anniversary thing that's right so the idea that's is pretty uh, is, if you look through the article is that you're gonna be so pretty much what this is doing is that like imagine like artists like well, the walking dead snoop dog adidas 
Dead Moss, Diva Colt, Akoi, Richie Houghton, the Smurfs, Care Bears. I don't know why someone would actually name themselves Atari, but we'll go with it. No, that's just Soldier Boy. He owns Atari, right? Just kidding. <laughs> don't sue me. <laughs> oh my god, that is a rose in itself. You! <laughs> <laughs> So someone thought that he tra traded Chuck E. Cheese coins in order to get it. <laughs> <laughs> One second. I, I got... Yo! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've only got guns, but, uh... <laughs> You know, the best I can do for, like, uh, you know, to look like Soldier Boy, I guess, is, like, uh... Well, I got the glasses, I think. Did he wear glasses? I forgot. I believe so. You can make yourself look like any rapper, technically. Alright, then, um... And, uh... This is gonna be fucking stupid, but okay. Uh, I'm wearing that drip. It's a tuxedo. This actually looks like a maid outfit, though. Fuck. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> actually, if that hoodie was black, that actually would work. Yeah, maybe. But still, yeah. So imagine like having to pay tickets, right? And you just hop on your VR headset, and then you have like this like live experience in VR. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind it, you know, it'd be like, um, it'd be like, uh, attending an E3 concert, like we mentioned before, but in VR. No, that's what, e that's what E3 should do for the metaverse, is make VR seats for people. Yeah, yeah, because literally, you just go in, you have all the artists using, like, NFTs and stuff like that, they just play all these different NFTs and stuff like that, and then you just play a concert like kind of in VR or whatever yeah. sort of metaverse like game like technically Club Penguin is a metaverse Toontown yes technically could be a metaverse Webkins could be a metaverse <laughs> <laughs> because you buy a stuffed animal in real life and then you become the stuffed animal in the game except not really no, Webkins was the original NFT. You can't change my mind. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I could have a J-pop webcam. One second. Uh, let me um, look up a Webkins cat. Because... Holy shit, Webkins is still alive? What the fuck? Could I, like, break, jailbreak into my own account? <laughs> <laughs> you remember your um, own password? No. That one will stop me, though. <laughs> Do you remember the email that it was set up with? No, but let me tell you, I'm having a 
giant nostalgia trip right now because let me tell you I have found one of my webcams through Google Images. <laughs> that is one of the webkins that I used to own. This type of webkins. There's also a silver lanky one that didn't stand up. Um, oh my god, webkins. NFTs. Yo, oh shit. Yo. <laughs> Webkids 2. Metaverse Boogaloo. Oh my god, that'd be so amazing. <laughs> if I could just like break into my own account and like. I think I named that white cat like Princess or something. Anyways, uh, sorry. Uh, what are we doing? Uh, oh, we're talking about uh, concerts. I mean, finally, I mean, if. If other music groups can get in on this, finally, Clue Alpaca will have a baby metal concert in VR. You think I didn't put this away, did you? <laughs> <laughs> It'll have guests featuring Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer. Yes, it would. Um... The actual, like, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, d definitely, uh, the, the actual punk rockists, Megadeth, you know, and, uh, Metallica, well, the true metal deathcore baby metal. <laughs> because you are just as alive as you are as an infant. So it is really death metal. I imagine all the other Japanese metal bands that could be part of it. Yes. And then we could actually... You said Japanese is Kate. What? Uh, yeah, there are other Japanese metal bands besides Babe Metal, and they are more metal than Bob. Oh my god, uh, for some reason I, you, you, just, you just fucked with my head. I thought... You, you, like, oh my god. I keep on thinking K-pop and J-pop are like... Oh god, what the fuck? I keep on thinking like... Wait, keep thinking of the never-ending battle of J-pop versus K-pop, and which one's better. No, no, I keep on thinking that Baby Metal is K-pop for some reason, and I don't know why. It's just because, like, I never think of, like, Japan when I think of metal. Except, like, when there are metal, like... Oh, God. My brain hurts. I need to take a, a lie down. Maybe I think you may have to listen to Maximilian the Hormone. I believe that's the name of the band. I forgot. That's like another Japanese metal band. Okay. Just look up Japanese metal bands after this episode's done. You'll be surprised. Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I'd rather have like a Romanian metal band for, for the end of the episode, though. But I don't know. Or Russian metal band that drinks vodka. But I like a... <laughs> Sorry. Oh shit. But yeah, this is. Um, but, but getting back to the idea of what we've seen from the crypto, the metaverse, baby NFTs. metal NFTs. Yes, we just need an NFT from a digital NFT. Because remember the NFT thing with Funko Pop and Bob Ross. But that whole controversy? Oh, yes. Kind of.
kind of. Kind of, in a sense. Yeah, there's a whole controversy involving Bob Ross and Funko Pop making an NFT using him because he didn't want his himself to be profited or something like that. Yeah, I see. But what if you made an NFT of uh, Funko Pop approached Babe Metal and they made a little NFT of these girls? I'm taking multiple print screenshots um, of you like uh doing that so um how about 60 40 40 60 all right i'll give you like 80 20 okay Sorry. Yeah. oh wow these screenshots are really nice actually they're very pristine <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Um, how do you feel like you're? But I think we've dragged this discussion enough on, you know, the main points of NFTs, like the idea that we believe that they should be, you know, the current implementation sucks, and that it should be reformed to better utilize for true ownership of like digital music, and video games and movies. Yeah, certainly. Or the use of preservation of original versions of lost work. Oh, uh, yes. Like, imagine if the Mona Lisa, right, got archived into a blockchain. Then <laughs> you could have, like, the original, original copy be preserved to a museum. So, like, for instance, like, the Museum Modern Art in New York City, right? Yeah. They have, they, on display, and I've actually seen this in person, believe it or not, the original Starry Night by Vincent Van Gogh. Like I said, I saw it in person. Yeah. Now... They could technically make a really elaborate screenshot or something, or find a way to scan it without damaging the ink or pastel that he used for it. And then make that an NFT. And the idea would be that you could then use the cryptocurrency, the museum could gain a lot of money to better upgrade their facilities and then be able to preserve more artwork. Or additionally, since you'll have a clear, proper ownership of an original version of, you know, that scan, that museum could then offer to sell, you know, or have people invest into the original artwork and have its value increase to a point that it gets close to the, obviously, the original version. And also, you're preserving not just a copy of, you know, Vance and Van Gogh, Starry Night, you're actually preserving the original Starry Night. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you can use it to preserve inform like crucial information. Yeah, it's just um how do you like 
the, the only thing is like transferring a like a genuine copy of a physical object into a digital uh, copy, you know. I mean, how do you say that it's like the original sort of like copy of it, I guess, you know, like because it, it's a physical object. How do you create an original digital copy of it, really, you know? That can apply to anything, really. What's the original digital copy of a copy of Persona 5? What's the original copy of Cyberpunk 2077? Because you have a master yeah. file. Once that gets uploaded, you're just just you get essentially just getting mirrored shared. Whatever files that's in the Microsoft or Sony's servers. Yeah. Um I don't know, it's just it's always intrigued me as how how to uh because there are master tapes of the original recordings of, like, music or original, like, uh, film from, you know, an old concert or something of a band. But it's just, like, how do you make it truly have a tangible, like, feeling of original, like, like your original, like, copy of it, you know? The... It's... I don't know if it's it's just always um I've always had that in the back of my mind. How do I make something like that like a hundred percent the original sentimental copy, you know? When it comes to a physical object being made digitally. Other than being physically scanned by a uh printer or something, I guess. But that is kind of, you know, not really, uh, th that's just a point of, uh, interest. Um, uh, I'll let you, uh, continue on. Right. Because while, you know, cryptocurrency has been, versus a very key issue, not only we've had problems, like I said, with, with companies like Ubisoft actually reported it failing, but we have other minor issues that we have to kind of talk about with cryptocurrencies and how they're not faring the best in some areas. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, in the UK government, they're trying to strengthen rules on misleading cryptocurrency advertisements. A certain cryptocurrency coin that we talked about before? <laughs> maybe, maybe the Alpaca coins immune from these rules. But monkey shall so not. <laughs> uh, get wrecked, monkey shiz. Get wrecked. I, I feel bad for the people who thought it was going to be a, a good uh, altcoin. You know, but then it just immediately got ripped away. You know. They know it's a joke, but I don't know. They didn't know it was that much of a joke that uh, the victim would really be them, you know? <laughs> yeah, so essentially what's going on here in the UK, as, it gets, as it's noting, people are increasingly being more receptive to crypto assets. And what they're trying to do here is that the they're trying to make it so that the promotion of qualifying crypto assets will be subject to the FCA rules in England. And Great Britain and South 
rules in line with the same standards that other financial promotions that the stocks, shares, and insurance products are held to. So, in other words, it's being treated more as a stock. It's like any regulations that they had on like stocks or insurance rates or whatever, cryptocurrencies are receiving this. Applies to this. Yeah. Applies to this. Mm -hmm. Sorry. So, this is obviously... I mean, what do we think? Is this good for... Is it truly good for the player? Uh... So, on account of um, the understanding of what cryptocurrency is and the actual, like, risk that it's involved, like, you know, especially if you, unfortunately, invest into a scam, you know, that's, you know, it's kind of a, a big thing with me is, like, when I, when we found, when I found that article um, about that uh, cr certain cryptocurrency, I, um, I was blown away. At just how, um, you know, I was I was just as blown away as um, a video I watched on on it from a YouTuber that I watched, and you know, I was like, holy crap! Like people are actually that dense, you know. So the idea of being misled to, because you you hear this these keywords like oh, a cryptocurrency, a brand new coin. People would think that it's okay to invest in it when it has no backing, unlike, you know, um, a Bitcoin. You know, uh, th there is, you know, all cryptocurrency can crash or burn or uh, rise and fall as it, you know, as it may. It's not like uh, government-backed, you know, uh, currency. So I personally, I feel like understanding what the stuff is because personally, I don't even know what it is that much. I don't know how that blockchain is a verification to it, like truly. But I do understand that that's a way. Of, that's that is a serial that's put into a uh, system, and that's backed by somebody who either owns it or is co-owned of it, right? Something like that. So. Even I don't really truly understand how all this stuff 100% works. Of course, I'm not going to say that I, I... I probably know as much as the average gamer who hears this stuff and is wondering why it's a brand new keyword that people are getting angry at. Because um, I know that there have been a lot of uh, trigger words that have just been popping up with a lot of... Uh, and a lot of things to be uh, angry at, you know, or uh, feel uh, uh, attacked by almost, you know. And, like, I feel like this is the brand new scapegoat word to be angry at. Uh, understanding what cryptocurrency is and how it really impacts the actual unbiased facts of it. Um, it is good for the player. I guess, you know? Exactly. But, it really is good to know that people are not going to just blindly invest into something and watch all their investments crash into the ground. There'll yeah, because be you some... can... Sorry. There will always be some sort of disclosure saying, hey, this is probably riskier than a stock. Invest with caution. Yeah. It's it's unlike in, investing in a stock or a... um. 
hell even just having interest gain in a like in a bank somewhere you know it's it can it is very volatile you know it could be up or down the next day or the next hour even and uh, uh on top of that though um i had another point where it was um i can't remember it exactly right now but uh it was also uh, not only just just demystifying all this stuff but um uh, alongside um I guess understanding because you could you could mine Bitcoin and Ethereum and as the more people that do mine these types of coins, the harder the ability to profit off of them or gain the money that's be, the currency that's being mined because of the math calculations. They only get harder and harder as more people mine. So unfortunately, if there's a decrease in people, then you know, I mean, well, fortunately, if there's decrease in people that are mining, you gain more money because less people are mining to make it more less less difficult because there's less people invested in it. Whereas if there are more people, it's harder to. And there's a big crypto boom right now, or at least there was months ago, last year. Um, so people see all these altcoins and they think that it's an easier investment it's cheaper and they think that it's going to skyrocket the next day because they see all these other cryptocurrencies that are you know yeah uh, you know rumber raven coin and stuff like that mm. uh, so uh, yeah i do think that this is also good for the player for that reason as well that making sure they understand that these investments are volatile and not every brand new kid on the block is gonna be trustworthy Right. And then you also deal with the fact that we're going to shift over to the next article in the series. Crypto.com lost four, $34 million in a hack that affected 483 accounts. And this is pretty much saying that apparently 483 accounts were affected and the unauthorized withdrawal totaled. 4,836.26 Ethereum, 443.93, I believe that's supposed to be a Bitcoin, and approximately $66,200 in other currencies. And based off that exchange rate, that's $15.3 million worth of Ethereum and $18.7 million of Bitcoin for a total of $34 million in losses. Jeez, that is scary. And this is based off 400 people that got their accounts hacked. Wow, they were reeling in the ears at that point. My God. I... You know, um, something like this happens a lot. Like, I, I remember a nice hash got hacked like that. Um, and by the time it got replaced, it was pretty much worthless. And they the hackers got off with enough bank for it uh this is part of the reason why uh, this decentralized currency is a bit of a scary you know uh road to travel in you know investments as well um uh, gosh that's that's sad uh, i'll let you take it away now yeah so it's also mentioning that 
another tweet posted on January 17, whatever said, yeah, Marzalek said that no customer funds were lost. The company shut down 14 hours. And yeah, it's a bunch a whole thing from the report. But they said that crypto.com is starting to introduce like security measures such as users having to wait 24 hours before they can withdraw to a newly registered whitelisted address. And they're announcing more world protection. So at least this they're they can they're trying to learn from it. Yeah. But as far so, as I as far as I can tell, at least unlike nice hash, it says no customer funds were lost, but Stuff like this is still, you know, uh, scary because if it was customer funds or any other type of, um, you know, stuff like that, that, you know, you think it would be worthless the next day if it so happened to be, you know. I'm sure if, they, if those guys actually got away with it, they're probably over here like, hey, we could sell this for some mean money. Yeah. Unfortunately, like, though, you like, know. Imagine what you could do with thirty-four million dollars. Such a stupid operation like this. It's, it's so could, much. I could uh, download thirty-four million dollars worth of NFT uh, rule thirty-four. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw the number and I was like, "This is an opportunity." <laughs> or you could use it to, you could use that thirty-four million dollars to finally. Get yourself a baby metal concert and some pop figures. It'd be like we're going. I'll buy the band, and I will find a replacement for the third member that left. <laughs> and the triplets will be reunited. Wow! And we shall, you. we shall go to the bar and get very drunk, <laughs> while karaoke is blasting the entire discography. Of baby metal. Yeah, fun times. Fun times. Yeah, funny times. Fun times. And then we also have the fact that over 80% of NFTs minted for free on OpenSea are fake, plagiarized, or spam. And there's a whole thing if you go on their Twitter that explains it. So it's mentioning how mere months after one of its employees resigned for using insider information to profit on NFT drops, OpenSea caused a stir among its users this week when it roughly announced that it was putting a restriction on its free minting. And the feature allowed individuals to create and list an NFT without paying a gas price, the fee that crypto miners charge to write new data to a blockchain. And it goes on to mention how the limit is the 50 item limit to the tool. And apparently this was not very popular among its users and the company had to reverse course on it. And if you look up above, you'll see a Twitter thread that tried to, for them to explain this was why we had to do, we wanted to do this. Yeah. <sighs> but honestly, having that limit doesn't seem like it's that bad because at least one it's showing that you're not trying to spam shit yeah yeah the other hand i can just imagine like how many longtime users were pissed off at the move and that's probably why they leaned away from that idea yeah like, who's truly writing this question i have no idea but oh i know it's still a 
second situation to know that they're trying to build out and like trying to check yo um we want to get rid of these stupid spammers well you know uh plagiarism is you know quite serious you know i mean i mean of course but because nfts aren't really backed by any sort of copyright law this is you know in a sense it's like uh creating a you know it's it's no different from you know creating an asset and then using it without even copywriting it first and then putting it up for people to just you know take away you know and use as their own and you have no way to back that you own that you know product or you know i mean i know these people that are selling this stuff are a bit smarter than that of course you know they might as well have some sort of copyright on it, but I hope you understand what I mean by that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, I believe that's all we have to really say of the old NFT craze. Yes, so far. At least with the with the problems that we've w witnessed with it from other avenues. So, while we wait on that, we're going to start mentioning a couple of quick news here before we get going on the next major topic. First off is the fact that Intel is spending $20, million, $20 billion over here to build a massive new chip-making facility in Ohio. As it mentions up here, Intel CEO Pat Gelsinger expected to be the biggest silicon manufacturing location on the planet. Hmm. And apparently it's gonna and apparently it's gonna be built in a one thousand acre land in New Albany, located which is located in the outskirts of Columbus, Ohio. And it's gonna have two semiconductor fa fabrication plants on the property that would employ three thousand people. And it's supposed to be operational by twenty twenty five. And you can see it's a combination of, as it sees here, the White House strongly discouraging Intel from ramping up production in China and the fact that industries, the administration has been trying to push companies to manufacture chips in the U.S. to try and combat the global chip shortage because since so many companies have turned to China for chip manufacturing, it made it so that when China shuts itself completely down, it's like, oh, crap. We can't make chips. Yeah. And I, I see where that fear comes from because, you know, it, no competition is kind of bad. I mean, we kind of just, you know, talked about that with that whole uh, thing with the Game Pass stuff uh, with Microsoft and PlayStation. But, um,. I'm just happy that at least there's some sort of, you know, uh, uh, chip uh, manufacturing um, plants. There's more that are coming out because this shortage, you know, we were not really prepared for anything of that sort. You know, we weren't prepared to wake up the next morning when, you know, we think it's a fine day, you know, just sitting inside our house and then all of a sudden... Us as you know, um, 
as like I'd say, you know, computer enthusiasts or uh, you know people who you know use cars and stuff like that. We we didn't expect to wake up and then now our um, now there are no chips to uh, fund any sort of uh, like we didn't, we didn't expect to wake up one day and then there's no way to buy a new product because the chip shortages have just uh the chip shortage had just begun and now the, you know because we also didn't expect to just buy up all, all you know people to buy up computers for zoom and stuff like that you know now that we're living in that type of age where you know uh not only do we, you know, have a lot of digital products, but now we're kind of forced to have more of them because of the whole chip shortage stuff, you know? Or because of the pandemic, I'm sorry. I, I'm just happy to see at least some sort of production, uh, like some sort of plan, you know, just, uh, you know, crop up, even though it's going to be in 2025, of course. That's the only downside I hear to this news is that it's, you know, it might be well after the pandemic is over. At least I hope. Yeah. I hear um, you. I'm quite happy, though, you know. Um, the idea of having it in the U.S. means we have to wait for overseas stuff, too. So. Exactly. And also, we have to also discuss the fact that NVIDIA is preparing to walk away from the ARM acquisition. So we've talked about this ARM acquisition plenty of times where we've noticed that places like the UK and the United States have been looking to, you know, curb stop on this acquisition because they thought that NVIDIA would just start using it to benefit themselves and not anyone else. So because they felt that that company was way too integral, we're going to be like, uh, no... Screw you, NVIDIA. We're going to just let this... We don't think you should buy this because of the fact that, you know, this has been used in so many different devices. And on top of it, too, as we also mentioned here, current ARM owner SoftBank is reportedly advancing a program to take ARM public as an alternative to the acquisition. So, in other words, you could actually invest in ARM. Oh. And by investing in ARM, that technically means you're also giving ARM capital. Because you're investing it in as like a stock. Yeah. Which, this is great news for, you know, any company that isn't NVIDIA. Because this means that finally, we can rest in ease from this story. I think the story concluded in Kind of a sad way for NVIDIA, but good for everybody else. Yes, it's definitely good for the consumer player. Exactly. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I was not very fence city, but I was very uh, um, unsure. I mean, I guess that's kind of the, the definition. Um, but I was very unsure because... Uh, you know, it, NVIDIA has this, like, uh, loose uh, 
grasp on consumer practice, I feel sometimes. I feel like um, a lot of their decisions, you know, with the RTX 3080 12 gigabyte and the TI versions, which are sometimes even uh, more expensive than their non-TI variants, I feel like they are really doing their best to cash grab in a really unstable market. And I feel like if there were ever... If there's ever a worse time to take control of a fabrication like ARM, you know, uh, it would be now. <laughs> and I think also, uh, you know, not even the chip shortage, but just in general, I feel like they wouldn't be very ethical about it in a sense. Um, those are just my opinions, though. I feel like because of all the, you know, stuff that they've they haven't proven themselves to be responsible for an ARM uh, acquisition. Right. And again, money talks, of course. Exactly. Yeah. Now that we see that NVIDIA is trying to back away from this, I feel like ARM is in a better position. You know, like I said, because it's going to be public, it's going to receive funding from investors. That's going to be a good way for ARM to you know, develop newer versions of its architecture to better suit for smartphones. Absolutely. Very much, yeah. And then... Alright, everybody. And we're going to get started on our next major topic here. And this is going to be for CES 2022. Yes. Now, we start off our story a little earlier in time. And what has happened is that before the show came to existence... Numerous different companies dropped out of the show. And if you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the article, you'll see some people commenting that the show's been very quiet. And that certain halls were closed. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, it does look pretty empty. <laughs> it looks... It looks barren. I, I would expect it to be like uh, Minecon or something, like levels of uh, people, except more tech enthusiasts than, uh, you know. Right, and a lot of it's had to do with Omicron ruining everything. Yeah, and that scary uh, mannequin robot, what the hell? Oh god, that's loud. Did you see? Oh god. Anyways, let's talk about it. Yeah. So they scroll down here and you see a bunch of stuff here that like, tells you what, what's been going on with a lot of these companies. Like Mercedes-Benz canceled its appearance. Magna decided to withdraw. MD canceled in-person presence. And you'll see yeah. here, like, Microsoft is not participating. Google is not really. Intel did, but they're going for a digital show, and it's weird because those are all like household names for me. You know, I know I know who all these people are, except for the first one. Actually, I' not too familiar. But these and, other ones, holy crap, those are big names. And they have Meta not attending in person, and. Even T-Mobile. Oh, yeah, look at T-Mobile. 
It's saying that they're going to remain, they remain a sponsor, but they're not going to uh, actually participate. Dang, that's, that's sad. I, I'm glad it's not Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> of course, and look at even Amazon. Oh yeah, Amazon and Ring. Even TikTok. Not that that means anything, but even TikTok. <laughs> yeah. And Facebook. Yeah. So it's like, you have all these major companies here not really participating, and it's like, okay, well, there's still a lot of things to show off here, but what can we, what should we focus on? And I thought of a couple of companies I want to focus on. At least Intel, AMD, NVIDIA, Razer, PlayStation, and Sony, Samsung, and then like a couple other random announcements. So, let's, in my opinion, let's start off with Intel. Now, if we scroll down over here. You actually get to Intel Technology at CES 2022. And then we're going to click on learn more on the mobile processors. And the reason to me this is interesting because this is like one of the main points here. If they're bringing Alder Lake to laptops. And with like uh, so these uh, this uh, five point five gigahertz one, that's gonna be a desktop processor too, and that's gonna break the barrier of five point five gigahertz without overclocking too. And the laptop ones, um. Yeah, so you can see here, like, if we scroll down through the mobile section, like the 12th gen, if you look at where I'm at, the 12th gen Intel Core Mobile Processor SQ Comparison H Series. Yeah. That's still a night jet, like a, you know, the laptop base one. But you can see over here, look, you have i9s and i7s and i5s. Mm -hmm. And you can see some of the different specs here, like, especially because the highest of the highest, you can see here. Is literally a 14 core processor with 20 processor threads. Six of those cores are going to be P cores, and eight of those cores are going to be E cores. Now, remember that the E cores are efficiency cores, and the P cores are performance cores. Yes. The high bunch will have. 24 megabytes of Intel Smart Cache L3. It's going to have a, yeah, look at this, max turbo frequency up to, with performance cores, 5 gigahertz. And efficiency core has a max of 3.8. Its base frequency at the maximum 
So it's going to be 2.5 gigahertz. And then efficiency core is at 1.8. We don't really care about processor graphics because who cares about integrated graphics, especially for gaming? Yeah, the only the only um thing about that actually though is I I would love to see a day where I could run like a game at sixty FPS on a mobile like uh like a not a mobile but on an iGPU. <laughs> That's probably like a AMD's greatest strength, considering the fact they have a better graphics department than Intel. Yeah, I do remember though a benchmark of GTA Five running at its lowest at sixty FPS on an on an Elder Lake. But it, that's besides the point. Um, I don't know. I, I just I love to see like uh, these things like pump out and seeing how how they're how they kind of tick, you know? Yeah. And you can see over here. There's also the P series. Oh, the difference between the H and this and the P, but go with it. And you can see here that, again, the maximum is an i7 that has 14 processor cores with 20 threads, 6P, 6E. It looks very, it looks largely similar, the i7 that they have for the P series, to the i9 and the H series. My, the fact that the frequency is actually not, is a little bit lower. Yeah. So we could largely skip that, mostly. And here you have a U-series, and this one's a little weird. Take a look at this. 10 processor cores, 12 threads. There's only 2 P cores and 8 E cores. To me, just reacting to all this stuff, considering we're just we're mostly just a bunch of scrubs just reacting to tech news for no apparent reason. Um, you can see over here that it's kind of where the the efficiency core, which is like the core that kind of help with background tests and stuff like that. Yeah, there's only there's not as many of them. Like I feel like this is more meant for like surfers, maybe, but. I don't know, but why'd you have a mobile server? Like you see, it also has Pentiums and Celeron, so it's likely like a lower end baseline. Mm -hmm. Like lower um, end laptops, maybe. Yeah. Um. See, um, the um way I see this, like uh, with the uh, lower end. Spectrum is mostly, um, it, they're mostly for like, uh, I'd say, you know, really low end hardware, of course, but you know, I, I, I don't, um, I, I understand that there wouldn't be many e cores on the lower end, but if you do look at like, um, at the point and in, in, in when there are, um, uh, efficiency cores is around oh wait um, it's around like the middle towards higher end and uh, I'd say that they uh, the um, 
server side of stuff, um, of course, is more relegated to the um, higher end, of course. But I, I like that the uh, wattage of... Um, if you see the... Uh, where is it? The um, Intel Core i9-12900 um, processor base power... If you look at just the regular one, uh, is that is the processor base power like the TDP? Which one are you looking at again? The Intel oh, i9? If you, yeah, if you look at the bottom one on the i9 processors, is that the TDP, the processor base power? Oh, the 1290H? 900H? Yeah. No, the 12900, uh... Oh great! Am I am I on the wrong? Sorry, am I am on the wrong uh, one? I'm looking at the other like S. I think that might be the superior. I'm looking at the mobile ones. Oh, okay. Alright, here's here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll try to backtrack to the mobile. Uh... That's what I'm looking at. I'm not. I wasn't really looking at what you were looking at. So there might be a bit of a conflict, but that's fine. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry about that. Welcome to Godcast, everybody. The show where I'll decides to go on another page. Yeah. He's probably thought of anime girls instead of processors <laughs> you're the uh, alright so yeah I'm on the right page right now yeah, so Stroud Edwards' 12th gen Intel Core mobile processor SQ comparison H series. Okay. Yeah, um. Yeah, I believe I'm on the right page now. Yeah, you can see what the numbers I'm reading now, which is like 14 processor cores, processor threads 20, number of P cores, number of E cores, Intel Smart Cache. Yeah, I was on the the desktop page. Hmm. I'm on the right page now. Sorry. That's okay. But yeah, now you can see what I'm looking at here. Yeah. I... yeah. But yeah, did you have anything you want to say about these processors before we move on to the next... So if these are going in like mobile devices, uh, uh, see for like a a um the usual like 
desktop process processor is like 65 watts like for like a you know an i3 and i5 and some really lower end i7s um the only the only issue i have i see with this is that 45 watts you know 65 watts that's only 25 watts less this is going to be run really hot for a laptop anyway right especially if you go I, with i9s or the i7s yeah certainly um but for, for 15 watt you know that's pretty basic but uh, the higher end is like that's like, i don't have as much experience in mobile uh mobile uh versions of uh chip hardware but my god that's like i hope that they design around like uh i hope that they design it around like um you know having a bit more airflow than usual because i know like laptops have this they have this like uh reputation of like always being choked by either the the chassis or the lack of any real ventilation right. so like you know it's it's just as bad as like not putting thermal paste on your cpu cooler at, at that point like stuff gets up to like 90 degrees that's how bad it is right um yeah so i guess if you have nothing else to say do you have anything else you want to say about these processors here or anything else from the other series or or do you want to check out the desktop well for the uh mobile ones um i know the uh i see that the um efficiency cores are much higher in the sense like no not much higher sorry they are higher than the um number of uh performance cores on the uh 12800 uh he mm. and uh the i3 12300 he is uh, on par with efficiency and performance cores i wonder if they are making lab making these laptops more because you know with with that high of a wattage uh, i see how this might balance out because efficiency cores probably run much much cooler than performance cores um but all in all like uh having you know having a laptop with like uh, so this is going to be six and eight so having like 14 cores in a laptop is unheard of even though if they're efficiency cores mm -hmm. so um i mean i see how they're working around like background tasking sort of stuff with the efficiency cores and stuff like that um but i know like we're kind of here for gaming so uh I mean, I don't know. I don't know about the uh, higher wattage ones because uh, this is, uh, you know, games probably are going to mostly use perf uh, performance cores. Uh, yeah. All I can say is that this, they better design the chassis around, like, ventilation and stuff because it's either you're going to have a jet turbine that is really hot or you're going to have a really hot room and a silent fan. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, of course, no laptop is silent, I know, but, um, 
I do want to just take a small step back to, you know, I made a mistake with uh, the desktop versus mobile processors. Um, looking at the, because uh, I noticed also the, um, the, uh, what is it? There will be um, the i3s that are coming out um, for the for Alder Lake. Um, they are seemingly low wattage, um, and they clock up really high. Um, I wonder what their price is going to be. Because, uh, also, uh, it says PCH, uh, it doesn't seem to include anything about be running on B660 boards for those chipsets. Hmm. Um, so I, I am a little bit concerned about that. Right. Uh, and then on the other hand, too, you can take a look on the other article I have, too. It talks about the Intel 12th Gen KS series chips. Oh yeah, these uh, that's what I was talking about earlier. So this is the article um, you were reading, not the Intel one. Yeah, I, I kept on getting lost on what you were what you were linking to. Um, but this is what they were talking about here with the five point five gigahertz on a single core, which that's pretty impressive. Yeah, certainly that's that's something you'd get on an overclock. Um, you know, only a few years ago, like. And uh, even then, that overclock would probably be a crashing, crash and burn sort of, you know, liquid nitrogen uh, uh, race, I guess, or uh, experiment more than an actual uh, processor that could do something like that. The silicon in these are like, if it's good silicon and it could reach that, because these are have to be cherry picked, of course, you know. And like to have a um, uh, really high clocked turbo um, without overclocking, um, you know, this has to be really good silicon. Um, I wonder what the TDP is um, because, of course, that just means how good of a cooler you need. Now, faster fan has a spin, so right or the liquid cooling, I guess, has to flow. Um, right. um, anything else you else you want to say about Intel for all these processors that they announced at CES? Um, not really. I just hope that uh, hope that they uh are a good enough price that they aren't going to be like uh you know scalped really highly I, I know that's like not really much of a issue with them with the intel processors but uh, hope they're hope they're available i guess right well oh, and again, too. Then again it's both of the dpus that have a hard time finding out the cpu so you should be good to go whenever these eventually come out yeah i just remember when amd uh with the 5000 series you couldn't find one under you know uh a good 
half a thousand. <laughs> well, speaking, a thousand. yeah, well, speaking of AMD, that's the next company we were about to take a look at over here. Oh, uh, yes. So, what did they announce on CES? Good question. Let's keep going down. So, send free plus. See what it keeps scrolling down here. So they showed off the AMD Radeon RX 6000 series. And also some AMD Ryzen 6000 series mobile processors that have pro technologies. They, yeah. let's see what else they have here. Um, if you look at, um, the second um, uh, uh, thing, the uh, Ryzen 7 uh, 5800 X3D. Mm -hmm. So one thing that the uh, Ryzen series, for the 5000 series at least, has like shown is that the uh, caches that are built into the chips, them being bigger really speeds up the performance in video games and um i i believe this i mean this this is like uh think of it like a a sort of ram cache but it's built into the chip uh and as far as i can tell it's it's very quite similar to like uh yeah so it's like very similar to 3D NAND in a sense because it's like a physical uh, thing, you know. That's uh, but it's it goes up to 96 megabytes of L3 cache, mm. which the usual. Um, let's go back to Intel for a second. Intel usually has like lower um, sized caches. Like, let me just look up the i9 of the Elder Lake. Uh, L3 cache. Okay, so the... Oh, that doesn't tell me much. Give me one second. Um... Alright. So, the um, Intel Core i9-12900K has only 30 megabytes of L3 cache, and that's older L3 caches, and 14 megabytes of L2 cache. Uh, the uh, the fact that the um, uh, this 3DV cache technology has as big of a cache as 96 megabytes compared to only 30 for L for the L3 uh, cache. You know that's like that is more than uh two times the power that's a little over more than two times the space yeah um and that's something that i think intel really lacked and that's why uh ryzen was very much more for gaming more gaming focused um that's why people praised it a lot more when it did come out um Oh, and there's also uh, uh, stacking it with like resizable bar and uh, you know 
uh, the, oh gosh, where is it? Uh, the, is there PCI 5? I, I know that PCI 5 is coming out, but. Anyways, uh, I'll let you uh, talk about the other stuff. Right, um, so they're showing off, like, you know, they have a AMD Ryzen 6000 series processors with Radeon 6000M graphics, so it looks like they're going to have increased mobile capabilities, which is good to see. Obviously, they talked a lot about the Ryzen 5000 series. They had, um, is there anything else you want to mention? About any of this stuff real quick before we move on to the next company we want to take a look at? Um, not really. Um, just, uh, yeah, not really. I mean, looking at the, uh, Ryzen, um, the 5800 3D, um, it, has a lower clock speed for a base clock speed and a lower boost clock um but i believe the uh increase of the cache size will certainly boost it past the 5800 uh non-3d for the 5800x right um oh. i I'd, I'd hope that it's you know uh, I hope that it would uh, be a worthwhile investment. Right. Well, let's move on to the opposite side of AMD. That's NVIDIA. And they showed off a couple things here. They show off this Omniverse thing. Which, it doesn't really mention what it exactly it is other than the fact that it's a 3d design application oh thank god i thought it was another metaverse bullcrap so it looks okay. like it is a it is a look down in the description here bolts by new features and tools nvidia's real-time design collaboration simulation platform empowered artists designers and creators to connect and collaborate and leading 3D design applications from the RTX-powered laptop, desktop, or workstation. So literally, you can use it for like 3D models like that. So finally, we can have a 3D alpaca. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks like a uh, way to... Um, it's almost competing with something, something along the lines of Blender, right? What it seems to be doing. Yeah. Yeah, it looks so, yeah, because Blender's also like a 3D modeling program. I see. I mean, I'd like to try it out. Hopefully it's as good as, or, I mean, I know, isn't Blender, is it, is Blender subscription-based, right? I'm not sure how it works, but. Either way. Yeah. They also showed off some new laptops with RTX 3080 Ti and RTX 3070 Ti GPUs, which that's good to see some more powerful mobile laptop process GPUs, especially for those who prefer to work on laptops. And then we can see paint by AI with NVIDIA canvas. And it looks like the idea is that you could update, I guess like an image editor or something like that. And 
So that's kind of oh neat. My God, what? Oh my God, it's using uh uh like that stuff from Gan Breeder. Yeah, you could like just draw scribbles, and it would like come up with a fake image of whatever that scribbles might be. Oh my God, that's awesome. I'm sure this is something you're definitely gonna be checking out. Well, I've been I've uh, experienced Gan Breeder technology before. It's like uh, it's a lot like Mellow Bytes, where it just generates uh, content. Um, this is almost like it. I'll show you it later. All right, looking forward to it. And they also announced a new suit, uh, driver update, so that's not a big deal. And then the last part. New desktop solutions coming soon. And they look at this. File of the, G the GeForce RTX 3050 GPU brings even more choice to creators. Our new entry level GPU provides the most successful way to getting RTX benefits. Real time ray tracing AI, blah, 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 blah. That's going to supposedly be at $279. That released on January uh, 27th. But we all know how GPUs are. I can't find one except for the shuffle and new egg. I really can't find any. So like. this so this GPU is probably like five hundred and fifty dollars. Rip the dream. Either that or it's non existent. Like my god, I cannot find it at all. And then here's the kicker. One more thing. Keep an eye out for more information on G4 RTX thirty ninety Ti later that month. With twenty four gigabytes of video memory. Making it perfect for conquering your, any creative task. Whoa. Another. Thir what? This is going to be like. <laughs> oh my god, what? $4,000 by the time it hits the market? 5000 In the world as a scalper market, probably. In the, in the MSRP race, it's, it's going to be like $1,000 something dollars. And it's probably going to be like. Fucking reaching terahash levels of GPU mining capability. It'll make an ASIC miner blush, I swear. <laughs> well, speaking of the 3090 Ti, let's go on to the next article that ties in with this. The RTX 3090 Ti. Exactly. <laughs> At least I won't be working too much on a laptop with Celeron built in. Woo! Whoa. Finally, Babe Metal wouldn't have looked any better. Yep. <laughs> Especially not blasting from a $200 one. Right. So, as you see here, uh, it reminds us about the, M the NVIDIA 3090 tie. As Alpaca likes to call it. No, as... Uh... Back to you, Steve. Ow, my knee likes to call it. <laughs> so it gives a little, a couple more details over here. So the 3090 Ti will have 24 gigabytes of GDR6X memory, except it'll be running at 21 gigabits per second as opposed to 19.5 gigabits a second on the 3090. NVIDIA also says the GPU is capable of calculating 40 shader teraflops the F78 RT teraflops and 320 tensor teraflops. That compared to the 3090s 
35.6 shader teraflops, 69.5 RT teraflops, and 285 tender teraflops. So they're saying that those figures are a 12.5%-ish increase over the 3090 across the board. And it's all for the awesome steep price of... Hmm. An arm and a What's leg. What's the MSRP? Oh, yes. An arm and a leg. And, uh... A, uh... A nice, uh, down payment of... Um... Year long. <laughs> year long. And, uh... Your house. And an NFT. Sorry. <laughs> now, you NFT of. You probably would want an NFT of yourself and RE0 Felix making love to please the gods. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, do you have any thoughts about this performance increase on the 3090 Ti compared to 3090? Uh, <sighs> well, um, I'm so happy. I can't wait to get out, go to my nearest micro center, and uh, purchase one. And then get shanked in an alleyway. <laughs> and then they have to get a store. Honestly, probably the most realistic outcome, especially if they know anything about computer parts. Like, for us, so the two of us at least, if we show this graphic card, people look at us like, what the hell is this? And why is this important? I've been terrified of somebody breaking into my house just to steal the GPU out of my fucking computer. And I, I don't know why it's, it's so irrational. They'd probably steal the entire damn thing. Honestly, I feel like the GPU, if they had a steel part, would be the most important part. So that's what they usually use for mining. Yeah, but they see all these like flashing lights in the RGB and stuff, and they think, "Wow, that's a gaming computer. It must be like worth thousands. It's fucking only a thousand, probably." <laughs> right. Nvidia. Before we move on to the next company. Can't wait to go to Micro Center and get a 3050 and then trip and it falls and it uh, gets broken. Right. Not covered by warranty. Hey, who needs warranty when you buy things? Be careful with it, man. That's all you have to do. I mean, who needs a warranty when, uh, you know, uh, you don't even own it? And, uh, uh, it's on the way to, uh, some, uh, GPU miner. <laughs> I mean, then again, who needs the uh, warranty when you have the Pope that will bless your GPU with holy grace and forgiveness? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> right. So let's move on to our company and oh, damage. Sorry. 
yeah, sure. Razer announced some new laptops that feature DDR5 RAM, which is always nice. And yes, the Razer Chroma RGB goes beyond PC and expands to the smart home. So that's pretty cool. And yeah, yeah and yeah, Razer also started to make another mask. You can pay $150 for because as like it's reasonable mask builders and stuff. And it's it not K95, apparently. But you you could actually add voice applications, so it'd be like play. You could actually be like Darth Vader or Bane. Oh, nice. Um, but the most really interesting crazy BS lies in the last part. Probably Sophia and Key Pro. So, what is this whole thing? What is Project Sophia? Well, for those of you who don't know, especially with Razer, Razer always likes to show up with these wild, crazy concepts every single year at CES. Look at the Hong Kong stock code. It's elite. <laughs> I just noticed that out of all the things. Wow. Uh, give me one second over here. Because, yeah, Project Sophia is probably more interesting considering if this is... what Razer likes to do every single time. And one of the main centerpieces is that Razer, this project, is that Project Sophia is going to be a highly customizable desk with different modules that you can swap out. You can add, you can add things like second screen, system monitoring tools, hotkey panels, pen tablets, audio mix units, external capture cards, etc. Oh, I see. Awesome. Hey, I could, like, this could be a competitor to, like, the uh, Elgato Steam Deck, or Stream Deck, I mean. Maybe you just get a good spot for a GPU, or whatever, and you get a computer right spot. Maybe. Oh my! What are you saying that you could like make a computer out of the desk or something? Well, you'd still need your tower, obviously. Oh, okay, never mind then. I, I thought this was like I saw the GPU in the middle, and I was like, hmm, hold on a second. <laughs> I mean, I guess you kind of could, but then again, stop. Well, poor part. And then you scroll down a little bit more, and like I said, there's different modules and all this other stuff, tablets even too. And then you scroll down and they get to the Enki Pro Hypersense. There's, oh my god. This is a chair with haptic feedback in it. Oh my god. Finally, Alpaca can feel the pounding of Felix from RE0's genitalia, I guess. Finally. Oh. Finally. Oh, the vibration features. <laughs> oh my god, this is the best. It it, it looks expensive. <laughs> Apparently, it's gonna, it would have you know, because it's hyper, it'll have native support for over 2,200 games, movies, and music titles. And I guess you could 
play Forza Horizon 5 with it. Or, and feel the vibrations of the road. Or Assassin's Creed Valhalla and... And get stabbed in the back by a random barbarian. Or English yeah, soldier. You can, you can finally feel the uh, bounciness of a horse when you're riding it down the lanes in Valhalla. And, uh... Red Dead 2. Exactly. Like, you can... You can finally feel the pain of having to ride a horse, because believe it or not, I actually did some horse riding lessons when I was back in high school days. But has the, the horse ever rid you? The horse Skinny. has not rid me. That'd be a very painful observation, too, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I still remember the, those days, and my god, I still remember the... The feeling of riding the horse was like cool and all, but you have to cause you have to constantly squeeze the horse. It makes you feel like your ball sack hurts. It's like you get like you ride the horse like oh this is that bad. Wake up the next day you realize your crotch is like sore. Oh okay. Well, uh, at least we know that we can get revenge on them by uh, having them uh, go up in the the cold winter mountains and have their uh, balls drink. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> That's dark. Um, anyways, uh, any other things you want to say about Rage before we move on to the next one? Um, I just love their about section. Razer also offers payment services for gamers, youth, millennials, and Gen Z. <laughs> anyways, now let's move on to the next topic. Yeah. Uh, and that next topic is we're going to talk about the PlayStation VR 2. Yeah. So, well, at least that part, because Sony does, did two wild different things. They went from PlayStation VR 2 to freaking electric SUVs. <laughs> what was that? What? More than that a little bit. Yeah. So they released some specifications for this headset. And if you scroll down a little bit too, you can see what the specifications are. Visual fidelity. It's going to have 4K HDR, 110 degree field of view, and foveated rendering. It'll have OLED displays. Players can expect a resolution of 2000 by 2040 per eye. And smooth rate, frame rates of 90 to 120 hertz. Now, keep in mind, refresh rate essentially is how often does the monitor refresh, and the and the higher this number is, it's that's when you get your frame rate. Because if it go, if you say if you get like a hundred fifty frame per second game on a hundred twenty hertz, you know, display, it's not going to display the hundred fifty hertz in a frame per second. It's going to display the hundred twenty hertz. Yeah, that's, um. However, um, this is going to be a, a built-in, like, uh, display, so, um, it'll always run at at least 90 hertz, so, that's good. Mm. Or maybe 60 for some titles in the yeah, future. And then you get a headset, face track, controller tracking. And what they're saying is that these new controllers they're doing for the PSVR 2 will track you and your controller through integrated cameras embedded in the VR headset. Your movements in the direction you look at are reflected in-game without the need for an external camera. So the idea, there are cameras that will be around the headset that will actually track your room. 
and be like, hey, make sure you don't hit this wall or this wall. I do like that. That's that's uh, a lot more useful than, you know, just having a wrist strap or something. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's what I think I and just, Every like, single time I use my Oculus Quest 1 is that it'll ask you to paint your room and set your boundaries. And then when you walk up to that or that corner or whatever, it'll tell you, hey, yo, um, don't go this way. Yeah. But it could mean the difference between a broken uh, painting uh, and shards of glass. Uh, it's VR, so you, I mean, you have to use it to enjoy the hentai, right? Innovation. <laughs> Anyways, new sensory feature. So it's going to have combined eye tracking, headset feedback, 3D audio, and innovative PSVR2 headset controller. And like I said, it's just, again, it's just everything else that we've already explained. And again, there's eye tracking. So, I mean, this headset definitely, it seems to be more advanced than the PSVR 1, which is what we would all expect it to be. And, and the fact that, you know, it's doing, it's being more on track with, like, say, the major headsets like the ATC Vive or Oculus Quest even nowadays or the Steam Index. Certainly. And, uh, you know... VR isn't really a fad, I'd say. It's just a very, very early concept that, you know, people don't really put too much thought into because of just how intricate it can be. Right. Because at least VR is more interesting than NFTs. Innovation. <laughs> hey, Liz. Sorry. Anyways, uh, do you have anything else to say about the VR headset? Uh, I hope that um, I hope that there's no defects, like uh, something drifting. Right. I don't know. Anyways, uh, and then while Sony else show that off, they also decided to show off an electric SUV, and that the company might be starting also selling cars. So, I recently discovered that Hyundai makes solid-state drives, so I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, wow. So, this car being called business was designed to showcase technology from across the breadth of, the, of Sony. And what they did was they showed a fleet of them, including, again, which of on-road testing in Austria. And you can see this, this some of the pictures of it over here, like the S that they have of the car and the SUV. Seems like a pretty nice little car. Oh, yeah. They're kind of generic. I mean, the SUV looks a bit more rounded, like almost like an arch. And the sedan is a bit more generic-ish. But, I mean, the, uh, the idea of Sony, like, getting into cars, I mean, it's not foreign. Because Sony is not just PlayStation, you know. They make TVs, they make watches and stuff, you know. They're, I believe they make smartwatches, I'm not sure. They make things that aren't just 
for gamers. And oh my god, look at that dashboard. I'm sorry, hold on a damn second. And you can expect it will be an easy way to consume Sony audio and video content. That's distracted driving, what the fuck? Man, I, I, I take that back. Sony's gonna fucking cause more car accidents than fucking... than uh, pre-seatbelt law. Right. And then, yeah, so it's 5G enabled car, so conspiracy theorists stay away. Fucking morons. Anyway, so the Vision S2 is going to use the, is gonna use the same e, EV powertrain as the sedan, but it'll have a pair of 200 kilowatt or 428 horsepower electric motors. One for each axle, and they're and so it's also going to have extensive use of its sensor know-how to endow the Vision SO2 with a mix of lidar and high-resolution wide dynamic range CM CMOS optical sensors that give the car a 360-degree view or world around it. So I guess you'll have cameras to be able to look around the entire car practically. Yeah. Anyways, you have anything else about these cars? Not really. Um, I just hope that everything is at launch. There's no BS features like seat warming and you know stuff like that. I also hope that this dashboard isn't as distracting as it looks. Uh, I hope I can just use Google Maps and get on my way, <laughs> or Sony Maps or whatever they're gonna do. I. I don't know what they're going to do with this, honestly. They'll probably have a Google Maps app, sure. But I think they will have other ways of getting around that. Yeah. Hopefully we don't have to walk if they break down. I'm just kidding. There's oh. some guy in the comments that mentioned that. <laughs> I mean, hopefully you can just, you know, have self-driving on this car and you can just get to point A to B pretty fast. Yeah, by the time you're done watching um, Beethoven... I guess. Really, I thought you would have gone mall. with it. Really, I thought you would have went with the live V Metal Console DVD. Yeah, man. <laughs> Free with every lunchbox. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, that yes. Um. No, after you're done watching like a, a really uh terrible um, Rule Thirty Four movie. Of uh, Felix and uh, <laughs> the baby metal triplets. <laughs> Sorry, just kidding. <sighs> okay, and um, oh, a lot of things coming around. Look at is Samsung. Sure, they are launching a new portable projector thing. Oh, and sure, they're gonna have a couple of new smartphones like. S21 FE 5G. But what really had kicked off is when we get to the last article here. When they announced a toy, a micro LED, and several different TVs. 
Now, they say they've announced a new micro-LED, Neo-QLED, and Lifestyle TV. And if you scroll down, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's, you know, really good display. Thanks to 25 million micrometer size LEDs. But just keep going. Okay. Just keep going, guys. All this color radiation, that's awesome. Different views, stuff you'd expect on a TV. Looks very much like a microphone with a really annoying light. Mm -hmm. Sorry. <laughs> I know they have to hold, have the holes in it for a reason, but anyways. Mm -hmm. Just keep going down. It's going to be wild. You see all this new technology with adaptive light. It allowed it to make a better picture. I mean, it's a TV, so what else do you expect? I come from mode. One feature on the TV that really captures your eye. Okay. Um, let's see. Look at this. The new smart hub and app for the ultimate user experience. Oh, they, they have like a new like Roku thing or something like that? Okay, so watch this. Samsung's 2022 smart TVs come with a new smart hub that puts content curation and discovery front and center with their view and preferences. The new smart hub oh. will guide users to their favorite content or help them discover something new, all while spending less time searching. It's going to have, like, gaming applications, media, and other things. But oh, yeah. Yeah, it has, like, GeForce Now, Stadia, and stuff. So, yeah. So um, this means you can... Video chat. And... And, uh... has... Uh, so he has video chat and uh, gaming and uh, uh, smart calibration. Um, <laughs> definitely nothing else. Um, uh, uh, NFT platform. The application features an integrated platform for discovering and purchasing. <laughs> <laughs> Digital artwork through Michael LED Neo QLED and the frame. What is the frame? No, what is the frame? <laughs> <laughs> what is a non fungible token? Explore the new world of art that transcends the boundaries between digital space and reality. What the fuck? <laughs> That's not a description. That's a. That, they're a blockchain thing. <laughs> NFTs curated by Nifty Gateway? My NFT. <laughs> but yeah, Expanded access. I'm, I'm gonna, like... <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> this is this last section here is the main reason why this is newsworthy. Why the, why the TV is more impressive than the phone. Because you can actually play Stadia without having to use a Chromecast. But the NFTs. <laughs> a way to view <laughs> NFTs on your TV. No, I, I was just going to enjoy Stadia and like uh, <laughs> video chat my girlfriend. I didn't need to have <laughs> NFTs. <laughs> Wait, Alpaca has a girlfriend? I don't know. 
good. Ooh, it's a special lady then. Felix Murray Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Oh, wait, that that's a guy? Oh, shit. Uh, boyfriend, I mean. <laughs> Just kidding. But seriously, though, what do you think of this whole TV with the NFT? Um, I think um, it's a very great product. And, uh, you know, um, it's definitely not uh, making me go on a business trip. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, you know, uh, definitely not making me, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> definitely not getting in my Tesla and, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, NFTs and it. Well, I think we can stop talking about NFTs now because we could talk about Qualcomm Mark Microsoft partnering up. <laughs> I just love how you just left it as a freaking spray bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Alpaca, can we just talk about Qualcomm and Microsoft? That's not NFT. Why? Because <laughs> they're going to partner on chips for AR glasses. To just HoloLens 2. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just <give us> a gun. <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, get the, get the fuck, get the stuff out of my fucking way. Hold on a second. Get, get, get <laughs> Anyway, so, pretty much what's going on here is that Microsoft is Halloween 2 is already used Qualcomm chips. And obviously, feature Glass Garden 2. A Qualcomm Microsoft announced on Tuesday that announced its partnership at this year's S22 Pro conference, pointing towards new chips for AR glasses. And this idea that these future products using custom chips will aim to blend Microsoft's mixed reality software from with Qualcomm's phone based AR platforms. And they're also integrating software platforms. With Microsoft already has its cross-device mesh VR AR ecosystem along with mixed reality platform. And it's integrating teams into VR and AR this year. And I guess Qualcomm is also working on a software platform for phones called Snapdragon Spaces. That plans to bridge a coming wave of AR glasses and AR phones. Yeah, so the idea that collaboration will involve developing custom AR chips to enable a new wave of power-efficient light AR glasses to develop rich and immersive experiences and plans to integrate software like Microsoft Mesh and Snapdragon Spaces XR developer platform. 
So what do you think of this? Um, well, I mean, it says like, uh, it, you know, augmented reality is like, you know, I mean, it's, I, I, I love the idea of it. It's like a soft version of VR instead of reality, uh, you know, instead of the game coming to you in VR, it is in your reality and augmented reality, mm. um, or AR. Uh, and it it says as well um, whether that means the you know the air glasses will have more powers beyond you know the lineup. Uh, they do suggest that a common connecting thread between future augmented reality products may already be forming. Of course, that's exactly what the whole met the whole met. The whole met meta. V the, the the whole. <laughs> I love how you just say the word. Uh. 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 Be right back. <laughs> um. The whole. Met the whole strategy that seems to be implemented. Uh, they're exploring HoloLens, NFTs, and uh, Niantic uh, Pokemon NFTs. Yeah, Niantic Pokemon Go Metaverse Universe Augmented Reality. Uh, and in my Chevy. And. Uh, I'm just. Uh, well, actually, we yeah. our next article is about Chevys. Chevy, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Chevrolet actually showed off the new 2024 Silverado EV. Oh my God, Chevy, <laughs> America, America. <laughs> But yeah, so this is Chevrolet's first electric truck. And you can see here that it has a crew cab configuration. So and there's a frunk, so you can put stuff in the front of the vehicle. Yeah. Alright. And then just gonna use some ultimate ultium drive motors and ultium batteries, which will run on an 800 volt electrical architecture. And it's fucking based as hell, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the truck can pack up to 24 modules of cells, which translates into a whopping 200 kilowatt lithium ion battery. And yeah, that makes me. That makes me want to hang a flag over the side of it more. <laughs> and Chevy will be able to offer truck with 400 miles of range between charges when it's equipped with the, biggest, with the biggest battery back. So in other words, if it has 400 miles, that means you'd probably be able to get a trip that is around a little over six hours. 
Well, and I'd be able to save more gasoline for my barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Cookie. <laughs> you can yeah. Your, yeah, get your grill in the back and you could just set up a road trip and just grill. Drinking my clunker conga, Budweiser. <laughs> exactly. Hell yeah. Where's that America? And it's saying that it's going to use DC fast charging and says that it can charge to 350 kilowatts, which gives it at 100 miles of range in 10 minutes. So practically meaning it can reach that 400 mile range in about 40 minutes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and you all be able to possibly pick it up in spring of 2023 and you can see all the images beneath. I'm going to literally pick it up, man. Get in the drive in the back seat, hanging outside. Here you. Yeah, uh, seems like you're a big fan of this overall. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna hang that Merca. <laughs> gonna drive around Alabama and Mississippi and gonna go skinny dipping in the in the, the bayou. <laughs> Catch some diseases. No, I'm <laughs> But seriously, what do you think of this truck? Gonna go skinny dipping. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Really wants me to make take down a six pack of beer, <laughs> shoot my gun off in the sky illegally, <laughs> just to celebrate the Fourth of July. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, fine, good, I guess. Uh, um, it's a, it's on, it's another electric truck, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, although I do love, ha- honestly, if you look at it very closely, these cup holders look like the RTX logo. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, but, um, see, in all like reality, like not pillbilly madness, um, uh, I. You know, um, give me one second, a uh, hundred miles of range in 10 minutes, a few other stuff. Um, honestly, these are, these are not like super, super expensive. They're about the price of a house, but. I honestly feel like um, these would be great for like a, a sort of like um, I, I I think they are gonna compete with like cyber trucks and stuff like that very closely. I mean, the, these are car manufacturers that have been like around since the dawn of cars, you know. Mm. Um. What better way to perfect them than uh, than uh, Chevrolet and uh, Ford <laughs> and stuff? Um, though I'd love the inclusion of a good old cigarette lighter, good old pushing cigarette lighter. Woo! Have me a Chevy <laughs> and 
drive around in my beer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, hopefully though, uh, we'll be able to repair it without anybody saying or putting their foot down on us, right? Cause who knows? I'm a good mechanic. I love messing around with my chip. Right. <laughs> so, do you have anything else we want to say before we move on to the next topic? Uh, no, I just hope that we will be able to have the right to repair the stuff, you know, without having to deal with any, uh, you know, uh, I guess, uh, DRM or, uh, I don't know, like, uh, it, uh, exploding on us or something, like a Steam Deck or something. <laughs> Oh, of course, yes, Certainly. because our next topic is the fact that Biden name checks Apple and Microsoft and right to repair speech. And as you can see here on January 25th, the president provided an update on an executive order he signed last summer. And you can see here how he acknowledged that many companies have made it difficult for consumers to fix their own devices. Biden also nod to Apple and Microsoft for changing the right to repair policies ahead of the Federal Trade Commission taking more action on the matter. And he mentioned that it, the executive order encouraged FCC to issue rules against anti-competitive restrictions on using independent repair shops or doing DIY repairs of your own devices and equipment. And that the agency said later that month it would tackle unlawful right to repair restrictions by enforcing existing laws and doing more to help consumers and small repair shops fix products. And it's obviously good to see Apple and Microsoft lead the charge on right to repair. Certainly. Um, yeah, um, I know Apple is very much into hardware. The, uh, you know, they, um, uh, there was like, um, they're talking about like a program that would, uh, help you like, uh, repair your like uh devices and i also noticed that microsoft had like tools as well like re even remove like touchpad glass i think as far as i remember um it, you know with apple i know they're more hardware like i said but uh i mean the only thing i don't like about apple's like uh stance was just the lightning connector being proprietary uh, but uh you know with microsoft uh I love that we've gone from, you know, being trusted with just USB external hard drives now to literally inserting an M.2 drive into your, like, console, you know? Right. Because um, I know Microsoft, what they've done is that, unlike Sony, which allows you to insert M.2 drive in the console itself, Microsoft does these memory card things. Yeah. Yeah, they shove those memory cards in the back. It says that I give you M.2 storage. Oh, I see. It's actually what they, well, the goal of it was that because of the fact that the average consumer, in order to replace the M.2 drive in the PS5, you have to take off one of the shells and then you have to use a screwdriver to get the M.2 drive in an enclosure and everything like that. Mm -hmm. They knew that by using a memory card, they can actually make it mom proof. Yeah, I see. Cause like a lot of uh, consumers, no, like no offense with consoles, it's just you plug it in and you 
wait a little bit, set up an account, I guess, if it's if you're brand new to it. Uh, you know, stuff like that. But, um, it, so, uh, the ease of being able to do that stuff, I, I like. Um, I also, but on the side of, like, more tech-savvy people, um, it's very pro-consumer, you know, because, like, being able to, uh, you know, being able to just repair your own devices, like, um, I'm talking about, like, you know, this general, like, um, article, you know, I, I, it, it kind of makes me realize, you know, my, the ability for me to take apart my device and not be under any, like, you know, warranty, you know, crap or, uh, being restricted on what I can get away with. I truly appreciate that because, uh, I, you know, if I know that they make them like that, so you don't hurt yourself, but having that little trust in the consumer to literally like, I guess, take apart a GPU and repaste it, you know, having that little of trust that you have to put a warranty, uh, voided warranty sticker on one of the screws you know having that uh, trust in the consumer you know because if they break it then that's their fault you know and then they buy a new buy another product you know to replace it right truly this so is, I yeah i was gonna say truly this is something that is really good for the player yes certainly certainly good for the player <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but yeah. Um I mean um yeah, um anyways, uh that's that's it for me. Right. Uh, I was gonna say that too, because while you know repairing devices is amazing, we could also talk about SATs finally being more convenient for the player. Oh yes, for the uh uh player, I guess. By that, student. I guess, yeah, for the student. This is good for the student. <laughs> yes, good for the student. So pretty much what they're doing here is that the College Board announced today that the SAT suite of assessments will be de delivered digitally. In November of 2021, College Board piloted the digital SAT in the U.S. internationally. 80% of students responded they found it to be less stressful, and 100% of educators reported having a positive experience. So that is a really good sign right there. And now, if you scroll down a little bit, let me see what it is. I believe what it said was that. I guess it's another thing. Yeah. It's pretty much saying how. Oh, this is the line right here. The SAT will be delivered digitally internationally beginning in 2023 and in the US in 2024. The P PSAT and NMEN. SQT and PSAT 8 slash 9 will be delivered digitally in 2023 with a PSAT 10 following in 2024. So yeah, this is amazing to see that you know, the SAT is going to be all digital in the future. Like, don't get me wrong. There's always a need for on-ground on tests, but the fact that SAT is going all digital shows that it's trying to adapt with the times. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, 
it says in the article that it would make uh, SAT tests like so uh, more secure. And it says like with the current paper and pencil SAT, if one test form is compromised, it can be canceling administrations or canceling scores for a whole group of students. Um, and I, I get that because if you, you know, this, you know, anybody could, well, not anybody, but somebody could, you know, um, basically void the test by some sort of, uh, I'd say like, uh, in interrupting the, you know, uh, what is the word when you, uh, ruin something like sabotage, I guess. Um, well, with having a, you know, a digital form, you can just outright delete that if it gets, uh, if it gets sabotaged at all, I guess, or avoided because of some string of code, I guess, being invalid or, uh, something similar to that. I personally um, like the idea of that, but, you know, to think about this, you know, before, um, when it's just pen and paper, um, it, it just gives some nostalgia about the high school days that I never had. Um, sorry. Uh, anyways, uh, I, I remember my gym teacher telling me to fill in all the scores on the pen and paper one to confuse the AI algorithm that's scoring me. That's and, uh, he fucked everything up that year. Wow. No names mentioned. I hear it, but that, that sounds awful. Yeah. Um, I mean, he didn't really ruin the year. It's just like I had to redo it, and I was like, um, put in a, um, a different class because of it. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Wow. Well, at least it seems like there's been accounts up for this being easier. Like you see that there's one that by student by the name of Natalia Casio, who is a student from Fairfax County in Virginia. She said that it felt a lot less stressful and a whole lot quicker than I thought it'd be. The shorter passages helped me concentrate more on what the question wanted me to do. Plus, you don't have to remember to bring a calculator or a pencil. Oh my god, the smell of fresh shaved pencils. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> or, uh... The fresh smell hacking, of wood. <laughs> or hacking doom onto my calculator. Hey, um, not gonna lie. Uh, where is it? Don't I, tell me you got Doom on a pregnancy test. No, I don't. But I do have one of the calculators I think could play it. Oh, uh, okay. This is a TI Inspire. I literally got this from my freaking college. So I, I could at least do math. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I think I, I have a TI-83 line around here, but I don't know if it can do that. Yeah. Oh, um, and then also, not only do we have tests, we can also talk about how the FCC is proposing mandatory labels that clearly explain broadband services. Oh, yes. Hell yes. Because, oh my god, I don't want to say anything about ISPs, but oh my god, do they do their best to uh, hide the fact that they are uh, 
doing their thing. You know, net neutrality was a big thing for me. Um, I didn't realize the, you know, it wouldn't, you know, I didn't know how badly it would affect the usual, you know, internet. But, oh my god, the fact that uh, this is almost just like net neutrality in a sense. But not exactly, you know. They'll just tell you more about what they're charging you. And uh, what they're doing to your internet. Right, because we see in the article it says the FCC have proposed rules requiring point of sale labels that clearly illustrate what you'll get when you sign up with an internet service provider. As before, the labels should, will include not only prices and speeds, but also get this: data caps, network management policies like throttling, and other details you'd likely appreciate. Okay, so I mean that's big. And they also say in the art in the last paragraph of the article, the labels will theoretically spur competition by making it easier for customers to compare interest internet service providers and choose the one that offers the best value. However, they might only be a limited use. Americans are frequently stuck with broadband duopolies, in some cases monopolies. While it's improving with the rise of wireless home internet and higher quality satellite service, many customers won't have meaningful choices for a long time. Mm. So, and this is a... Uh... The sad truth, um, where I where I am, not many ISPs. The one that I do have, um, you have uh, like what fifty bucks, and then after a year, it's it or after like three months, it's like it bumps up to be to be you know twice that or three times that price. So it's like, and you only get like four hundred megabits per second. And the upload is terrible. Right. Now, I remember my brother mentioning this and that right now, gigabit isn't actually that useful now, considering the fact there's also bandwidth from the the websites coming in from the traffic. Yeah. And the idea that right now, gigabit is not that useful. So when he moved to his own place, he actually got... A, 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 I think I forgot what the speed was. I think it was like around the same speed you have for for four hundred megabits per second. I'm sure the upload speed's faster too and everything, but there's other metrics that's besides you know the four hundred megabits per second that are far more important. But still, the most important thing is the fact that we can get data caps and throttling labeled. Oh my god, would that be big? That will actually get. Because that could spark like anger among customers in that area. That might allow other ISPs to kind of start flooding in other areas, maybe. Yeah, they, they could see. Oh, hey, these guys are getting kind of disgruntled here. Maybe we could start investing in infrastructure over here to kind of get them to lure to us instead. Yeah, I just hope that. Uh, um, actually, you know what I wonder uh, is this gonna transfer over to like mobile data i wonder i believe you know that would actually make sense if that's the case because it is a network it is a you know a thing that requires data so an internet connection so that would make sense mm. but it's hard to say no like well sell your data you know they have coverage maps and everything that shows you this is how much coverage you'll get on a cell phone but yeah and damn I, you if you live in nebraska but anyway so what's that sorry <laughs> <laughs> only if you're t-mobile only for t-mobile <laughs> sorry yeah um 
Anyways, uh, do we have anything else to say about this before we move on to our next topic? Uh, no, I don't. I just uh, would hope that uh, people get more choices. And, uh, you know, it's just generally... Uh, I don't know, you know? You know what I mean? Like, um, I just hope that this uh, could... Uh, improve uh, competition because not a lot of neighborhoods have that with uh, SPs. But yeah, um, I'll let's go on to the uh, next topic, which seems to be the James Webb Space Telescope. Um, yes. Should I? Um, uh, I'm just gonna wait for this one last article to load up here and. We yeah. will fire away on that one because, my God, this telescope I've heard about is actually pretty incredible. Like, I think I've heard something that because of the way it tracks light, it'll, it effectively allows us to, quote, unquote, view the past. Oh, yes, yes, because light can only travel so fast before you could see what happens, you know, hell, even just a second ago. Yes, I, I know about that. Oh, my God. You know, that would be funny. Um, you remember that terrible Adam Sandler movie where he, like, went into Bed Bath & Beyond and became, like, uh, a time traveler because of... Uh, oh, Click? Uh, God. I think it's Click, yeah. Yeah, that's the one Oh, my that, God. Yeah, Imagine if it, we could do that and then relive our terrible pasts or horrible futures. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't wait to undo history. I'm sorry. Oh my god. Imagine if we had the ability to like completely like alter. Like what if I could get rid of this aching pain that I've had from like years ago. Like imagine all the bad memories you clear out of your head. Like imagine if you could like go back in time and alter and be like yo. um, uh, I just want to. You know punch this bully that killed that almost like literally injured me back in the olden days oh yeah and then um you go back in the time to kill sarah connor with a plasma rifle in the 40 water range oh absolutely yeah i'm just yeah and then you on two time Right. Would you like to undo time, hydrowave? Would you like to? Well. <laughs> Would you like to undo time with my new alpaca telescope? <laughs> Anyways, um, sorry. Yeah. What's um, up? Uh, not much. I'm just waiting for this article to still up, so I'm gonna try reopening it again because this is getting a bit. Oh, yeah. Minor um, annoying, but yeah, we can continue trying to explain this telescope because it's actually a pretty. Yeah, telescope. sure. I'll um, I'll bring up some topic points. Uh, so, uh, it will uh, it launched on uh Christmas morning, um, from Europe's spaceport in French, uh, Guiana. Is that? How you yeah, say, say that's it? that's South America. Oh, uh, okay. Um, 
it's after 14 years of development and a number of delays. Uh, it will orbit the sun close to the second Lagrange point of the Earth-Sun system. It'll take around a month to reach its destination, after which researchers will be able to peek into black holes, observe some of the oldest galaxies in the universe, and evaluate, uh, evaluate the habitability of various exoplanets, which, my god, space is fascinating. Uh, they... Um, uh, so, uh, the article continues on about, like, uh, how it would, uh, you know, they hoped it would launch in 2007, and, uh, you know, they, the costs of it was, you know, they re re had to rethink it in 20, uh, 2005. Did I just really say 2005? Oh my god. Really, man, uh, time flies by way too fast. Seriously, I was a baby back then. Not really, but, you know, I was, I didn't know that what this world was, you know. I look at, you know, younger people and, like, the the idea of innocence, you only really realize what it truly is when you not just lose it, but lost it for a long time. And just wonder, like, wow, this world is fascinating, but holy shit, it is scary. Um, so, uh, after the, uh, James Webb, uh, space telescope finally reached the spaceport, NASA set a launch date of December 18th. However, it delayed the launch until today, or Christmas Day, uh, due to last-minute inspections and a lack of favorable weather. Um... Still, what's a few days for such an important long the works mission, the James Webb Space Telescope is finally space-bound. In the coming months, we'll start to learn some of its discoveries. So, um... I, you know, I am quite... I don't know how to really say it. I'm concerned a bit about what we'll find, because, you know, information is scary. You know, the truth is scary, but uh, at the same time, who knows? We could find the, uh, you know, we could find another exoplanet and find, uh, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know, heterosapiens, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> Sapiens that are not bound by the laws of anime and um, hailbillies. And Miku-chan. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, uh, Unigun. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, the second article in this, um, this, uh, mentions, um, how, it's an update on the 8th, um, and they're, one large step closer to NASA is one large step closer to putting the telescope into service. Um, yeah, well, before, but now I got the articles loading up. So before we I move on to the second article here, I believe I have the first one loaded up here. So you guys can all, I have all, I'll have all this in the description, but as it says, it says like it's finally launched on, you know, December 25th. And. You know, obviously, as you mentioned, French Guiana and Air Arisane 
Rain 5 Rocket after 14 years of development. And yeah, it's a pretty big milestone in terms of the scientific community to watch, you know, this massive rocket launch. It certainly. But now on to the um, second article, as you're about to mention. Yeah, who knew it would take 16 years? What? Why is it so pink? <laughs> Maybe artistic tradition or something. I have no idea. But then again, they spent all this time like trying to update this telescope to have the best possible image quality. Yeah. And they went from like 480p to like 4K or 8K, I think. Some ridiculous high range of camera, like something that's probably something that's even more ridiculous than what we already than what we're thinking. Yeah, and all they had to do was uh, uh, make it look like uh, this uh, anime pink bubblegum gun that I have here. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just kidding. Uh, anyways, the uh, underbelly kind of looks like it's like pinkish purple, but it could be a light or something, but. I don't think it's that. It's like a reflective surface of some kind. Something. I don't know. It just looks like a stealth bomber. It's like a death ray from the Death Star. Anyways. But yeah. It got all this stuff like 930,000 miles from Earth. And yeah, it's using infrared light without interference. And yeah, it's going to allow us to view like insights into the early phase of the universe. So that's what we were talking about with the idea that it could potentially allow us to view the past with like the way it uses light. Yeah. I mean, that's that's like fascinating. It, yeah. Imagine being able to go back in time and just erasing a video game character. No, it probably won't be able to be used for time travel at least. You could at least get a good view of how Sonic was made. Oh, yes. One day, there was a, uh, uh, a hedgehog that, uh, um, attacked the, uh, former CEO of, uh, Sega Enterprises. And then he thought he was pretty badass because he outran him. So he made Sonic. No, I'm just kidding. Well, then again, you have to involve Alex, the kid, somehow into the whole equation because he was supposed to be the replacement for that mascot. And Alex, the kid, was the uh, uh, CEO who was being chased by uh, uh, the hedgehog. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> he, he thought so highly of this hedgehog that he took his only... Um, his own ego and threw it away for a much cooler hedgehog. That other hedgehog will be Shadow because Sonic and Shadow were rivals. And while he was being chased by the hedgehog, he hit around a corner and saw the shadow of the hedgehog. And it was twice the size of the hedgehog. <laughs> but it had fangs and red eyes, even though <laughs> Shadow's only cast black. But, uh, anyways... Yeah. Um. And then we get to the final article of the James Webb t trilogy that we have here. And while its first picture is going to be a while away, it did enter the final orbit around the second Sun Earth Langridge port. And after last one last course correction, burn, and 
the mirror segments and the secondary mirror have already been deployed. And but we'll have to wait till summer for the first imagery from this telescope. And I'm sure that when we see this imagery, it's gonna blow our minds. Oh yes, I you know I'm I'm I can't wait. I just hope there's not like a. I, I'm afraid because I don't want like this to open like a portal to uh, basically hell, and we have like an endless summer and time is nothing anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just fucking like, right. Imagine if we had got to a point where we could just start manipulating time and it's always a certain season and always a certain day. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Or imagine if it could be used to accelerate time so we could try and get to the future faster. Oh my God. I, I don't want to believe that that's a thing. And I don't want that to happen because I, I don't know how much of tomorrow's I have. <laughs> how much oh, more God, time it's... does Alpaca have to listen to his favorite Hatsune Miku songs? Sorry. <laughs> Anyways. But yeah, this is all really fascinating stuff with this telescope. And speaking yeah. of the scientific community, we have to bring up this weird space object that was found. Oh. Man, um, what, what? Australian, uh, Australia scientists find spooky spinning object in Milky Way. Uh, they discovered an unknown spinning object in the Milky Way that they claim is unlike anything seen before. Oh my god, it's... It, I swear if this is foreshadowing. <laughs> well, the thing uh, is that we're almost to the fun part of the entire episode. Oh yes, certainly. So, as it says here, Australian scientists say they discovered an unknown spinning object in the Milky Way they claim is... Unlike, I guess, and once I get the image to load here, then we'll actually be able to to see. So if you look at the star label they have on here, that's supposedly the mysterious object that they're trying to pinpoint. The position of it, at least. Mm. And unfortunately, because that star is probably blocking the image off, it's hard to really say like, what's going on. But anyways, so what this is that the object first discovered by a university student has been observed to release a huge burst of radio energy for a full minute every 18 minutes. And saying that objects that pulse that energy are often documented, but they say that researchers say that something that turns on for a minute is highly unusual. And it was discovered by University Honor Students Tyrone O. Doherty in a region of Western Australian Outback known as the Murchison Wide Field Array using a telescope and a new technique he had developed. And apparently he was saying how it was appearing in over a few hours during our observations and that it was completely unexpected. It was some. It was kind of spooky for an astronomer because there's nothing known in the sky that does that. And yeah, so essentially what it is is an object that turned on for a full minute. I guess it turned off afterwards, but 
Yeah, this is interesting to see. Yeah, it it says um, it was like four thousand light years away from Earth, uh, and it has like a strong magnetic field, incredibly bright. It, you know, though when I first saw this headline, I was like, "What if this fucking guy just saw the James Webb telescope and was like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god." Oh my god, baby. Yeah. It's a body alien. No, I was kidding. Um, or it could be the uh, uh, prologue shocks of the James Webb telescope from the future. I don't know. <laughs> hey, it's hard to really say. It could be anything. Yeah. But I don't think we have much else to say because we can now start going back to the realm of consumer technology one yes. last time before we start in venturing off into what is probably Alpaca's favorite territory of the whole uh, episodes. That shit post land. Are, are you sure it's not like... Uh... A sheep farm. I'm positive. Well, then again, after this article, we get to talk about anti-missileated on aircraft. Huh? Okay. But yeah, so... We have two articles here. One showing that Apple is allowing alternate payment systems for, for the first time in South Korea. And another one's from the official Apple log, saying that the update on dating apps distributed on the App Store in the Netherlands. So, pretty well what they're doing here is that if you're talking about in South Korea, they're going to allow alternate payment systems in South Korea in compliance with a new local law that bans app store operators from forcing their own in-app payment systems. The move came as a new law went into effect in the country on September of last year, restricting app store operators such as Google and Apple from forcing their in-app payment systems on developers. Finally, a country that Fortnite can exist. <laughs> Finally, I can now travel outside of the U.S. and enjoy Fortnite. Yes, we know some. We know some people that would definitely be happy about this news. Yes, <laughs> but what about Roblox? No, I'm just kidding. All right, and then as for the Netherlands, they're doing this only for dating apps. So finally, Alpaca can meet his dream Vocaloid waifu using another payment system in Netherlands. Don't test me. <laughs> I love how you. But yeah, on a serious note, like, what do you think of this news? Uh. Unfortunately, I don't live in any of these areas, but uh, I don't understand why they'd block dating apps. <laughs> right, this is not blocking dating apps, it's just they're, they're, they've blocked the ability for dating apps to accept, you know, payments for other payment systems. 
distribution. Oh, okay. So it's the same thing that Epic was fighting for. You know, like the distribution of app, like being able to accept like different payment processing options. Uh, so, I see. So, so this, it's like anti-prostitution or something. Kinda. So the idea is that this is making it so dating apps in the Netherlands can actually take other pa payment processing options for its users. So they're not stuck with just being forced to take Apple. I see. So again, if Fortnite was a dating app, they can go with the Netherlands. Or, instead, Fortnite is a dating app and you get paid in, uh, legendary items. Oh, shit. <laughs> Finally. Stupid. Finally, we can recategorize Fortnite as a dating app and sneak it into into the Netherlands. And also, finally, we can make Fortnite truly the ultimate metaverse. Hell yeah. Woo! <laughs> oh, hell uh, yeah. yeah. Um, anything Certainly. else you want to say about this other than us joking about Fortnite? Uh, no, not nothing really. Uh, have fun, I guess. Yeah. Use a condom. Sorry. <laughs> Lesson learned, everybody, from our good, from Alpaca. Use condoms while using dating app. Yes, it'll prevent you from getting, uh, uh, viruses. All right, so ready for what is probably the last, you know, what I put down as a tech topic, but also it's the beginning of the shit posts. Because, ladies and gentlemen... You bet I am. FedEx wants to equip cargo aircraft with anti-missile lasers. <laughs> and so, the story is... If we scroll down a little bit here... It says, FedEx jets might soon pack defensive weaponry. NBC News and Rouge report FedEx has asked the Federal Aviation Administration permission to equip an upcoming fleet of Airbus A321-200 aircraft with an anti-missile laser system. The proposed hardware would disrupt the tracking on heat-seeking missiles by steering infrared laser energy toward the oncoming projectiles. And the, and the reason they're doing this is because they've had pointed to several foreign incidents where attackers use portable air defense systems against civilian aircraft. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I see. Gosh. I mean, don't get me wrong, I mean... I can see where they're coming from, but my god, this is still worthy of a ship host because it's like, what are you gonna do, freaking air like laser systems on a freaking consumer plane? Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I was thinking like, um, this would, this, this is fine, I guess. Like, it's a thing you can do, I guess. But like, I mean, <sighs> do you really want another person on a? Freaking airplane to monitor the freaking weapons. You know, I I that and like wait, hold on a second. Is it said weaponry, defensive weaponry? Is that like it doesn't have missiles that far back? 
So I think what they mean by that is it's well, they're trying to make it specifically used for defense. But my god, oh. can you definitely use this for offense? Like you could if someone really wants to they notice these planes. Imagine being able to hijack the plane and just being able to drive it off in the sunset. Imagine flying by and uh, like you, you know, um you're you're a uh, you're the the uh, um courier, I guess. That's flying in this plane. Mm-hmm. And now you have to take evasive countermeasures and pull out your sniper and take out those bastards. Oh my god. Finally. Sniper rifles can be legal on planes. Yeah. Alpaca will be um, very pleased. Yes. I'd, I'd finally be able to... Uh, I don't know. Uh, Jam out to Hase Miku while on the plane, and then also then have his baby metal figure on the plane. Yeah. And then um, uh, mount the baby metal pop figure as a hood <laughs> ornament. So as soon as it takes off, it gets sent flying and then it gets sucked into the hot uh, fuel... Um, muzzle and then melts away anyways um <laughs> well i guess now we can start moving on to our next topic in the matter certainly so alpaca you're probably gonna want to refresh yourself on this one because you're the one that presented this one to me oh no i i know this by heart this was this was back in this was last year, back in December, but oh my god, this was so fascinating to me. Okay, so you know how people think AI and, you know, can eventually reach a level of consciousness and stuff? You know, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, it's kind of a foreign thing to me because I don't truly understand how you can create something. I mean, something can emulate it, but... You can't really say that it is 100%, you know? You can shoot a person in the game and they'll react in pain, but it is that actual pain. Um, now, thinking about this, uh, is, uh, this is real, like, uh, this is real, like, brain cells, apparently, disembodied, um, and put on, like, life support. Apparently, they can play Pong. Um, and they learned it almost, uh, you know, faster than AI, <laughs> you know, and they, um, they say, uh, in the article, um, we often refer to them as living the matrix. And that was explained by chief scientific officer, Brett Kagan, um, and within that virtual game world, neurons can begin to move those paddles, using them to stop Pong's relentless bouncing ball from passing by them. What's impressive is how quickly they can learn how to do this. Uh, Cortical Lab says that an AI would generally take around 90 minutes to learn what to do in this situation, where the mini-brains seem to learn in just 5 minutes. However, an AI would become much, much better at task after learning it. Um, and you can see... 
a game in action on YouTube. If you click on this IGN article, uh, you'll see the uh, link down there. Um, and, you know, I, this really highlights the um, difference between AI and uh, real gray matter, for, for me at least, is this human AI can learn it much faster, but it isn't as good as an AI player. You see, a Call of Duty MLG player, I guess, mm -hmm. versus a veteran bot, which, like, a veteran is, like, the highest difficulty bot you can set in the multiplayer. Them, it takes a long time to master that skill. AI can just do it by knowing how to target stuff. You have to program it, of course, but... And this also kind of highlights the distinction between, like, you know, man-made versus, I guess you know, also man-made, but organically, is, like, we are only a fraction of the way from ever developing anything that is superhuman-like. However, it's a few other things that I think I know about that are quite, uh, quite human-ish, you know, that, like, massage your fingers or something. Mm. Anyways, um, but, uh, yeah, no, um, that's just the distinction I made when I read this article is that AI is better at stuff and learns immediately. Um, while we can, we are more emotional and have more complex ways of doing X and Y, I guess, you know? Right. Like imagine if this technology could be used for like, you know, say a, some, I. Uh, brain implant like imagine just being able to like take oh my god this is the weirdest thought ever but hear me out imagine yeah. if someone wanted to be a cyborg like an actual cyborg and if you scooped out like a small sample of their brain tissue or whatever it would allow it to take over the brain part of the cyborg and suddenly you can be a total like fucking android be it whatever gender you want to be, and you could just practically just make everyone like a robot cast. Yeah, but then you'd have like people like that one vendor in Fallout 4 and Diamond City calling everyone a synth. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyways. Uh, anything else you want to say on this or anything before we move on? Uh, no. Right. I just uh, am quite interested in this yeah like, it really is interesting to think about like the idea that we can receive knowledge faster than ai but ai can do it better kind of shows that if there's a mix of both ai and you know human brain cells and like some form of future technology like, that could make it go really far i feel like and it'll make it really close to being human or oh, even yes, more certainly. soon Certainly, I um. Though I wonder, how do they hook the brain cells up to like the machine? I wonder if they probably utilize some sort of like like tube or something that allowed them to like get some brain cells off of somebody that was willing to donate them and plop them in. But anyways, while we're on this subject of more technology, we have a little robot here. A little robot. Something a little unique with it. 
so we have this little like puppy robot here. And the main thing it's known for is the fact that it can nibble your finger. And it's actually a very cute little thing here. So the story begins where Harry and his bitey brother Charlie may have left to become an NFT. But CS22 is Launchpad for a robot that offers a similar service to Charlie, just without the part that hurts. And my finger. And it says it this robot is specifically designed to bite the end of your finger in a cute and reassuring way. It's the work of Yukai Engineering, the same company responsible for Kubo, the tail cushion that made 2021 a cuter happy time, and Live Heart Corporation. And apparently there's two different robots and, and this Ham Ham series, and that's a cat and a dog. And they're both based off of Live Heart's Nemo Nemo series of plush toys. And yeah, this is a Japan, so of course they do this. Oh, uh, yes. You know what's weird is I have a Squishmallow that's the exact same uh, calico pattern. One ear is brown and one ear is black. Wow. But yeah, it can't bite me, though. Wow. And if you scroll down a little bit in the article, you can see what the Shiba Inu looks like. So you can see the left is the cat and the right is the dog. Mm. And they're both designed to nibble on your finger in the hopes that they do it in a way that's, you know, kind of stress relieving. But I don't know how biting anything is going to make anything better. Um, well, I mean, some people have fetishes. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, clearly. Um, yeah, I, anything else you want to say about this? Uh, how big is the opening? Uh, I need it for scientific purposes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 you know, I was just joking about that, but... I wonder, um, yeah, I don't know if this is a thing, but like, it, it, I don't know. I'm going to get into like a really strange sort of land is like, what if this is therapeutic for like people who can't be moms? Like, I know that sounds so strange and it might, you, yeah, you, like it might be a bit funny, but like, seriously, what if... I don't know. I, I just it, it struck me when I when I saw the the little gif. I have a gif right here actually of it. Um, you know what's funny that that you mentioned that is that this reminds me of when I was trying to mention something about that picture of price phone actually being useful for something. Yeah. Like, what if this was actually like therapeutic in some way, like. You know, not in the same way, but same way as how a joke could actually be, I guess, the most truth you'll get. Right. I guess, like, having a, a sort of Bluetooth, like, a uh, nursery sort of thing, monitor or something. But in this case, it's more of a therapy sort of thing. That would be interesting to think about, because I mean, that you have a plush texture, so it's not like you're you know, getting bitten off too much or anything. Yeah. So, that's something to hear. And yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think we have much else to say on this topic, so I guess we can move on to the final three. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the three I think are going to be the funniest of the bunch. Especially yeah, the last and, one. And this first one um, is... Uh, I, I forgot the Reddit board that mentions it, but basically it's like a boomer design or something. <laughs> she that Mario, that Nintendo. Yeah, Man, so... They have a PlayStation. <laughs> Sorry. Well, apparently there's a shop in Guangzhou, China. And you can see the image here. And it shows Mario... In like the you know the Mario Odyssey suit, mm-hmm. literally trying to say with his hand out, looking like he's about to display something, and he's out of his hand is a freaking PS Five, and clearly China has, as we both know, China doesn't really is still pretty new in terms of like Western gaming. We in the set of, or traditional gaming because they haven't really been receiving any like PS5s or Xbox Series Xs or Switch or anything that they've been used to well knock off consoles. Yeah. And with a highly censored library that means that they haven't had a chance to get these systems in the country. Like literally in order for Nintendo to really pierce into the country, they had to use like freaking like knock they had to partner with certain companies in order to get that. Like look at the IQ player. Yeah. I mean Honestly, yeah. No, I, the uh their entire experience with Nintendo has just been NES games from you know, nowadays would be forty or something years ago. You know, and like uh, I know a certain streamer who taps into the bootleg market a lot, and oh my god, there are some real ripoffs out there. <sighs> Woo! Granddad! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and you look at the bottom right of like Daniel Ahmad's image there, you can see Bowser's also in the suit. Granddad! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but honestly, this is a really weird situation here. Like, it's still funny to see. Like this was this actually got the chuckle quite a bit. We were talking about this earlier. Yeah, this is like uh you know, this is like something like uh I don't know, like Master Chief promoting Sony or something, or vice versa, like the new Xbox Series X with like, I don't know, um God of War. Yeah, God of War or um I mean, I know there's a whole thing with Activision, but Spyro, <laughs> I guess. Oh, that's uh, going to be the little taboo thing, is that when Activision Blizzard it go, if the process fully goes through, which is looking like the case, based off what I'm seeing with Microsoft believing it's going to go through. Yeah. Then... Or like, a, a, I don't know, just like, <laughs> yeah, get, go ahead, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Then it's going to be interesting to think that Crash and Spyro are going to be exclusive to Xbox when they started off as, like, PlayStation mascots. Yeah. And now, the shoe is on the other foot. 
Of course. And now, Mario is having a wedding with Sony. No, I'm just kidding. Nah, he's having a... This is the wedding suit. <laughs> nah, this is... He's having a wedding with Bowser. Because we know in the ending of Super Mario 64, it sounds like he's saying... Shut up. <laughs> so long, gay Bowser. Uh, all right. Do we have anything else to say about this? Because this was actually a pretty funny topic. I know we didn't really do much hysterical laughing, but we just got a chuckle out of this one. Yeah, it was funny at the premise, and now I'm just like, man, uh, imagine, like, imagine um, seeing this in a shop, like I don't know, somewhere in like the slums of uh, uh, some random like really poor neighborhood and just Mario Bowser PlayStation PlayStation 5 <laughs> Let's go Woohoo <laughs> Oh shit that's really loud <laughs> That's why we can have our 5 seconds of ear rape anyways uh, Do we have anything else to say about this too before we continue on because we have to get to Another funny topic. Wait, hold on. What? What did you say? You said something about. Uh, oh, you know. Oh, you know the funny things. Uh, give me one second. Well, uh, you said what the Foonies? Well, we're getting to the one funny topic. We have the grand finale for last, of course, and you know what that grand finale is. We've alluded to it throughout the entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, ladies and gentlemen, may I present to you an Android game that allows you to use a smart vibrator as a controller. What the fuck? You know, it's not really reassuring that um, this creature <laughs> looks like a rabbit. I'm just kidding. All right. It looks like a, a knockoff Pokemon, but anyway, or a Digimon, but anyways. So, in October, Robotics and Software Engineer Allison Lyman all right, announced that she had been working on a game that would use a smart vibrator as a controller, specifically the Lioness Smart Vibrator, which gathers biodata-like body temperature and pelvic pressure. Uh, what? <laughs> you could have just put pressure. You didn't have to... And I'm sorry. What? And Miss Allison, I'm sorry for pronouncing your name wrong, but um, I mean, don't get me wrong. This is a very interesting thing. So look at this. I can continue reading this. Lam Lamhat Tarot said she was partly inspired by the Peripet Kegel Exerciser, which also uses games and a device to help people train their pelvic floor. The game, an endless runner called You Are What You Eat, has been in beta since then. Today, she has released the Android version, which you can download from the Google Play Store. God. So apparently, um, you can download this on the on the Play Store and have fun 
with a vibrator. You know, um, th there are just some really gutter moments that I've seen while reading this article. Strengthen their pelvic floor. <laughs> you are what you eat. Sea man with a wild. <laughs> eat the fish. No, I'm just kidding. Honestly, that sea yeah. man moment was perfect for this. Holy shit. <laughs> uh,. Um, you know, it's just like, you know, um, enjoy, I guess, everyone, I but, mean, uh, apparently what the fuck? I mean, apparently there's a WebGL version of the game, too, so, have fun yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah, let me just, like, you know, um, you know, um, I'll just... I don't know. Uh, wait, does Amazon have have like a adult section? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Ah, oh, Let me just, uh, you know, um, for test purposes, uh, <laughs> let me just test out this, uh, you know, uh, this new cool thing that the kids are doing. Uh, I'm sorry, actually, never mind. In fact, there's going to be an iOS version for this, too. It's not going to be just an Android. In fact, there's going to be an iOS version that you allow you to do this. You know, what the fuck, actually, now that I think about it. Imagine this... all the poor kids are going to see this game on the freaking iOS store or the Android store. Like, what is this hidden feature here? Yeah, I, now that you mention it, I actually am kind of, like, uh, concerned a little bit. Um, oh yeah, by the way, you can use your Bluetooth, up, and then it's just like, oh, Jesus Christ. We got enough problems as it is. <sighs> but um, hey, um, but for some reason, something has become holy. Well, through God, all things are possible. Exactly. So, so ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here to present to you the grand finale of the longest episode we'll probably ever record. Oh, yes. And it shall be. The circus performs for the Pope to Megalovania. Oh, yes. <laughs> the best thing to have become man. A circus... Goes to Romania, I think. Rome. And Rome. Fuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, Actually, uh, Vatican City. Whatever. Uh, the Vatican. They go to, uh, Bulgaria and, uh, perform in front of the Pope. Because the Pope was, um, influenced by, uh, Matt Pat from Game Theory. And now. He loves Undertale. <laughs> Undertale is now part of Bible 2 <laughs> coming this summer. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so kind of this was quite the banger to start the year off. And especially this was this got this article here got published the day after my birthday. Yep. And uh 
it was a great birthday. Thou shall be. <laughs> yep. So here's a just that every Wednesday the Pope holds a general audience. While he usually meets with Pope and gives his benediction to effect attending masses, he also sometimes hosts performers. On January fifth, again my birthday. He looked on with amusement as the Italian circus Ronnie Roller ran through a number of routines before finishing off with an act to the tune of Undertale's famous music, Megalovania. In the flesh. Exactly. And there's also a handful of jugglers doing their thing while the rest of the troupe stood awkwardly on to the side of the stage. The rest of the performance wasn't much better with the Pope looking as though he was losing the will to live during a segment where two clouds lifelessly played a number of instruments. There was even one bit where jugglers throwing flaming clubs got worryingly close to the Pope who was only guarded on stage by one member of the Swiss Guard. What? I, I'm so what what Oh my god What are they trying to fucking like scare him? Traumatize him? I have no idea, but this sounds like they really wanted him to like defeat Sins. Oh my god, this is like he was dodging all those bullets from those like uh dragon cannons. Oh my god. And for those of you who want to watch the said Megalovania segment, they have a video here, and you just watch it at like one hour and four minutes and forty seconds. I, you know, it, it's, it, I I don't know. It, it. And here's the thing too: if you look read, look later in the article. Regardless of how he looked during the show, Pope Francis thanked Roni Roller after the performance, saying that it puts us in touch with beauty, which always brings us happiness, and that beauty is a way to find the Lord. Yeah, by almost incinerating the Pope's, like, robe on fire because you, like, hate Megalovania or something. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh my god, that that getting very close to the to the Pope with fire is like what? <laughs> Anyways, um Yeah, I was looking at this and I okay, so here's the thing. Me and Hydrowave so he called me and then said, Hey, there's some news and I was like Yeah? What? Like uh it was like kinda late at night and I was like, Yeah, hmm. Oh yes, uh what's the news? And uh um, he, so, I don't know how, I forgot, but eventually he just dropped the ball on me and said, by the way, did you know that they performed Neglovania in front of the Pope? And I, like, shit bricks, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I couldn't believe, it. I thought he was joking. And eventually I looked it up and I skipped to the exact time. He sent me an article and, um... Needless to say, when I heard do 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 I fucking lost it. Oh my god. I <laughs> I could not believe that this happened. It felt like a fucking fever dream. Like I just woke up, I think, from like a drowsy sleep, and then he's like, Oh, by the way, 
uh, Pope Francis like Undertale. He played Mega Vane. Anyway, um, and then, oh my god, and I didn't know that, like, I didn't know that it was, like, that kind of, uh, <laughs> that kind of a thing. I just thought it was, like, some sort of, I don't know, meeting or something, and then it was, like, a segue. Uh, but, and, because I, you know, but, uh, anyways, uh, like, this was fucking, like, I didn't. I don't know how to think about this, like a random indie game that blew up in popularity back in like what twenty sixteen, I think fifteen. I forgot. Yeah, twenty sixteen. Um, and there is a uh, there is a person out there who just so happens to be very religious and is the Pope. Um, I don't know, you know, it, he just decides to, like, have Megalovania, which is a, um, you know, it's the boss fight music at the end of the genocide run, uh, when you fight off against, uh, Mr. Sands, uh, he just so happens to have that play at his, like, uh, I don't know, his auditorium. That is so fucking, like, mind-boggling. I don't know. I, I, I just, it just blew my mind on so many levels. Like, I know he liked Undertale because of MatPat, you know, introducing him to it, but... God, it's like... What the fuck? Has this gone too far? <laughs> and why is there an advertisement of, like, a carrot? I, I don't know. Anyways... Uh, Oh god, it just fuck, I don't know. I hear you, but yeah, this was quite the way to start the year off. I know the two of us were laughing and memeing about this the entire time. Like even during like some of the other earlier subjects, like we were memeing this thing to death. And my god, this is still a hysterical way to end the episode off. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> What? I love how you just covered yourself up with sand entirely. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Everything looks okay on my screen. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, your avatar is behind Sans and the dog. I I really don't know what you're talking about, but okay. <laughs> I really don't know what you're talking about, but, uh, I mean, all I can say is just, at least, even though the genocide run is, like, uh, pretty much, I guess in a biblical term, is, like, Noah's Ark, the flood, um, you know, kind of like how apparently I'm being, like, covered up, you know, by a wave of, uh, memory, uh, you know, I mean, I, I mean, all I can say really do is just like, <sighs> I don't know, just like, this is astonishing, and this just shows that, you know, 
the impact that Undertale has had on the Pope, that he would have a cover of it be played while a circus performs, you know? Right. It just shows that, you know, this game, you know, it has heart to it. A lot of heart, you know? More heart than, you know, most people would think. For sure. And I'm sure the Pope is determined to, uh, you know, show how much he loves the world and God. So, er, of course. That's that's all for me. Yep, I think the same for me. So, as yeah. many of you know, we usually try to feature a comment a day, but naturally no one comments on our video because we like to embrace our inner solitude and, well, not that many people watch us, even though we appreciate people watching us. So, we don't have a comment today, of course, because this is a podcast. We never get people commenting our videos. Yeah, no, not usually, but it'd be very, very uh, astonishing to see somebody comment, you know, and it would be very, we, I'd be very grateful, you know. Oh, I'd be it has been to... a wonderful year. And I hope this uh, new year brings us so much more, you know, and I hope that it's so much more in all departments, you know, that are good, at least, you know. Of course, yeah. And this has been like our late December, January episode, pretty much, because we kind of went AFK for a while. And I'm sure this super long episode is going to show, yeah, we had a lot of catching up to do and a lot more joking around to do. Yeah, certainly. A lot more joking, you know. Oh, absolutely. We got Ghost Miku-chan? No. <laughs> or are we making the dog anime? Tsune Fox. Oh. <laughs> Hatsune Tobe Fox. Woo! <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, let's get finished. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, guys, if you like what you see, uh, comment down below. Also, you can like the video or the podcast depending where you watch it. Also, make sure you subscribe and follow us on any of our locations. A link tree is down below where you can just follow us on all the different platforms. Anyways, I'm HydraWave99. I'm Fluffalpaca. And I have an imaginary hot rubber ducky somewhere. And anyways, we'll see you all you next time. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Don't you fucking mention. Oh my god. Don't you fucking mention that. Holy shit. Don't you fucking dare mention this fucking thing. Give me one second. This motherfucker went in the meme, went in the meme section of Discord. And he calls me. And then... I go back to the Discord eventually, and I like I I, I look, and it defaults to memes. I, I don't know why, but this <laughs> this fucking thing exists. Why? <laughs> Who the fuck makes these things? Well, that just means that we have to get one for Alpaca. Ah! <laughs>
Anyways, I've been Ice Wave 99. And I've been uh, traumatized. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> and I'll. Um, uh, I'm gonna take a nice brainwashing nap. We did that. And we'll see each other next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.